Hello and welcome to the Tuppies. It's the seventh annual Tupperwares Awards show. This is the show where we give our favorites of 2019. I'm talking TV, movies, comic books, animated stuff, video games, uh, toys, anything under the sun that came out in 2019. We're going to give our choices for the best of 2019. And this is the seventh annual. Got a lot to talk about. Really excited. And I just want to point out to everybody that these are our picks. So if there's things that we left out, it's probably, maybe we forgot them. But on the flip side, don't come at me and be like, hey, you forgot this. Maybe I didn't like it. Maybe I thought it was garbage. All right. Maybe I thought it was absolute garbage. But you know what? Maybe I liked it. But it wasn't just enough to push it over the edge to make it into the award show. So it's not going to win a toughie. But you are free to love what you love. And we love what we love. And that's what we're going to be going over this year. So maybe if you hear about something that you like, you can write it down and you can remember to watch it. Or you can subscribe to a new service and watch this new thing that you haven't seen before. So everyone, enjoy. It's the 7th Annual Tupperware Awards Show. Enjoy the Tuppies. Episode 315. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and it's all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, take it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, clean, erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture carryover. Counterculture pushover. Pop culture. Leftover. Uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftover. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Are, are, are you ready for the only podcast hotter than a human torch? It's Pop Culture Leftovers. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And no, we're, we're the leftovers. leftovers. Yeah, Jake, it's time for the Tuppies. Oh, yeah, here they are. Yeah. One of my favorite episodes every year. Yeah, it's the uh, seventh annual, seventh, Jake, seventh annual Tupperware Awards show. Seventh. Yeah, that's crazy. That yeah. That's absolutely wild. You can make a spreadsheet at this point. Yeah, I know. It's wild. I, I'd like to go back and see all the winners and and uh, and losers. I don't know. What am, what am I saying right now? I don't, no, nobody do that. I don't care to see that list. I really don't. Yeah, um, someone do that. Make a spreadsheet for me, whatever <laughs> one picked for every, every Tupperware episode. <laughs> don't, don't, that's, a, that's, a, that's a big task. I don't want to Whoever does it. that for me, I'll, I'll like bake you a brownie or something. Oh, wow. Yeah, Jake Brownie. There you go. Ah, we're not alone. We are joined by the queen of the leftover army, Rebecca Daling. Welcome. Good to be back. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. We had you on last year. This is your second. So you feel yes. a little bit, you did great last time, but you feel, you feel more comfortable. Are you ready? You ready to just get down and dirty oh, with God. this shit? You know, 
ah, yes and no. Like, I know what to expect now. Yeah. So, but then also, too, the, I saw so much great stuff this year and read so much great stuff this year that I, I found myself down to the wire switching places on my list and so <laughs> let's see how it goes maybe yeah. when you read off the category you might switch one last time i don't know <laughs> yeah i know wow. I, I was uh yeah it was like that for me too i was like man i don't want to leave you know i and here's the thing when i list you know my honorable mentions and stuff they're in no significant order so like it's not like you know favorite to least favorite or, or vice versa and that's the thing it's like i, I kept looking at some of my honorable mentions and I was thinking to myself, man, some of these should be in the top three. I, it, it's hard. So you really had to – I really had to go back. And some of the stuff is so, from so early in the year that I had to remember how my, – what my enjoyment level of, of uh, whatever it was – you know, was at the time and because and, there's so much new stuff coming out. So we're just bombarded by shit all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there's so much stuff. When I was thinking of stuff – I was surprised at some of the stuff I was remembering was from those like first few months of the year. Yeah. I was like, wow, you know, time moves by so fast, but on the entertainment level, it's like, it feels like a lifetime ago. Some of these movies came out that came out in like January and February. Yeah. I, I, I literally on my phone have a, a list that I update throughout the year. That's the only way I can do it. I can do this. And then as I'm doing it, this list just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. My list of shows and honorable mentions for TV shows this year is just staggering. Staggering, I tell you. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> so, yeah, you just kind of wheedle it down. Huh? You get that big list and then you're like, all right, which one's the best? Is it Weedle? Is it a Weedle or Whittle? I don't know. It's Whittle it down, Jake. Okay, okay. <laughs> Weedle's like the thing from the Mario Brothers games. I thought a Weedle was a Pokemon thing. <laughs> that might be true. Well. <laughs> Jake, I, uh, I am, I am striking you from ever using the words Weedle or Whittle on the show ever again. <laughs> Unless you're talking about a cat and he was a widow cat. <laughs> a widow kitty. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Pre-show jitter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm gonna give the best Pokemon Tupperware to uh, Weedle. I, dude, it's all about Weedle, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just thought it was funny that you're talking about Weedling down the list. I was like, all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. All right, let's yeah. see here. All right, I guess we'll jump into our first category. And, uh, actually, let me check my levels here. There we go. And that didn't help one fucking bit. All right. Let's, <laughs> <laughs> let's jump into, and Jake, you don't have any for the first three, I believe. So we're going to jump into our first, uh, topic here. It's, uh, best comic book artist of the year. Comic book artist of the year. Picture pages, picture pages, time to get your picture pages, time to get your crayons and your pencils. Picture pages, picture pages, open up your picture pages, time to watch the Cosby do a picture page with you. All right, Rebecca, who do you have for Best Comic Book Artist of the Year? You know, I'll be honest, um, I actually only have uh, one winner and one runner-up. Um 
because uh, although I did read a lot of comics this year, um, there were two particular artists that really stood out to me um, of how I thought they used their art to continue to further tell the story. So I'm going to give uh, just one runner up here to uh, Nuno Platy, who is the artist for Orphanage, uh, which is released um, through Aftershock Comics. Uh, that is the um, comic book that's about um, all the adults uh, have suddenly died and children are left all alone, sort of like a Western type apocalyptic story. And the artwork um, although it's telling a very dark and deep story, um, it, it still manages to be colorful. And, um, so I, I enjoyed the artwork very much on, on that whole series. It's still ongoing, actually. So that's going to be my runner up. Um, and I do have a number one. Um, my number one that I'm going to give the tuppy to is going to be Mirko Kolak. For their work on Red Sonia, uh, Red Sonia was uh, one of the favorite, one of my favorite books that we read this year, and um, that artwork, the gorgeous colors of not just not just Red Sonia herself, but the world that she lives in, the people that she fights, um, the artwork is so gorgeous and beautiful and detailed and rich and really just helps to tell this incredibly violent story uh, with a character that I just absolutely love. So those are my only two for this year. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Great choices. Um, I only have one winner and that's the way it is for my comic book stuff this year. Um, I've got uh, for my winner, it's actually two artists because they both work on the same book and the book is the white trees and it's written by chip zadarsky but i want to give uh huge props to chris anka and uh colorist matt wilson because chris anka does a great job on this book but it, if it's not for the colors uh from matt wilson this book is not what it is it's beautiful it was an only it was only a two issue miniseries and um, it's a fantastic kind of like fantasy world with anthropomorphic animals and warriors and and you've got these warriors and their their children are missing and there's they're about to go to war it's it's an amazing story only two issues uh, but the art in this it just pops the covers are amazing the interior art is just awesome and so I got to give it up for Chris Anka and Matt Wilson for their work on the white trees. So that is my comic book artist of the Great year. Great choice. That that's an excellent choice, Brian. I love it. Yeah, that's awesome that you gave shout out to the colorist. They're kind of the uh underappreciated heroes a lot of times in a lot of these books that add so much to it. Oh god, yeah. And if it I mean, like the art is amazing, but if not for the colorist, uh Matt Wilson. So I got it's like a co kind of co-joint winner. Uh, of that one for me this year. We're going to move on to the best comic book writer of the year. Comic writer of the year. All right, Rebecca, who do you have for Comic Book Writer of the Year? I've uh, once again got two um, because I have such a hard time uh, choosing. Um, 
again, I read a ton of stuff this year. I read great stuff from Donny Cates, and I read stuff from Charles Soule, who I, you know, I love his work. Um, but uh, somebody that I'm actually going to give it uh, this this is one that I was uh, neck and neck, and I think. Uh, uh, in my, my runner up is gonna be uh, Ram V. He wrote a book that I absolutely loved, um, These Savage Shores, which was an incredibly great story about like vampires in India. And, um, it was a book that I never expected to love. And uh, once I started, uh, reading that first book and enjoying, uh, also the beautiful artwork there, the story just sucked me in and I couldn't believe how much I loved it and how much I couldn't wait for the next issue. And uh, I discovered an entire new author that I had never read before. And now I'm just searching out all of his books and reading uh, stuff. He He's writing stuff for Catwoman. He's writing stuff for DC. I think he's going to write some stuff for Marvel next year. So th- this is a guy who's kind of up and coming, especially now in the States. I think he's had a pretty va- varied career overseas, but somebody that I'm new to. So I- I'm going to give my runner up to Ram V. But that, hold on, that is a great yeah. choice. That fucking, that book is incredible, by the that, way. How great was that yeah. book? It was so good. <laughs> yeah, that's a great, everybody, yeah, like everybody should, I totally could see this. If it was a series, it would, it would be incredible to see mm-hmm. this as a series. Oh, oh yeah. God. Yeah. Absolutely. If anybody hasn't read The Savage Shores, you should totally read it. And don't be put off by the vampire stuff. Like va- yeah. vampires are not really my thing. But I enjoyed this book so much because there was so much more going on um, than just um, than just vampires, you know. Um, so he's going to be my runner up. But it, it, I could easily have swapped this other person out because I also have him enjoying his work incredibly this year. Um, I'm going to give uh, author of the year to Christopher Sabella. I loved his book Crowded last year, which is still ongoing and I am still reading it. Um, he also wrote Shanghai Red, which I am in love with that book as well. It's a great book about, uh, ships and, uh, and, um, pirates and there, and there's a shipwreck and there's adventures and, and he also wrote previously a book which doesn't, didn't come out this year, but previously wrote High Crimes, which I absolutely love that story. But uh, I'm going to give it to Christopher Sabella. He just – he's just continuously pumping out great stuff and always got a new project on the horizon. And um, Crowded is another book. If you're not reading Crowded, you should be because that is an incredibly well-written and uh, fun uh, story. So right. uh, that's my that, that's my winner of the year. Christopher Sabella. Nice choice. I Does Sabella sound more like – a part of your brain or a mushroom? Uh, I'm going to go with part of your brain, final answer. Yeah, I lead with brain, too. All right. All right. The Sabella. The Sabella region. What What does the Sabella region control? Uh, the smell. The smell. <laughs> I was going to say your enjoyment of comic books. Ooh, nice tie-in. <laughs> or we could go with smell. Wow. <laughs> Boring answer, Jake. Yeah. Hey, you put me on the spot. What do you want? <laughs> <laughs> wow. I smell shit. 
<laughs> my comic book writer of the year. People are going to say this is fucking bullshit. This is a cop out. This guy gets all the accolades already. Why are you doing this? Well, his name is Mark Miller and the book is Sharky the Bounty Hunter. And this was just an incredible story. It was a six issue miniseries from Image. Rebecca, you love this one too. I love Sharky the Bounty Hunter. Yeah. Great. This is a bounty hunter. He tracks criminals across the galaxy in a rocket powered ice cream truck. Uh, this is just a fun, amazing story. You fall in love with all the characters that you meet. Um, I mean, I mean, as we were reading this book on number one comic books, our other podcast, we were just talking about how like, you know, this Netflix deal with Mark Miller and how we'd love to see this adapted and like, who's going to play Sharky the Bounty Hunter? We were really getting into this book and I, I absolutely loved it and I'm going to give it to Mark Miller. It's, I got to give it. And I know that sounds like such a bullshit because Mark Miller's the man already. It's not like this guy needs any more fucking accolades or awards or Eisner's or anything but i gotta give it to mark miller for this book i thought it was fantastic but but you know like somebody like mark miller yeah he gets all of the praise and accolades but it's because he's putting out good stuff like i mean and and i think yeah i mean certainly if there had been like another artist or another author excuse me who maybe was an up-and-comer uh easily could give it to them too but mark miller and and sharky the bounty hunter was such an enjoyable book yeah. So fun to read. I, that's a what a great book. I agree. Who draws that one for Mark? I can't pronounce the name. It's Simone Bianchi, I believe. Oh, I love him. He used to do a lot of the covers for a lot of the uh, Ultimate books. Yeah, it's it, you would love the art in this book, and I think you'd love this story too. And if Netflix does adapt this one. Um, I think people are going to fall in love with Sharky the Bounty Hunter if they do the casting right. It is a fantastic comic book. So, yeah, Mark yeah. Miller, he earns it for me this year. It was, uh, I had, I, I did kind of have a runner up, but my runner up is actually going to tie into my best ongoing comic of the year. So I'll just save that. So, uh, Rebecca, let's move on into best ongoing comic of the year. And I, this is where I'm supposed to be playing the, the bo- Here we go. <laughs> Best ongoing comic. Rebecca, who do you got? What do you got? What book you got? So I'm going to go with Orphanage, my ongoing book of the year. I only have one. Um, and I know, like, I did not uh, give the writer here any mention in my Tupperwares. Um, not that I – obviously, I'm picking it as my ongoing comic of the year. I'm really enjoying it. Um, I think the author is doing a really great job. Ted, Ted Anderson is his name. Um, I did mention particularly the the artist, Nuno Platy. Um, this is a, such a good – it's such a good, solid story here of like and, – and this was a book that I found out about when we went to C2E2 and they announced it there that this was one of their – going to be one of their new ongoing. I immediately wrote it down saying this sounds so interesting. I love Westerns. I love mysteries. I love the idea that um, this – 
we have all these adults have died. The children are left alone. And now here they, here they are 20 years later. Everybody's riding horses because uh, there's no gas. There's no cars. There's everybody's kind of been sort of reduced back to sort of more primitive uh, or less developed modes of transportation. And then, of course, in the great fashion of Westerns, the stranger rides into town and then all kinds of shit happens. Um, Orphanage is such a great book. It's raising really great questions. It's it's setting up mysteries. It's kind of presenting what would people be like? What would they do if they did not have access to the kind of technology we have access to today? Would humans survive? And I, this book is showing us, yes, they could. Here's how. Um, I think it's a great book. I think everybody should be checking this out. And I think everybody should be checking out Aftershock Comics in general. I think they're a company that's really trying to establish themselves up there with image. Um, and I think they've got some really great titles. And, uh, yeah, that's my book of the year, Orphanage. Nice. Yeah, I remember reading that book with you guys. And uh, that first issue was very fa- – it was very good. I thought it was very mm-hmm. good. So um, mine is going to be going to uh, – Marvel has the property now. It was with Dark Horse for a long time, and I enjoyed this property with Dark Horse. I thought Brian Wood did a great job writing this character, and they now Marvel has it. And, um, yeah, Jason Aaron is writing Conan the Barbarian, and it is fucking awesome. I think there are like 14 issues in. I'm loving this. Um, if you're a big fan of like swords and sandals and stuff like that, uh, if you're a big fan of Conan, uh, you'll love this. This is, this is like Jason Aaron, like this is the perfect guy to have on this book. Like if you read his Thor run, it was incredible. It's the best Thor run ever written in my opinion. And so to give, you know, the keys of Conan or uh, Conan the Barbarian to Jason Aaron just made sense when Marvel got the property. Um, I'm loving it. Everybody, if you're a fan of Conan or want to be a fan of Conan, this is the one to get in on. Yeah, the Brian Wood stuff was great. This is even better. This is like takes it to the next level. And some of the covers are uh, done by Isad Ribic, who did you know a lot of the interiors for the Jason Aaron Thor run. So some beautiful covers that you can choose from on this one too. But uh, I got to give it to Conan the Barbarian. I just I've fallen in love with this series, and I'm. It's one of those things where it's like you worry about Marvel getting some of these properties um, and fucking them up. They did the right thing here. They gave it to the right guy. So, yeah, Conan the Barbarian. That's awesome. I love me some Jason Aaron. He's always been one of my favorite Marvel writers. And, yeah, it seems like a perfect fit for him. I bet it's hilarious at parts, too. Oh, yeah, it's it's great. Um, Conan's actually a bigger part of the Marvel universe now. Like he's shown up and he's had a conversation with Dr. Doom, I think, in like, what was it? <laughs> Secret Ages? I can't remember the book. I think it was Secret Ages 8. Uh, I can't remember the title, but like just insulting Dr. Doom and just like some great stuff going on with Conan uh, with Marvel having the property. So we will move on. Jake, do you have a video game of the year? Do I have a video game of the year? I'm actually going to give it to Hold on, Tetris. let me play the oh, hold, sorry. <laughs> Let me play the Spoilers. bumper. I wanted to know if you had one. <laughs> Here we go. Video game of the year. Video game of the year. Welcome to Video Land. Wake up, Kitty Glitch. Welcome to Castlevania. 
right. So some Tetris games went in this fucking thing, right? <laughs> oh, man, that was long. I forgot what I was doing for a second there. Yeah, yeah, video game of the year. I'm giving it to Tetris 99. There's there's no video game that was released this year that I played more than this motherfucker. Um, it's Tetris. You play against 99 people at the same time. And so it's online competitive play. You can actually see the other 99 boards on the left and the right of your board. And it's super intense down to the uh, EDM version of the Tetris music, all remixed and in HD for you as well. I, yeah, I played and played and played this game and still not got first place yet. I've gotten second place four times now. I feel like this won last year for you. Tetris 99 was released in February, I believe. <laughs> okay. I don't know. It just, it all blends together. I can't, I, I, I just, I maybe talked about I'm it. I'm pretty sure last year I gave it to, uh, Magic Arena. That was released last okay. year. And that's, yeah. I think I just remember like me making a Tetris 69 joke or something. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely talked about this game yeah. on Good Pop, Bad Pop. Okay. So Tetris 99. Is this on the, this is on the Switch, right? Yeah, it's on the Switch. It's free if you're part of their online live service. And yeah, it's just fucking fantastic. I mean, I, I've just sat there on the couch and played this stupid game for like two hours straight. And it's, it's really popular too. You'd be surprised at how fast a game with a hundred people playing Tetris takes to load up. It's less than 30 seconds. Wow. All right. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. I remember you talking about this game. Uh, let's see here. Let's move on into the toy of the year. Best toy of the year. Get those wonderful toys. All right. Uh, I think this is just me. Uh, Rebecca, do you have anything? No. Yeah, I didn't Sorry. think so. I, <laughs> Not my thing. <laughs> what, what if we just started bringing up our sex toys that we brought bought this year? You know what I mean? What, what if we, I didn't even buy any one of those this year. <laughs> uh, but, I would have been more prepared if I knew that was the case. Uh, you and me both. Uh, I'm a seventh runner-up. <laughs> I just, man, shit! I just had a, I had to have a YouTube channel where I unbox them and then use them right there. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> what, 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 you, get a what, lot of subscribers. Would you call that pube tube? <laughs> pube tube. <laughs> oh. It wouldn't be a bad idea to call it that. Not a bad idea at all. Um, I got two. Uh, first one, I'm just going to give it to my Sega Genesis Mini. I had a lot of fun with it playing Golden Axe and some of those games that came out on that system. So, I'll, uh, oh yeah, I love that thing. I guess that's my runner-up. My winner is uh, going to be the. Uh, I got four Demon Slayer figures from the anime. I've got these off the Crunchyroll store. I got the four major ones. I got Tanjiro, Nizuko, Zenitsu, and Inosuke, and. Um, these are these are just fantastic figures. They look gorgeous. Um, I got the first wave of characters. I, just, I wanted to get them all, and then they just keep coming out with like versions B and C, and it's like I can't keep up with them all. But I got like the four major players from Demon Slayer, um, and I think these figures are just incredible. Um, and they're from Bandai, so you can get them on the Crunchyroll store if you're a fan of Demon Slayer. A lot of them have been sold out, so uh, I'm glad I jumped in uh, very early on this. Yeah, those are sweet figures. They look like the cartoon come to life. Bandai does a really good job on their paint jobs on these figures from the cartoons, and it they are nice. 
Yeah, they are. They they look really good. I'm looking at one right now. I'm looking at my Inosuke one, and it looks really fucking good. He's the guy with the warthog head. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, 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 let's move on into our next category, which is going to be Best Animated Television Show of the Year. Best Animated Show of the Year. Okay, uh, Rebecca, we'll start with you. Go through your list of honorable mentions and then give your first runner-up, and then we'll stop there and pass it off, and we'll, then we'll bounce, bounce back and forth. I actually only have one uh, show. Oh, wow. Uh, well, yeah, uh, Rebecca, just give your one show. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I just- I'm sorry I don't have more. Um, I didn't watch a ton of animated uh, television this year, I, uh, but there's only one that really, to me, stood out, um, and that's something that I will revisit again and again, and I actually have watched it again since, and it continues to be She-Ra and the Princesses of Power on Netflix. Um, this is a show I talk about a lot on this show and I talk about a lot online because this is the only show or the only animated show I should say um, created by a woman and a lot of the direction is done by women it stars mostly women and the themes that this show talks about about friendship about female empowerment about accepting people for who they are about having courage to do what's difficult to do about working together as a team about not letting other people tell you what you can and cannot do about discovering your own power and having ownership over your own destiny um and all being done through the lens or through the vehicle of teenage pre-teenage girls and the idea that um Girls and women have a lot of power. They just have to tap into it. And when we help each other, we get stronger and we get more powerful. I can't think of any other animated TV shows that are doing that. And this, and that's not the only reason why I love this show. I think the animation is fun and playful. I think the storytelling is so good. It's so different than that original She-Ra that we grew up watching. It's incredibly different. Um, and I tell you, the day that the the new season drops, I watch it right away. Um, and I, I then I'll go back and watch it again because I just love the stories so much. So, uh, yeah, it's my one and only winner this year is She-Ra and the Princesses of Power, created by Noelle Stevenson. And if you're not watching it, I don't know why you're not, because it's so damn good. Yeah, I'm, I'm still not watching it. I, I haven't watched well, I it yet. I don't know why, because it's so good. <laughs> uh, probably because you talk it up all the fucking time. Probably. I 
<laughs> it seems like it's been a really breakout year for that show. I've seen a lot of good things about what they've done this year with it. And mm-hmm. it, I'm really glad that the show has had the longevity that it's had. It it really took a beating across social media before the show even came out with people just pooping all over the art style without even seeing the show yet. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, th- this year at, uh, or I should say 2019, at uh, New York Comic Con, they had a big panel. I went to the panel with Brooke and Cindy, and um, the creator was there, Noelle Stevenson, and a lot of the cast was there. They actually showed us the first episode of season four. The whole crowd was so into it. So many girls and, and, and boys and other people cosplaying as these characters who identify with these characters. Um, yeah, it really has had the legs. I mean, it's it's continuing and as far as I know, there's no end there's no end date been announced. So I mean, as far as I know, season 5 will come out, 6, 7, etc. as long as Netflix keeps uh greenlighting it. Very cool. Yeah, um I I'm I eventually just need to like watch an episode and <laughs> and form an opinion on this. I, I don't know why I've been putting it off. So I do need to watch it because, um, I, yeah, four seasons, they're going into five. It, there's got to be something good about this show. I mean, Netflix doesn't renew, <laughs> renew hardly anything. So yeah, that's a good point. Uh, Jake, what do you got? I've got two runner, runner ups and a winner. If you want to bounce back or do anything like that, uh, give me your, give me your first runner up and then I'll give you my honorable mentions. All right, my first runner up is going to be DuckTales. I finally got all caught up with that. And I thought this was definitely the best season of the show so far. This was kind of the season where they brought in all the dis- different Disney afternoon characters from the 90s into kind of the mythology of this current version of DuckTales. So, yeah, that's going to be my first runner up. I, the voice cast is just amazing on this show. So, yeah, it's one of my favorite shows. I never would have thought that a uh, new version of DuckTales would surpass what I thought about the original version. But this has definitely done that at this point. Wow. Yeah, that's hard to believe. I love that original DuckTales. No, and I, I've gone back and revisited it, and it, it's still really good. But yeah. this every episode of that is just kind of one and done, one and done. And I've always just been a bigger fan of when you can have, like, you could still do the one and done episodes, but there's this, like, big thing going on throughout the season and DuckTales just the new version does that so well and the the things they explore are just such interesting things that you wonder that like why no one's thought of that kind of stuff before like just finding out like the lineage of Donald Duck and his nephews and learning about the family tree of the do They do like uh, 23andMe? Yeah I I compared it to like it's the Game of Thrones of like kids animated shows because you're finding out all these different crazy like ties to past relationships and things going on within the duck family it's it's pretty wild all right very cool uh i've I've got i've got quite a few honorable mentions uh in uh, animated television this year uh first one is rooster teeth genlock this is that uh animated show with uh the voice talents of michael b jordan david tennant Maisie williams uh, this is, uh, this is incredible. The art style is just amazing in this. If you're not watching this on Rooster Teeth, you're missing out. Fantastic fucking show. The action's incredible. Um, you've got these, uh, pilots that are in these weaponized, um, mecha and they go around fighting, um, like, uh, different monsters and shit. And it's so fucking incredible. I love it. Um, 
the next one is going to be uh, an anime that I fell in love with this year. It's called The Promised Neverland, and it's about these kids that uh, they are uh, being raised at this orphanage, and um, you know, <laughs> once they hit a certain age, then they then they are sent away, and they never come back to the orphanage. But one of the kids finds out that when they're sent away, they're actually being fed to demons. So then it's basically now we've got to figure out a way to get out of this place. We've got to get out of here. And um, they begin this plan to escape to save all the kids. And it is this this show is just incredible. It's it's uh, it's very much got a horror theme. And you can watch this one on Hulu. I highly recommend it if you have Hulu. Um, another one that I love this year is a, a show called Undone. And this was on Amazon Prime. This one stars Rosa Salazar. Uh, you'll remember her in uh, Alita Battle Angel. She played Alita. Um, and uh, this also stars Bob Odenkirk. This is about a woman that discovers that she has this relationship with time after surviving a car accident that almost killed her. And um, she starts to uh, be able to talk to her father, who... I believe I, I believe he died, and so now, now she's able to talk to her father. I thought it was a great series, and I think it got renewed for a season two. Um, I'm also going to give uh, honorable mention to Rick and Morty season four. I thought it was fantastic. I'm going to give another honorable mention to Vinland Saga. This is on Amazon Prime. This is an anime about Vikings. It's the story of uh, a young boy named Thorfinn. His dad was uh, Thor's, and he was part of the Yams Vikings, these badass Vikings. And uh, this kid's wa- kid watches his fucking father get killed in a brutal fashion. And um, it's the story about him getting revenge on his father's killer. And I am in love with Vinland Saga. This is such a great anime. Um, I'm going to give a... Honorable mention to South Park uh, Season 23. I thought South Park Season 23 was great. The show only gets better. Um, really loved uh, all the stuff uh, this season. I, you know, more PC Principal, more um, Randy Marsh. All that stuff was great. Integrity Farms. I was just fucking dying this season. I absolutely loved it. Um, another honorable mention goes to Primal. This is the series on Adult Swim from Jendi Tartakovsky. Uh, he's the creator of uh, Samurai Jack and Dexter's Laboratory. And this is the uh, show. It follows the caveman named Spear and his relationship with Fang, a Tyrannosaurus Rex, a female Tyrannosaurus Rex. They both watch their families die. And now these two unlikely, uh, you know, uh, uh, this unlikely pair now they've become uh, friends and um, and they journey to to survive in uh, this prehistoric world. It's really an amazing um, series. That's on Adult Swim. I think it's supposed to be a ten episode first season, but they've only released five episodes so far. Um, and then I'm going to give my last honorable mention to the Harley Quinn series on DC Universe. Honestly, I thought the first episode was good. And then the second episode, I was like, yeah. And then once I got to episodes three, four, and five, <laughs> I have fallen in love with this show. I think this show is really 
funny. It is really good. The last three episodes have just been incredible. Um, Fridays, I am watching Harley Quinn on DC Universe. It's probably one of the only reasons to have the service other than Titans and, and, um, some of the older stuff. The stuff leaving DC Universe is just boggling my fucking mind. I don't know. Stuff is leaving? Yes, I got an e- I talked about this last week. I got an email, uh, it's about stuff that's leaving DC Universe on, uh, the last day of, uh, 2019. Like Superman 2 left and a bunch of animated movies are gone now. And it's like, it's DC Universe. Wow. It's ridiculous that stuff is leaving DC Universe. That should be your one-stop shop for all things DC. And of course, things are leaving. It's like they're, I guess they're gonna have to, in order to sustain the service, they have to license these things out for a while. I, I know, like, that's, I think, isn't that what, um, Disney had to do with, like, Home Alone? They, they got it for a little bit for the holidays and then they had to, like, go back on an original deal. Somebody else has the rights to it or something like that for now. Yeah, they haven't come out and, um, actually, explain to anyone why they pulled those things because strangely they pulled like the fourth pirates movie as well oh and wow. people are very confused about that they're like yeah. well maybe there's some technical issues with the movies that they pulled we haven't actually gotten an official statement on that yet yeah they, they but you're not wrong yeah. there are some crazy licensing stuff going on with some of the disney plus movies like even force awakens had to be they had to like make some deal with stars just to get it on day one and they even advertise stars on Disney Plus as part of the deal if you yeah. watch Force Awakens. Stars will probably get it back eventually after a little while, I would imagine. If, you know, so. Huh. Yeah. Um, just for a little while until that deal. That's crazy out. about DC Universe, though. They, yeah. Of all people, shouldn't be putting stuff like in a Disney style vault when there's so little stuff to begin with. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, especially new content. I mean, I, I, I forgot to cancel mine and so it just like did the annual like subscription i was like fuck it whatever i'll just keep it for another fucking year (laughs) damn that sucks (laughs) yeah yeah uh yeah but i'm enjoying harley quinn so uh and then i'll be able to watch titan season three when it comes out uh my first runner up here is going to be uh love death and robots this was on netflix and uh, it's an animated series that consisted of 18 standalone episodes. They were all under 20 minutes long. They were all produced by different casts and crews. Um, and uh, the series title refers to each episode's thematic connection to the three aforementioned subjects. Um, not every episode contains all three elements, though. But you have stories about love, death, and robots. And this was a weird one for Netflix because the episodes didn't always run in the same order when you viewed it on Netflix. So sometimes, yeah, sometimes. And I think that was kind of like Netflix, you know, how Netflix is always looking at data. They were looking at probably like, okay, if we start it with this episode, um, you know, who's finishing the series? If we start it with this episode, who's finishing the series? But like all the episodes were running in different orders. And that was one of the things being able to talk to some of the leftover army members. I remember it last year, uh, excuse me. Uh, yeah, last year at C2E2, they were saying, yeah, I saw that episode first or I saw this episode third or whatever. Um, some of the episodes that I loved, I love Sunny's Edge. That was like the first episode that I got and you got to see, you know, fights with gladiatorial beasts, like these beast battles. They were incredible. Um, the episode where yogurt takes over mankind was hilarious. I, uh, there was a really interesting episode with the, with a U.S. Marine that turned into a werewolf. 
Um, and then the, I think my favorite was like the futuristic farmers that battled aliens. I loved that episode. I thought it was so good. Um, but each episode was different. Each art style was unique. This was just an incredible show. So that's my first runner up is, uh, love death and robots on Netflix. Wasn't it, isn't that like executive produced by Fincher of all people too? David Fincher? I think so. Yeah. I think that was Fincher. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like such a crazy property for him to dip his feet into, but yeah. I mean, maybe that's what helped it just get off the ground in the first place. Yeah, it's. I think it's getting a second season. So yeah, I, I've heard as much too. Yeah. Uh, I'm not surprised. Yeah, so ch- everybody check that one out. It's fucking awesome. If you don't like one of the stories, you can just move on to the next one. There's so there's 18, and they're all, in my opinion, most of them are really good. Yeah, I like how they left it up to the, like, creative writer to decide the episode length, too. Like, there's no, like, set in stone episode length. Like, some are, like, 42 minutes and some are, like, 20-some minutes. I I thought that was really cool. Yeah. It Uh, added to the suspense. Like, when you start to get used to how long something is, you kind of know you're going into, like, the end game and the final moments. But it really helped this that, you know, if you didn't just click on the button, you didn't know how much time was left. Right. Yeah. Uh, What's your your next runner-up? Uh, my next runner-up is Demon Slayer. Um, it's definitely the best anime I watched all year as far as new anime goes and not just more continuing ones that I've been watching. But yeah, this this was just blew me away. Like I've never seen animation quite as crisp and quite as fluid. And just the storyboarding in this is done so well. And it's such an interesting like mix of mythology building and just really cool action as you go through. Like it just amazing like i'm i'm sure we're gonna might be talking about this a little bit more so i don't need to go on and on but yeah this is my first runner-up demon slayer uh my first runner-up is uh an anime it's dr stone um Mm. and this the the story starts off in the year 2038 and then this this thing happens where it's just this event where the whole earth's population everyone on earth turns to stone um not animals. The only animal that turns into stone is the like the bird, the swallow, and I don't I don't know why I don't know why the swallows turn to stone, but um, basically thirty seven hundred years into the future, um, Senku, our our main protagonist, uh, he, he he is freed from this, and um, he was the most brilliant scientist on Earth. And now it is his duty to bring everybody that's uh, been turned into stone back to life. Um, along the way, he frees someone who has different views than him. And um, this guy is more of like a, a brawn character, a, a brute force kind of guy. Very strong, a warrior. And so now you have a division. You have... You know, the world of science versus the world of war. And this guy who he's battling, who he's going to go to war with, um, he wants he's going around and crushing the people that are trapped in stone, like the older people. (laughs) He's only reviving younger people. He's like killing all the older people that are in stone because he doesn't want to bring back that old world where people were just obsessed with greed and like, you know, CEOs of big corporations. He he wants the youth to to be able to do their own thing. Uh Senku uh feels that that's that's morally wrong and he wants to bring everybody back and he's been trying to bring science into this world. He's so far um created uh I actually I won't get into what he's cre- what he what 
what he's created in this season because it's very cool and the show is very much based in science a lot i'd say all the science is is based in in fact on this show i absolutely love dr stone i 24 episodes i believe in the first season and it has just been an incredible watch so that's my my runner-up nice yeah that's that's a great pick i haven't watched only but like the first three episodes of the cartoon but i've read a bunch of this in the weekly shojin yeah uh who do you have for your winner uh, my winner is actually something you mentioned as one of your honorable mentions i'm going to give this to primal as my best animated series of the year tuppy um i've always been a big fan of jindy tartaskovsky or however you say his last name and yeah I, he hadn't really done anything in a long time and it was nice to see him kind of return to form with this like not necessarily adult cartoon mm-hmm. but a little bit more mature than the stuff like you're maybe used to him doing with yeah. like the original samurai jack seasons and even like the dexter before that and and so on but yeah primal you, you know you talked about it already with spear and fang they're never actually named but yeah, this was just so cool. And I didn't know that there was going to be five more episodes. I, I hope that's true. I hope it really is a, a 10 season thing. Yeah. So. If you, if you, everywhere I've looked up online is saying that it's a 10 episode first season and that, uh, but we only got five and, um, everything I'm seeing is it's going to be a total of 10 episodes. So. Okay, that's awesome. I, I'm very much, that's one of my most anticipated things of next year if we're getting five more episodes of Primal. Cause I just kind of took this as just like a one and done fun experiment and him possibly moving on to something else after this. Yeah, yeah. So this is my winner of the year. And I brought this up before to all of our listeners. If you're a fan of this show, Primal, and you're a fan of Star Wars, seek out the stuff he did. Cause Disney has kind of swept it under the rug. Because he did the original hand-drawn Clone Wars cartoons before they changed their mind and went to, like, the CG version you know now. And nothing against the current version, which I absolutely adore, too. But, man, that original hand-drawn Clone Wars stuff is just amazing. They introduced General Grievous there. Um, I don't think any of it's considered canon anymore, but it's definitely worth checking out. There is Star Wars hand-drawn action like you've never seen before in it. I mean imagine primal but with star wars characters oh that's awesome yeah i remember seeing that i just never i remember seeing the artwork and seeing clips but i've never seen it oh i actually have the dvds like i have like a panic attack about every two years where i don't know if i know where those dvds are and i like go on a like wild hunt through boxes just to see those dvds and go okay i still have them because they're not the easiest things to track down and see in high quality so it's and I'm not big into physical media anymore. So mm-hmm. I, I have so few DVDs left that those are like the two that if I ever lost, I would just like start freaking out. What if you had like um like somebody sent you a text and they sent you like pictures of those DVDs and it was like <laughs> I have your DVDs <laughs> like and it was like a whole taken scenario <laughs> holding up like today's newspaper next to them. Yeah, just so you know. <laughs> Fuck. I'd be running through boxes. No, it can't be. <laughs> oh yeah but it, it's awesome brian you have to check that shit out it, it is so fucking good right on yeah uh my winner is demon slayer dude i dude i fucking got the figures i i love this fucking show it's it, it, tanjiro is just one of my favorite characters now his family was was killed by a demon and uh his sister 
um, was uh, turned into a demon, but for some reason she doesn't want to. She she she's tempted by human blood, but she hasn't given in to killing a human being, and it's her love that she has for her brother Tanjiro. So Nezuko is this demon, his demon sister that he carries around in a box on his back like a backpack. And he goes around, and now he's becoming a demon slayer, and uh, it's got magic and everything. And this is just an incredible story. I I have fallen in love with this. I watched it um, when they had it originally uh, subbed, and now I'm going back on Adult Swim and watching um, the dubbed version. And um, I this is just a fantastic fucking show. If you have the Adult Swim app, I highly recommend get on Demon Slayer. Start watching this. This is one that people are going to be talking about for years to come. This is just an awesome fucking uh, – oh, I, I didn't even – I should have given an honorable mention to One Punch Man Season 2, to be quite honest with you. Oh, uh, yeah. That took a lot of shit from fans too. I liked it. I thought it was fun. I thought it was fun. So I'll give that an honorable mention as well. But uh, yeah, yeah. I, I loved how sympathetic they made his sister character. It was just crazy. Like mm-hmm. one of the most interesting characters on TV all year, animated or live action. Oh God, there's an episode that'll make you tear up between the love between them two. Like, oh God, it'll make you fucking tear up. I, I remember like the reaction online after that episode and people were even like messaging me like, have you seen the latest one? You got to watch it. And when I watched it, I was just like, holy fuck. I was like, I was spent after that episode. I was just like, oh my God, it's so good. Yeah, that's crazy. Who had the uh, Adult Swim dubbed version? And I watched just the first episode, just out of curiosity. Yeah, I thought it was a really good dub. Yeah, it's yeah, it's decent. Yeah, I like it. Um, let's jump into best animated movie of the year. The animated movie of the year. Drink the drink. But I don't want the drink. He doesn't want the drink. He does. I don't. You do. I don't. You do. I don't. You do. I don't. Don't. I do. You don't. I do. You don't. Listen, when I say I do, that means I do. To infinity and beyond. We going in there? Yep. T. Sherman, 42 Wallaby Way, Sydney? Yep. We're going to just swim straight. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Sorry. All right, Rebecca, we'll start with you. Do you have any honorable mentions? Yes, I have two honorable mentions. All right, go for it. So my first honorable mention is going to be the Lego Movie 2, the second part. Um, I had a lot of fun with the first Lego movie. I thought it was uh, I thought it was great. It was one of the funniest movies I've seen in a long time. And uh, Lego Movie 2, uh, not... Um, as funny um but i thought it was still uh very enjoyable and i thought the humor was still good i enjoyed that very much um i do have one more honorable mention and that will be uh missing link that was the animated movie uh hugh jackman was i think the big was um oh yeah place an explorer yeah he goes to uh, on the search he, he he's like one of these guys of like um he wants to be the first to find all of these uh um sort of uh, like the Loch Ness monster and, and Bigfoot and then all that stuff. And he, he goes on a search for the Yeti or, or the abominable snowman. And, um, 
it, I thought, you know, the animation style was so different and it was so unique. It's, um, stop, it's stop motion animation. Stop motion. It's yes. from Leica Studios. They did Kubo and the Two Strings. They did, they did. Paranorman. Um, I'm trying to, Paranorman, uh, they did, uh, trying to think what what else they did they, they've done a ton of stuff they're like a studios is incredible mm-hmm. and and they've really done uh you know i certainly remember and i'm sure you guys too we're all about the same age of when stop motion was like the animation like you, all those christmas specials they used to do were all stop motion and all that stuff but th- this is stop motion on another level like this is just it looks incredible. Um, th- this movie definitely made me laugh out loud. Um, w- one of the funniest parts of this movie is when um, Mr. Link, who's who's supposed to be like the missing Link, played by Zach Galifianakis, he doesn't have a name. So he gives himself a name just by listening to other people talk, and he decides to call himself Susan. And, and he, they keep trying to tell him, like, well, that's a woman's name. And he's like... But I like it. And and the other character's like, you know what? If that's who you want to be, then that's who you are, Susan. And they spend the whole movie calling him Susan, which is just – it was just so funny and clever. And it, I thought it had a very sweet story about who is really your family. And, you know, he goes on this journey trying to find Shangri-La where there are supposedly other yetis and he wants to – find his family and then you know maybe his family was somebody else all along it's kind of that story but um those are my two honorable mentions for this year and then what do you ha- oh yeah yeah that missing link that was a fun movie i saw that in the theater yes. i really liked it um and what's your runner-up uh, i don't have a runner-up i just have i guess those were my runner-ups oh then, weren't they oh those I are just your have a winner then that's your, that's your runner-up uh that's whatever the <laughs> fuck you want it to be rebecca that's whatever that's you right. that's whatever you want that's whatever Call you me want Susan now. all right yeah that reminds me of uh, a boy named sue that johnny cash song oh that's my yes. favorite johnny cash song there you go Shel uh, silverstein wrote that jake what do you got for uh honorable mentions um i have just one dishonorable mention and that movie is the Lego Movie Two, and this is the only category I have a dishonorable mention, and I just want to point out. And I, I just wanted to bring it up because Lego Movie One did win Animated Movie of the Year for me when it came out. And having seen this again now that it's available at home, I was even more disappointed by just kind of how uninspired it was compared to the first one. And yeah, Lego Movie Two, blah. Like, and, and this was kind of at the point where they'd over-exhausted the whole Lego thing anyway. Between Batman, Ninjago, and then this, it was just, it got a little bit tired. And unfortunately, Lego Movie 2, without Chris Lord and, and Miller. Phil, Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Phil Lord and Chris Miller yeah. was not up to snuff. Yeah, they, like, I think I think... Phil Lord might have still been like an executive producer, but like, like that doesn't mean anything. I mean, it, yeah, compared yeah. to them writing the script, yeah, it was night and day. Yeah. Uh, do you have any uh, honorable mentions? Um, no, that's it. I have two runner-ups and a winner. Okay. What's your first runner-up? My first runner-up is the animated Lion King movie, uh, mostly just to point out to idiots that this is not a live action movie, that this is an animated movie. Right. So go, go Lion King. Wow. Just, 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 just saying stuff out of, <laughs> you're just giving shit awards for, I love it. You're giving awards for spite. 
<laughs> That's the best award ever, Jake. I, I have so much respect for you right now at this moment. I've heard this no movie idea. called The Live Action Lion King 8,000 million times in 2019, and now it's time to give it an animated I think it's the award. dumbest fucking argument ever. I don't even care. I don't even care anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, shit. I have an congrats, I, congrats, Lion King, for being such a great animated movie. My uh, honorable mention is uh, Toy Story Four. I, I thought it was. I thought it was a. I thought it was a really good movie. I. I. I would. I didn't know if they were going to be able to pull off um, another Toy Story, especially after the way the third one ended. And uh, they did. I, I thought it was. I thought it was a, a very well done movie. I thought it was. Uh, I gave it a Tupperware. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, my first runner up is going to be um, a movie that I saw. Oko's in. This is an animated film, an anime that I saw, and uh, it's about a you know a kid. Oko loses her parents in a car accident, and she starts living uh, with her grand uh, grandmother who runs this uh, Japanese inn and um, she can see ghosts. And it was just a fun movie. I think you can watch this one on Hoopla if you have Hoopla. I don't know if it's available anywhere else other than video on demand if you did want to rent it, but I highly recommend it. It's uh, Oko's Inn. That's O-K-K-O, Oko's Inn, and I highly recommend it. Um, And then my next runner-up, is another anime that I saw in the theater. It's uh, called I Want to Eat Your Pancreas. <laughs> and I just thought that this was uh, a fantastic movie. Um, it's uh, it's about um, uh, a high schooler. He finds this paperback in the hospital. And uh, it's a journal. And it's titled The Disease Coexistence Journal. And it's it's a diary that his classmate Sakura had written in secret and inside of the journal, she reveals that she has um, this terminal pancreatic disease and she wants one person to treat her like she doesn't have a disease and she's going to die. And that's this guy and it's he's really weird he's totally like different than her he's a weird guy but for some reason their relationship their friendship just works and it was just just an incredibly powerful anime it's it's got a weird title i want to eat your pancreas but i absolutely loved it thought it was just an incredible film and um, yeah, you would have thought it was a zombie thing just yeah by the title alone yeah but i loved it i loved it um jake who's your winner Oh, I have one more runner-up and then a winner. Oh, yeah. Who's your runner-up? My runner-up is actually Toy Story 4. Um, I just absolutely adored this movie. I wasn't the biggest fan of 3. And then the trailers for Toy Story 4 just were not doing much for me at all. So I kind of went into this movie with the lowest of expectations. And then was just really pleasantly surprised at how much I enjoyed it. I've watched it three or four times since at home, since it's come out. And, yeah, I absolutely love it. Like, everything I thought I would detest going into this movie ended up being all my favorite stuff. Like I thought the forky stuff seemed like the stupidest thing ever. And then he was my favorite character. I I didn't laugh harder at anything than the forky stuff. And yeah, I just, how are they going to do the nostalgia again? And I thought they handled all that really well. So yeah, I thought this was even better than toy story three in my book. I know I'm an outlier 
and not being the biggest fan of Toy Story 3, but it just didn't do much for me. And so I was glad this movie came out and gave better closure to the series. Yeah, I didn't like I'm I think it's weird. Like the people that didn't like Toy Story 3 love Toy Story 2, and I'm the opposite. I I did not like Toy Story 2, but I love 3. So Yeah, yeah, it, it does seem to be a weird divide. I, I I was surprised to find out there were so many other people out there that were just such huge Toy Story 2 fans because it's by far my favorite. Oh, God. It's my least favorite. So, yeah, it's it's bizarre. But I, I know there's a lot of people that love it. And my cat is playing with a bottle cap, and that is adorable. <laughs> I'm going to give a tuppy to that right fucking now. That is oh, adorable. I'll, I'll co-tuppy that even without seeing it. Oh, my God. Unanimous tuppy is here for the cat. Yes. Oh, my God. I would, He's like batting it around. I want to... I would love to see him playing uh, that air hockey game right now. He would. Oh, now he's doing a Snapple cap. It went from. That was awesome. That was the first time I heard it. <laughs> yeah, it went. It went from a Mountain Dew cap to a Snapple cap. <laughs> uh, the Snapple cap has way better acoustics for the podcast. And yes, people, I have bottle caps all over the floor. It's just. It's just. <laughs> my entire my entire floor is just covered with bottle caps. No. They're on the table and he's knocking them off. So, um, my, uh, yeah. Oh, Jake, did you, did I, you didn't go, did you go over your winner? Who's your winner? No, I did not do my winner. Who's your winner? My winner is Frozen 2. Um, it, it was the easiest of all the awards to pick for me this year, honestly. Um, there was a time when I didn't even want a sequel to Frozen because I just, uh, I hate that Disney just has to milk stuff for everything it's worth sometimes. And I was just very worried that this would, be nowhere near as good as the original to me and honestly I, i've seen this movie five times in theaters now and i like it even more than the first one um all my favorite original music and movies comes from this movie this year easily the most stunning animation i've seen in a disney picture to date frozen 2 is just an easy pick for best animated movie of the year for me uh, mine is How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World. This is the uh, third and final film in the How to Train Your Dragon series. I love the first two. I think How to Train Your Dragon 2 won a tuppy from me. And this, I mean, they finished off this whole series just amazingly. I I absolutely loved it. They introduced um, Toothless's uh, uh, little girlfriend in this fucking movie. The animation, I saw it in 3D. It was absolutely beautiful. Um, I love the cast. The cast is hilarious. You got Jonah Hill and Jay Baruchel, and I love these uh, How to Train Your Dragon movies. So I'm going to give it to uh, How to Train Your Dragon 3, The Hidden World. Nice. Nice pick. I actually plunked down $14.99 a couple weeks ago to get all three of these movies on iTunes, and I'm finally going to sit down and watch them. I've not seen a single one of these yet. Oh, you've got to watch them. They're so good. I think it's like it's like my favorite animated trilogy of all time. I think they're so yeah. good. Nothing gets me to watch something more than spending my money on it. So now it's like I feel like I have to or why did I spend that 15 bucks? So these are definitely on the list to watch soon. I'm excited to see them. Every I tell everyone that I'm not the biggest fan of DreamWorks animated movies. And the, the reply is always, well, have you seen the dragon movies? Yeah, yeah. So they're really good. They're really good. And I, I, I love like the way they make the dragons move. It's almost like, it's almost like cats. They kind of like move like they, sometimes they act like dogs. Sometimes they act like cats. It's, it's really, it's awesome. I, I love the way they make the dragons look and all the dragons look different. And it's, this last one was just beautiful. They go to like this whole dragon world. And all the different dragons are there, and it was just just an amazing experience in 3D. Um, lots of like glowing 
like neon lights and things like that. It just looked beautiful in the theater. Um, you thought Pandora looked really cool and you saw Avatar in 3D. Like this looked really amazing. So yeah. Yeah. I, I can't wait to see it. It's long overdue to watch these three movies. Uh, we are going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to go over the best hero of the year. I didn't get mine. Oh, you didn't? No. Oh, you did the whole fucking, the, the Lego and the, uh, we're going to, we're, we're not going to go to break. Rebecca's going to give her winner. Go for it. Okay. So it's, I'll just be really quick. Uh, it's also Frozen 2. I, um, I actually was not interested in a Frozen sequel. Like, I enjoyed that first movie a lot. Um, the idea of a sequel, I was like, eh, who cares? Um, and then I saw it after hearing Jake rave about it, and I was surprised how much I loved the sequel. And I thought um, the big song that Elsa sings, Into the Unknown, I mean, Let It Go is an amazing song from that first movie, but Into the Unknown is just beyond. It is just so complex musically uh, vocally the way that she sings it it's just so incredible the story is beautiful um yeah it's so great and it continues that theme of sisterly love and affection so i also give my tuppy to frozen too there you go i'm sorry yes. i totally forgot about you rebecca i apologize That's okay. no worries. all right let's take that break Let's break this shit up. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go play some fucking air hockey with my cat. We'll be right back. I got a couple rounds of Tetris 99 in me. <laughs> All right, hey, welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> Awful sluggish. Welcome back, there. Guys. I know. What do you What do you want? Pet me up, Brian. What the fuck? First episode of 2020. <laughs> 2020. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, start start the bar low so we yeah. can hurdle it later. Exactly. Yeah, I'm gonna fucking kill it next episode. You know, <laughs> I one 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 show that's not gonna be making the 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 tuppies this year that I uh that I started I started it yesterday. I started watching uh the new Dark Crystal. The Age of Oh yeah, how's that? It's really good, man. I'm 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 on episode three. It's really fucking good. Ten episodes. How does that work, man? Did did fucking Disney? Did they buy? I know they bought the Muppets. Did they buy all of uh, Henson's Creature Shop? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just one of those things where they made the deal before the Disney Plus decision at all. I mean, you know how there's been it's been documented how long they've been working on this. Yeah, I was just curious, man. I didn't know. Like, it's one of those things. I'm just guessing where like, you know, if anything more Dark Crystal ever comes out, is it going to come out on Disney Plus? Yeah, I would think so. I would think yeah. so. But I mean, who knows? Maybe I don't know who has the rights to the movie. Well, it's it's all Henson's. I mean, it should be under that Henson. Like when Disney bought Lucasfilm, they got Willow, they got, you know, Indiana Jones, they got Star Wars. You know what I mean? Yeah, but there's some weird stuff with all that because, like, the Muppets Take Manhattan ended up being like a, a Sony Columbia movie. And I know Disney has issues publishing that sometimes. Huh. And I don't know. I think there's some weird loopholes in some of those Henson movies. I think Labyrinth falls in that category. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think just they may still be like the original studio's rights as long as they keep like putting out versions of it. Or oh, that's true. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. It might. Yeah. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. But I'm digging it, man. It's pretty fucking good. Like and, and they're really using a lot of the practical stuff with the puppets. But it does use CGI. But 
they even try to make the CGI look practical as as possible. So yeah, but I'm That's digging cool. it. Question for you about that. Did you movie rewatch before you started it? I did. I did. Because I hadn't seen the movie since like my 20s. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of been my roadblock with it is I, I've been wanting to do that movie rewatch, but I just haven't gotten around to that yet. Or I should yeah. probably just dive into the damn show. I, I'm pretty familiar with the movie. Yeah. I did the movie rewatch a couple days ago and then I started the first episode yesterday and then I got through like, I got through episode two today and I started episode three. It's good, man. It's, it's given you a lot more like of the back history on like, uh, the Gelflings and, uh, and, uh, of course the, uh, Skaxis, Skaxis or whatever the fuck. Yeah. 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 I've heard it's pretty heavy. So yeah. I need to check it out. Yeah. It's cool. I, yeah. Definitely check it out. All right. Let's, uh, jump into our next topic, which is, uh, the next category is, uh, best hero of the year. Best hero of the year. Megatron must be stopped, no matter the cost. You got the touch! You got the shall stand, one shall fall. Why throw away your life so recklessly? That's a question you should ask yourself, Megatron. Oh, man. Fucking... Hey, you know, Jake, don't worry. Next week, when we go back to our regular episode, I've got more Family Matters news. I've got updates on family. I'm still... <laughs> dude, I am... Thank God. Yeah. You are on the pulse of the things I was worried about right now. I know you were worried about it. Like, <laughs> where is Brian on his Family Matters rewatch? And I will tell you, I am on Family Matters Season 2, just finished Episode 3. And I'm telling you, man, I've got a lot to talk about next episode when it comes to Family Matters. Because you know what? Family Matters matters. Yeah, that, that's hilarious. I might dip my toes in and watch a random season two episode. Oh, um, you need to watch. Uh, you tell me what episode. I will tell you what episodes. I am not kidding you. I, oh, God, I'll save it. But I'm telling. Oh, no, I'm going to say this. There was an episode. There's been a couple episodes where I have been laughing so hard that I could <laughs> barely fucking I'm not kidding you I could barely breathe I had to I I could I could barely breathe I was like I was almost full snotting you know it was it's <laughs> it's those kind of laughs like it and you don't think about it with family matters like we're 30 years removed from this show like when it first came out and it's like you don't think it's going to be that funny but it's like there was a reason this show was like fucking like the number one show for a while and it, it, it's because steve urkel jaleel white is a fucking physical comedy genius you have to send me a couple episodes. I'll, I will. I'll put my toes in. Random episodes. Random. Oh, God. I will let you know which ones to watch. I was dying. Oh, I love those Winslows. That's hilarious. I don't think I've seen that show in 20 plus years. Oh, it's amazing. Oh, I'm having a blast on this rewatch. Oh, my God. So fucking good. <laughs> Some of the best stuff ever. Best hero of the year. I Let's uh, hear from Rebecca. Do you have any honorable mentions? I have a ton of honorable mentions, and then I have two runners-up and a winner. All right. Give me your honorable mentions and then your first runner-up. 
Okay, honorable mentions in no particular order. Um, and some of these are movies that I saw that the hero of the movie is based on a real person. So that's going to be a lot of my honorable mentions. Um, Cynthia Erivo as Harriet and uh, the Harriet Tubman story. I thought an incredible figure to do a movie about and an incredible performance. Um, Tom Hanks as Fred Rogers in A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. When I think of heroes, um, Fred Rogers is up there. Um, he did a lot for all of our childhoods of uh, people of a certain age growing up watching Mr. Rogers. And I thought Tom Hanks showed us um, how much Fred Rogers just really was trying to be a good guy and to help as many kids as possible. Um Mark Ruffalo as Robert Blot in Dark Waters, the real story of a lawyer who um, took on DuPont uh, on the behalf of a bunch of farmers in West Virginia because one of them happened to know his grammar, uh, which just killed me every time he called her grammar. Um, and I thought he did an incredible job portraying this real-life person who sacrificed a lot in his family life, in his career, in his um, financial life and his personal health to do what was the right thing to do. And he fought sometimes on his own against DuPont to help these people. Um, I also would like to uh, Felicity Jones as Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Um, Felicity Jones, I, I haven't always loved everything she's done, but I loved her portrayal as Ruth Bader Ginsburg uh, in the movie about specifically how she took on this case of trying to get equal rights for women in the workforce. Um, I thought she did an incredible job um, portraying one of my personal heroes. So I enjoyed that very much. Um, uh, Grace played by Samara Weaving in the movie, ready or not. I thought she was a great hero who ran around and saved herself um, from a house full of people who were trying to kill her. Uh Scarlett Johansson's portrayal of Rosie in the movie Jojo Rabbit. Um, she's the mom of Jojo who uh, did everything that she possibly could to try to help one person in an incredibly difficult, terrible time in human history. Um, and those are all my honorable mentions. My first runner up is going to be Captain America from Endgame. Um, True that Cap did not uh, have to sacrifice his life or anything, um, but that scene of when Cap is all by himself on the field facing down Thanos and his entire army and all he's got is his broken shield and he straps it on and he stands there and he knows if it's just him against the entire army, he's not coming out of this alive. But he still does it. He stands there. He puts on that shield and he's ready for whatever fight it will, he imagines will be his last. And uh, that scene, that image from the movie is one of the most – it just gives me chills. Even now I'm thinking about it, it, it gives me goosebumps. It's just such an incredible image. And so I will uh, give my number three to Captain America. I will argue that he didn't sacrifice his life because he got married. No, he didn't. That's what I said. He. he I'm just, that's a joke about marriage. Marriage. Oh. Marriage will suck the life out of you. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, that definitely went over my head. I think it went over everybody's. All right, swing and a miss. <laughs> I feel terrible. I'm sorry. I know. I was ready to nerd argument about it. Too. Swing and a miss. I get I it. Like, well, actually. <laughs> Don't worry. I'll, I'll stick to what I know. Family matters. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jake, you have any honorable mentions? I do not. I have three runner-ups and a winner. Give me your runner-up. First runner-up. All right, my third runner-up or, or first runner-up is Duke Kaboom from the Toy Story Four movie. He is uh, Canada's greatest daredevil and stuntman, voiced by Keanu Reeves, and I just thought this character was a lot of fun. I love how Rebecca named all these super inspirational heroes, and here I come with some Duke Kaboom. But yeah, I, <laughs> I loved this. I, I kind of groaned at Keanu Reeves being in the Toy Story universe and what they were going to do, and I thought they used him fantastically, and I I just loved like how inspirational kind of the character was where you got to push through regardless of, you know, what trauma you have going on. So it, it was fun. Have you seen Keanu Reeves in the cameo he does in this new SpongeBob movie coming out? I've seen it in the trailer where he's like inside the cornucopia or whatever. No, it's, it's, it's uh, one or of those. Tumbleweed it's a tumbleweed. Yeah. Yeah. That seems very ridiculous, but <laughs> I, I did laugh. Yeah. It's weird. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know that it made me want to see the new Spongebob movie or not. Though. I yeah. Think yeah, I think I'm out, too. Uh, I've got one honorable mention. Uh, Tanjiro from uh, Demon Slayer. Talked about it earlier. I absolutely love this show. So that's Tanjiro from Demon Slayer is my uh, first runner-up. This guy just does not quit um, whenever uh, the odds are stacked against them, and it's just an amazing show. Um, my first runner-up here is going to be somebody else I've already mentioned, uh, Senku from uh, Dr. Stone. So, yeah, our main character, the scientist of uh, Senku in Dr. Stone. So that's my first runner-up. Um, Rebecca, go on to your uh, next runner-up. My next runner-up is going to be Captain Marvel, played by Brie Larson. Um, Captain Marvel uh, definitely was a movie this year that I was uh, highly anticipating. Um, didn't know a ton about the character, um, but then, you know, started reading the comics, um, started doing some some research on her. And I, uh, Brie Larson's one of my favorite actors. Um, I, I enjoy a lot of her uh, performances. And, you know, when this movie came out, you know, I had my fingers crossed. Please don't mess it up. Please don't mess it up because we want more Captain Marvel and we want more female superheroes. And, uh, boy, did that movie blow me away. Um, I know there are people who don't care for Brie Larson's acting or they say that she only has one expression. I would argue that there's plenty of male superheroes who don't smile very much and who scowl a lot and who only have one or two expressions. So um, I think that argument is stupid. Um, I know there are people who didn't care for the message about every time she got knocked down, she got back up and that was her superpower. I don't care then if you didn't like that. I loved it. And I thought it was absolutely the message that Carol needed in that moment of every time she got knocked down she got back up and that was her superpower even before she got superpowers um they should have played that uh tub thumping song when she kept yeah, yeah. i get knocked down we you know we need to do whiskey drink <laughs> that's what we need to do we need to do a tub thumping at c2e2 
That would be oh, that would be the best. Where you take a whiskey yeah. drink, drink, you take a vodka drink, you take yeah. a lager drink, you take your cider drink, and we just get fucked up. We just that do would a, be awesome. Just just do a tub thumping at C two E two. Yes. All right, go you, have, you have to drink the actual drinks. Yes, that's what that's a that's a, that's a tub thumping, dude. <laughs> I didn't know people actually did. That. You do it in that. Yes, it's a thing, dude. <laughs> you have to do it in rapid succession. I, I'll look into the rules, Jake, but it's a thing. <laughs> wow, Jake, calm down. We'll get you a D&D book on how to play it. Jesus, <laughs> no shit. He's like, he's won the booklet on how to do this now. <laughs> Can this be done like over an hour? <laughs> yeah, it's like, Jake is like, Jake, Jake is like, how do I run a proper tub thumping? <laughs> if you don't participate, you don't need to know the rules. All right. That's yeah, good. I'm, I'm go. good then. I figured as much. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Rebecca, I'm sorry. You, you were still talking about Captain Marvel. I, par- I yeah, apologize. No, no worries. Yeah. Um, and, and I just, uh, I guess, ju- you know, just to, then her appearance in, in Endgame was great, limited, but I felt it was appropriate to the story they were telling in Endgame. So yeah, Captain Marvel, she's my runner up. Um, she's my second runner up for the year. Um, I love her. I can't wait for Captain Marvel 2. Um, I also love the idea that everybody was trying to control her, trying to hold her back, much like, you know, what happened in that first Wonder Woman movie. Everybody's telling her no, 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 until she's finally like, uh, I don't care what you think I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do. And, um, she didn't need anyone's permission or validation. She was, she, she was fucking Cartman and so, like, I, I do what I want. You know what exactly. I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's my that's my runner up uh, or, or or my second runner up for the year. All right, Jake, how many you how many do you have left? Uh, I've got two and a winner. All right, give me your two. All right, my two is Anna from Frozen Two. I I thought she was the most inspirational character in the movie. I was surprised at the dark places that Disney took this character, and I I found it to be really inspirational. Like to see this character, it's one of the few characters that doesn't you know, have powers or magic or mystical stuff going on and was really kind of the audience's character that you were most emotionally with, it felt like, in this movie. And it was just so inspirational to see her persevere through all this stuff going on, just knowing that she had to do it no matter what, no matter how bad things got. And I thought it was a really cool message. So Anna from Frozen 2. And give me your next one because uh, I'm going to be going over my runner-up and then a winner. All right, my my runner-up before my winner is a dead tie between Iron Man and Captain America from Endgame. I, I just these are two of the biggest heroes in cinema over the last decade, and this was such an amazing send-off for the both of them. Um, you know, it's not the easiest thing to kind of do this grand finale last part, and uh, Endgame did it so well and sent these characters out with such grace. And, um, you know, I like that they didn't just kill both of them. You know, one of them got that, but then the other one got this other thing. Uh, I thought that was really interesting. And yeah, I just thought both those characters got to shine so much in this final movie that it was just such a wonderful and fantastic send off to two of the most beloved heroes in the last 10 years in movies. Yeah. I love how it's like one died, one got this other thing. And the other thing is one got old. <laughs> well, he got time displaced, and then you're still written out of the story. I know, I'm just having fun with it, Jake. Jesus oh, yeah, Christ! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This other thing. Yeah, I can't wait to send you that tub thumping rule book. We can have a. <laughs> oh, I'm out on that. I know you're out on that. Uh, my uh, my next runner up is uh, Wayne from uh, the YouTube series. 
Nice. Yeah, I uh, I love that show. And I thought Wayne was fantastic, just a great character. He stood up for what was right. He was a just just a cool dude and he and he stood up for people that couldn't defend themselves and um he he yeah, he stood for what's right. He's a superhero in his own right. So I'm going to give it to Wayne. Um let's go over our winners. Rebecca, let's go with uh, your hero of the year. My hero of the year is going to be Iron Man. Um Iron Man um, went from being the guy who we when we first meet him in Iron Man one. I mean, he's the epitome of just narcissistic and um, playboy and not always a great person, not always a nice guy. Um, and we watch his character evolve over many, many movies. When we finally meet him again in Endgame. We see a very different Tony Stark Iron Man. We see a father, a husband, somebody who has everything to lose. Um, but he sees how his friends have come to him looking for help. He can't help himself but try. And uh, he's got some great scenes in that movie, like when he's talking it over with um, with Pepper. And he says, you know, I could just I could just throw this. I, I, I could just bury this in the backyard and and, 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 and walk away from it. And she asks him, but would you be able to sleep? And he, he can't. He knows he can't because he knows he can do something to help. And so what does he do? He shows up and, um, you know, the first thing he tells Cap is, um, I can't fail because I've got too much to lose. And Cap's like, hey, we're going to do this. No problem. And um, we see Tony, you know, come full circle. He sees his father again when he goes back in time to the seventies and gets to kind of understand where his father was coming from and how scared he was and how, um, how unprepared he was for fatherhood. And he just was doing the best he could, but Tony couldn't see that when he was suffering as, as the teenager. And then that final moment where, you know, they're in the thick of battle. Doctor Strange looks over, gives him that that one. This is it. This is the one in the 14 million blah, blah, blah. And Tony knows that he's going to have to make that ultimate sacrifice. And he does it. He doesn't think twice. He grabs the stones. He snaps his fingers. He gets rid of Thanos. But, of course, he dies in the process. And he dies. I mean, it's just such... Ugh, it's such an emotional ending to this character who started the whole universe and to see his growth come so far and to see Tony make this ultimate sacrifice and the whole I love you 3000 oh my god like Marvel just knows how to pull our heartstrings but oh god yeah, when the, I, I when, the, when, the when the daughter wants the cheeseburgers god damn Right? Oh, when she's like, I want cheeseburger. And you can see <laughs> Happy just like trying to hold it in. And he's like, your dad loved cheeseburgers. And we're reminded Ugh. instantly of Iron Man 1 when yeah. he gets back to the States and all he wants is I'm going to fucking cry right now. I'm serious. I know. I'm Aww. getting a little emotional myself. I right am. Now. I am. <laughs> getting a little of a clump. Talk amongst yeah. yourselves. Um, it's just, yeah, it's, um, what a send off. What a send off to a hero that was a B character in the Marvel comics and Marvel studios made him a number one hero and just incredible end to Tony Stark's story. So 
I give my Tupperware to uh, to I- I- Iron Man. He deserves it this year. Yeah, you know I. I, I've always wanted to see like a, like, uh, you know, like a deleted scene, something that, you know, on, on the cutting room floor where like, instead of Iron Man being the one to do the sacrifice at the end, it was uh, our bumbling idiot Scott Lang. And, uh, he's, he's trying to attach the stones to, to a Nintendo power glove. And it, it just ain't happening <laughs> to the point where. Th- He's just like, ah, fuck, and then Thanos kills everyone. I just, (laughs) for some reason, I just think that that would be a funny kind of outtake. But anyway. Maybe you can get that as one of the uh, what if animated shows. That would be great. I just want to see like Scott Lang trying to trying to like duct tape or <laughs> some <laughs> fucking stones on a Nintendo Power Glove. They keep falling off, and he's just like, <laughs> and he's just like, ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> you know, oh, that's great. Um, Jake. Oh yeah, the Tuppy for Hero of the Year. I am going to give the Tuppy for Hero of the Year to. A latecomer this year. I'm going to give it to Baby Yoda. He uh, is the hero that Star Wars needed, man. He's the the character that's, for the most part, united Star Wars fandom in agreement. Everyone loves the Baby Yoda. Um, It's crazy that they were able to hide this character and miss out on so much money that they could have made this Christmas. I got to imagine that some people on the Disney side of things are punching themselves about this, not understanding how much more weight it held having it kind of be this big surprise but yeah i baby yoda is my hero of the year there you go baby yoda um i'm uh, i'm gonna give it to uh tony stark of course yeah i mean fucking iron man avengers endgame guy sacrificed his fucking life 10 years 11 years with this character by the time we got this movie and uh it was a it was a beautiful send-off and uh i i was just emotionally invested in the story and uh what else can i say what else can i say that rebecca hasn't said to be quite honest with you it's like i mean it was just it was just an incredible moment in cinematic history there was a woman like three rows behind me wailing (laughs) and i am not like wailing i'm not saying this lightly i'm like wailing just like you know what i mean like a loved one died like we're at a fucking real funeral here and there's a woman wailing in the back of the theater and after the movie ended still wailing <laughs> this this went on this went on through the credits like you could just this woman was just bawling her eyes out just loud as shit and i was like wow wow th- this movie did something this movie it brought people together this was just just uh, we're not going to see anything like this we might not see anything like this ever again in our lifetime with what we got in Endgame, and one of the big things in Endgame was the was the death of uh, Tony Stark. Do little. Is it going to do Lada or is it going to do little? Like, are you looking forward to do little? Mm, I think it's going to do little. Oh man, I don't. I mean, it's they ha- like they haven't sold me on the trailer with this one. I love I love Robert Downey Jr. I think he's fantastic, but man, I don't know. I think it's going to do little as well. In the box yeah, office, I think they the the promotion has not been good. They they yeah. really only spent money on that one trailer cut that we've seen for the last four months, just over and yeah. over again. I can I see kinda, the headline. See it, I go, ugh. Headlines are going to be do little, does little. <laughs> you know, they're going to talk yeah. about. It. I mean, sometimes Disney catches fire, but I don't think this is going to be an Aladdin situation. I don't think the name has anywhere near as much weight 
as the name Aladdin did. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know. I just, I don't think the effects look, it's not like when you see the trailer, you're like, Oh, this is, I've never seen anything like this. Like nothing's really mind blowing happening special effects wise. And, uh, yeah, I think you can't really tell who any of the vocal talent is in the trailer. They're not really selling it on that very well. The talking animals, like I think it hit its peak probably with babe, that fucking pig, right? I would agree. That's, yeah. Maybe the best talking animal movie. Yeah, and then that'll do pig. And then I think those Geico commercials with the pig. Those are those are good. <laughs> Are they? The kid, the pig sticking his head out the window, going wee with the pinwheel, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, that makes. I mean, the Geico lizard is just as good as special effects as what's going on. Yeah, <laughs> do a little thing, right? Yeah, I don't know. I have a feeling that this might be an overblown movie too. Like I'm worried. I don't know what the runtime is, but it feels like something they might have got pompous with. Oh man, I, hour and forty five. Get oh really? That's no. That's what I'm saying. It should be. I think oh, yeah. it, that's, that's I, why I was like, oh really? That's perfect. No, I think no like, more than that. Yeah, you know? it'll probably be like two hours ten minutes, right? I was thinking they might. This thing might be overblown, like two and a half hours. Oh, that's ridiculous! No, there's no way. Oh God, I hope not. I hope well, not. That's, that's I. I don't see them being able to carry that premise successfully through the movie to the end for like two plus hours. Hour forty five has got to be the sweet spot. Is Jason Mansukis playing an ostrich? I don't know who plays who. <laughs> There's tons of people though. It's like Tom Holland and I know. Emma Thompson and John Cena and R- Remy Malik and uh, a bunch John, of just weird assortment. John Cena, funny guy. I think he's funny. I like him in the movies. Yeah, I'm excited to see. He's going to be in the next Fast and Furious, and I'm excited to see what that franchise does with him. Like, Whoa. I hope they make him a villain. I'd love to see him as a bad guy in a movie. Who hit their head on a bottle? No, I dropped something on the floor. Oh, man. <laughs> I was worried, like, somebody snuck up behind you and hit you in the back of the head with a champagne bottle. No, not yet. Maybe later. I don't know. Uh, let's see. I'm going I'm to see if they've got a, uh, a time on this fucking Doolittle. It's an hour 46. I said an hour 45. Oh, that's Yeah, yeah. You, remember, you win both showcases. I do win both. No, if I, I would have won both showcases if I said 146. I had to be right on the dot. To win the boat. Okay, okay. Yeah, okay. but I was under, so I didn't go over. So I did win one. Sh- I did win my showcase. So I do get the fucking sea do fucking jet ski, <laughs> and I get the vacation to fucking Italy. So I'll take it, man. <laughs> and I get that fucking barbecue grill set. I like that. That's nice. That is nice. That is mm. nice. Usually the first prize yeah. is nowhere near as that good. I gotta pay the taxes on this bullshit though at the end of the fucking year. Christ. It's gonna <laughs> yeah, be I hope a, you want some cash earlier. Hope you get that dollar. It's gonna be a nightmare, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I read that 90% of those people sell those trips. Yeah, I, I you ever, uh, back in the newspaper, back when I was a kid, uh, every once in a while you'd see something like, you know, one on a game show and they'd be selling it in the classified ads. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. It is wild, Jake. <laughs> I won it on a game show. I won it on a game show. So I mean, there were so many more game shows back when we were kids, though. Yeah, there were a ton of game shows. All right, let's go over to the best villain of the... Rebecca, are you having fun? <laughs> oh, always. Always. <laughs> All right, best villain of the year. Best villain of the year. <laughs> Waited an eternity for this. It's over, Prime. 
Becca, do you have any honorable mentions? I have honorable mentions, two runners-up, and a winner. All right. Give me your honorable mentions and your first runner-up. You got it. Honorable mentions. Um, some of these may be a little controversial, but uh, Taika Waititi as Hitler, Jojo Rabbit. Um, it's pretty villainous, and uh, even though he was presented um, in a satirical way, um, I thought his portrayal, his take on Hitler was – incredibly incredibly nuanced and incredibly uh funny at moments dark humor um never thought i'd laugh at a hitler movie that's for sure um so uh he's uh, i will also say um i don't know if you would consider him a villain i kind of think of him a little bit as a villain shia labeouf playing james lort in honey boy um there are people I think who would disagree with me that he's a villain, but I think he's pretty villainous. Um, and I thought that he did what villains always do is that they don't think that they're a villain. They think that they're doing something good. And he thought, you know, he's helping his kid the best way he knows how, but he was hurting his kid in a lot of incredibly terrible ways. Um, and uh, my next one, just for because it's so sort of against type, uh, Chris Evans and Knives Out. Uh, as uh, Ransom Drysdale, I thought he was a great spoilers for Knives Out, everybody. Yeah, I know, right? Spoilers for well, Knives Out. <laughs> in, a, in a movie where the whole family are villains, how about that? Oh, nice cover up. The whole family are villains. I, and that's not a lie. So, the whole family, but I thought for especially playing against type, playing against what we've normally seen him in, I thought Chris Evans did really well in that role. Um, I um, also give it up to a, a movie that didn't do great, but I thought that the villain was good. The movie Greta, um, Isabel, who, I think her name is Hubert. Um, she played Greta, who was the villain in the movie. Mm-hmm. I thought she was the best part of that of that film. Um, the film could have been way better if they had leaned into how. Uh, sort of crazy and evil Greta actually was, but I thought she did really great with what she was yeah. given. It just felt, it um, felt like a generic '90s film that you would have forgotten. You know what I mean? It, it was, it, it was, but I still think that her performance in it um, stood out enough to me that I I thought about her when I started making my list. So I think that says a lot. That like. Again, like, I, I think maybe not everybody would agree with me on that, but I, I thought she did a great job on that. Um, Marwa Kenzan, who played Jafar in Aladdin, um, another, another villain who I thought they could have leaned into him a little bit more, let him be more villainous, but I thought he did really well with what they gave him. Um, and I was, I, I think he was my favorite part of that movie. I really enjoyed what he did there. Um, and then finally, Alessandro Nivola, who plays Sensei in The Art of Self-Defense, uh, a little movie starring Jesse Eisenberg, um, the man who plays Sensei. Uh, again, it's Alessandro uh, Nivola. He's so wacky. Like the whole movie is just weird and yeah, wacky. Yeah. 
but his character is just so um you just love to hate him and and he's he's everything like that bad guy should be like he's that's toxic masculinity and he talks crappy to women and he treats everybody like they're all his pawns and he hurts people and he manipulates people to his own devices and um yeah, I I really enjoyed him in that movie a whole lot. Uh, one more quick honorable mention. It's totally silly and it's very scenery chewing, but I loved Idris Elba as Brixton in Hobbs and Shaw. I don't care. I love those movies. <laughs> I thought Idris Elba was he was like the ultimate sort of cheesy villain. He was like just chewing the scenery and spitting it out and then chewing more of it up. And I just loved it. Rebecca, uh, real quick. And I'm going to throw this out, and I want to get your opinion on this. This is something I've been thinking about for quite a while. Yeah. I'm thinking about getting my first – I have no tattoos, zero ink on my body. I'm thinking about getting an Idris Elba tattoo on my elbow and calling it Idris Elbow. I co-signed that. (laughs) You should do it. Don't Don't do it. You'll you'll regret that. No, 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 no. Don't listen to Jake. Hang on the wall right now. Drive to the tattoo place and get it done before you. I'm gonna get. Tell you what, I'll get it done at C2E2, and right underneath it, I'll have no regrets tattooed underneath it. Hashtag no regrets. And people will go like, "What? What is? What is that? What's that tattoo?" And I'll be like, "That's my Idris elbow." No regrets. No regrets. No regrets. I think I think that that would be funny. It'd be a funny thing. It'd be a funny little story for five I, seconds. Mm-hmm. Two years later, yeah, five seconds exactly. You'll regret that. No, I, I, I think I think, no, but you I won't regret it. It'll open the it'll open the doors to so many new conversations and meeting so many new different people, Jake. It'll be <laughs> worth it. <laughs> Oh, man. I'm I'm giving villain of the year to Rebecca for talking (laughs) Brian into this tattoo. I think it's a fucking fantastic idea, dude. I think you should do it. (laughs) Idris Elbow. My Idris Elbow tattoo on my elbow. That's fucking... He would think of that. Huh? What do you think? You think he'd be a fan? Oh, oh, dude. if, If I could ever meet him at a convention, I would have him sign it, and then I would get that signature tattooed on my body. Dude, I think he would. I I think that he would probably think that I was. He would. I there would be a restraining order. <laughs> Not a retweet. I don't think so. I think it would be. I think it would be restraining order territory if I showed up with the Idris Elbow tattoo. <laughs> I just. I thought it was. I just thought it was so, so witty. <laughs> I just had to say it. No, I'm not arguing that it's funny. It's oh, funny. Brian. Ooh, you're the king of wit. <laughs> not really, everybody. But the actual act of committing up to it, I think that's where I'm like, ooh. Jake's but, villain of the year is going to be fucking me by the end of this. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> Brian, you think you're so punny. <laughs> And dad jokes of the year. <laughs> oh, fuck you! Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Christ. I'm, I'm doing what I can. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Where are we?
far away. Uh, I, got, <laughs> I got one. I got one runner up. All right, for you. You got okay. Well, you, you got uh, runner up. Go for it. Okay, first runner up is going to be Alan Tudyk as Mister Nobody in Doom Patrol. Um, Doom Patrol was a show this year. I liked a lot of it, um, and some of it was just really out there. Um, some of it was way too out there for me. Uh, but the constant for me was this villain of Mr. Nobody. And I thought Alan Tudyk did such a great job with the narration in the, in the show. And then when he would show up, um, in this constant fight he was having with, uh, the chief and all that, like it, he's, I, I mean, Alan Tudyk has been around forever. He's been in a lot of really iconic roles and he does a lot of voiceover work and all that stuff. But I think that he is probably one of the most interesting villains I've seen this year uh, of how he's manipulated the Doom Patrol, how he's throwing all these missions at them to keep them busy so that they don't follow through on trying to find uh, their missing leader. And he's just constantly just throwing new stuff at them and really inventive funny ways that he gets involved and so yeah he's my first runner-up uh for mr nobody huh yeah you know uh rebecca um i never Ah. i never finished the first season of doom patrol should should i finish it i think you should finish it i mean I, uh, I'm not gonna lie. As it got further on, uh-huh. I felt like it really began to just. I mean, it just fell into completely weird territory for me. Yeah. Um, but I've also heard other people say that as it got weirder, they liked it more. So I guess it really just depends on your taste. Right. But I think you should finish it just to see where they leave it off for season two another thing i want to i'll I'll probably catch up on it because you know yeah they'll coming out with season two and i want to watch it another thing that i want to say here real quick is two movies that you've mentioned are two movies that i think i need to watch again i think i i i don't know what it was about my first feelings you ever watch a movie and you're like i I need to watch that again. I think I might like it more upon the second viewing. Mm-hmm. Sure. And the first mm-hmm. movie that I'm going to mention that you mentioned earlier is Ready or Not. I think I need to give that movie another yeah. chance. I, I'm telling I, you. I think you do, too. I, I think yeah. it's so good. For some reason. I don't, I don't know what it was. It was maybe my mood or something that day. I don't know. Um I, I thought it was fine, but it, it just didn't blow me away like every. And I mean, everybody's like, "I love it." Ready or not, it was great. It was great, and, and I and I feel like there's a lot of elements in it that that I, I you know, like it. It felt very like Sam Raimi Evil Dead influenced as far as like some of the way that they would film mm-hmm. stuff, and and uh, it was a lot of fun. I need to watch that one again. And the other one that you mentioned that I need to watch again that I that everyone's raving about that I saw. And I, I think it's so weird that I, I need to watch it again is the art of self defense. I need to watch that movie again. I saw oh. that one. Yeah. <laughs> that movie is definitely, that is a movie that five minutes into it, I was like, is this a real movie? Like, yeah. uh, what is this movie? I mean, is, is this, a, oh, it's supposed to be like this. Right. And then, <laughs> Once I sort of got into that that rhythm, I found the dark humor in it because I yeah. do at its core. I think it is a dark comedy. Oh, totally. Yes. But it it is 
I'm not going to lie. Those first five minutes until you kind of get into it is very off-putting. It really is. And I don't blame you for being like, what is this? Because I, I, that happens to me sometimes. I go into a movie or a show and I'm expecting one thing. I get another and I'm like, oh, this isn't what I was expecting. And then it, it, it throws me for a loop. But I, mm. I think that movie's also worth a second look. I, I, I think I, I got to watch that one again. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Uh, Jake, do you have any uh, honorable mentions? And uh, you no, I, I have two runner ups and a winner. All right, give me your first runner up, and then I'll and then I'll give mine. My first runner up is is Thanos. Um, I had to give it to him, even though he doesn't have as big of an impact in Endgame as he did in Infinity War before it. I thought his impact was still one of the bigger parts in Endgame. Like he built himself up as such a credible villain that when you knew that time displaced Thanos from a different, you know, timeline was going to be fighting our Avengers at the end, like it, it gave me goosebumps. I was like, Oh my gosh, like this is still going to throw down. Like, even though we thought this character was killed in the first act here, we have just a different time version of him coming at the end. And it, it just got me so pumped up. I mean, what other big bad could they have everyone fight at the end besides you know some version of thanos and yeah and they were able to do it in such an interesting and creative way um also making nebula one of my favorite characters in the entire mcu in the process and i just thought what they did with thanos in endgame in some ways was almost more incredible than what they did in the last movie like they just kind of continued on with like him still being such a big seemingly like seemingly threat like it, oh man yeah they did such a great job with Thanos uh let's see here I've got one honorable mention and then I'll give you my runner up here um honorable mentions I'm gonna give it to I'm gonna give my honorable mention to Isai Morales uh as Deathstroke in Titan season two I I wasn't the biggest fan of Titan season two I'll be honest with you right now spoilers for TV show of the year I was not a huge fan of Titan season two I loved the first half and I the last few episodes were pretty abysmal, but I thought for the most part when it started off, um, this actor who, uh, I remember from Ozark, um, Ozark season one and two, uh, that Jason Bateman show on Netflix, um, this actor did a great job as Deathstroke and I was really enjoying the character. I, I just didn't like some of the decisions that they made with Deathstroke in Titan season two, Hoping, hoping they can tighten shit up and tighten season three. Um, but, uh, that's my honorable mention for villain of the year. Um, my first runner up is going to be, uh, Jason Sudeikis as the stormtrooper that punched baby Yoda <laughs> in, uh, the Mandalorian. <laughs> Claps for me for that one. <laughs> so that is my that is my runner up. That's that from, is fantastic. I saw someone online made a YouTube video, and I actually posted this where it's an hour long cut of Baby Yoda being punched. <laughs> and it's hilarious. Like I had to know how it ended. I mean, I didn't sit there and watch it for an hour, but I just you know fast forwarded to the very end yeah and at the very end it still cuts back to the episode and you get the serves you right <laughs> oh that's awesome that's awesome all right rebecca go over your next runner up uh so my next runner up is going to be uh, mysterio played by jake gyllenhaal i um another character that i did not know a lot about going into spider-man far from home 
But I do love Jake Gyllenhaal. I enjoy his performances. And uh, wow, I thought he was just... What a great villain. Like, I, I enjoyed that he seemingly tried to, you know, be Peter's friend and I'll help you and, you know, stay out of this kid. I'm just here to protect you. And, and then, you know, gained his trust and then gets the glasses from him, from Tony Stark. And then, of course, reveals like his true, you know, bad guy self. Um, I also loved, um, his last sort of sting at the end of how he gets back at Peter. Um, what a great way to end that movie, uh, revealing to the world that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Um, but just all of his performances throughout the movie, you know, when he, even when he's like trying to pretend to be Spider-Man's friend and he like sits next to him, like after Nick Fury's chewed him out, he sits next to him, like on the building and he has that, you want to talk about it, kiddo moment? And it's like, it's so believable. Like it's, you believe that he's like trying to be good in the back of my head. I'm going, but I know he's got to be the bad guy. Like, I know he's going to be the bad really convincing me that he's kind of a good guy. And, and when he makes the turn, it's just so good to me. And, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed his performance. Um, I, I loved everything about it. So yeah, he's, he's my second runner up. Yeah, um, I I love Jake Gyllenhaal. I think he's fantastic. He's a great actor. Yeah, he's really good. Yeah, I, I I liked him in that role too. Yeah, I'm I'm glad you picked him, Rebecca. I it makes me sad that I I'm not picking one of my favorite comic book villains of all time in a year mm-hmm. that he was in the movies. I I didn't necessarily hate it, but it it just wasn't like anything super stand out for me. I thought his performance was great. I didn't, it it has nothing to do with like another Iron Man villain, you know, uh, another iron, uh, another villain uh, is like uh, affected by Iron Man. I, I thought Jake Gyllenhaal was, I thought he did great in the role. Oh yeah, definitely. He was very committed. And, and I agree. Rebecca brought up great moments where it just like, He's kind of almost like snippy with Peter and mm-hmm. like it's yeah. He he was great in the role. I mean he definitely he didn't give a shit, you know, if it was or wasn't like it was in the comic book. He definitely made it his own and delivered a great performance. Yeah. Um Jake, who's your next runner up? Uh, my next runner up is Daenerys Targaryen from Game of Thrones. Um I absolutely loved her villain turn in the final season and um, you know, I, a lot of people may disagree, but I thought the writing was on the wall and all the foreshadowing was there from the previous seasons, honestly. And I, I kind of believed this tale that she would snap the way she did. And it was some of the most horrific stuff I saw on my television all year. You know what, what she finally did when she went full villain and completely snapped. So game of Thrones season eight was some of the most horrific stuff I've seen on television all year. I agree with that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I, I loved it. Like, you know, I, I know people are detractors from the final season, but I am not one of them. And I, I had a great time. So give it up to Danny. Uh, let's see here. Uh, my runner up is going to be uh, Joaquin Phoenix as uh, the Joker in Joker. Um, I thought uh, I, just an incredible performance, like just an amazing performance by Joaquin Phoenix in this movie. I, I mean, he really got into the head of this character and uh, gave us a Joker that we'd never seen before, you know, especially after Heath Ledger. It was big shoes to fill. Um, I think we can appreciate both. 
Um, I appreciated this Joker. I, I, I just, uh, just, uh, I, I don't know. A lot of people, I, I don't know. There's a lot of people that don't like it, but I, I loved it. Loved the movie. Loved his performance. So I'm going to give it to the Joker as, uh, as a runner up here before we get to our winners. Um, I think we're in the winner category. Rebecca, who's your winner for best villain of the year? Um, this might be a little hashtag basic. I'm going to give it to Thanos. Um, I, I know I think I gave it to Thanos last year too for Infinity War. Um, I, this was, this was Thanos's sort of, um, he didn't even know it in the movie because he's all the time travel stuff. This was like his swan song. This was like his moment to sort of recapture, um, what he lost and he didn't even know he lost it. Um, you know, we get a, we get, of course, it right in the beginning, the Avengers kill the Thanos that did all these terrible things to them in Infinity War. But then we get a previous Thanos who comes to find out that he's done what he set out to do. His work became undone. And then he sets out to try again, except this time he's going to, um, not just eliminate half of all life. I'm going to eliminate all life and I'm going to start again. And they won't know what they never lost. They can't mourn what they lost if they didn't know they lost it. And that's his motivations here. And I thought, especially the stuff between him and Nebula, how we saw her, um, her and his story tied into how much she wanted to please him and how much he used and manipulated her. And how much he used the manipulated Gamora. Um, and in that final battle where he's facing off against um, all of our heroes and he's got his whole army. And, and then when he's finally defeated, as he looks around and sees his whole army begin to dissolve, he just sits down and waits for the inevitable. And he has to accept it. And he accepted it with almost like a grace. And um, almost like with a, I respect you guys for what you did, um, which is not what you would would imagine Thanos would do. But um, yeah, I thought this was a great second half to that first movie, Infinity War. And um, yeah, I'm giving it to Thanos, villain of the year. All right, Jake, that's a great pick. I can't argue with it. Fucking great fucking movie. Can't argue with that pick. It was a great pick. Hey. Jake. Yeah, I'm going to give my tuppy for villain of the year to the Joker. Um, I had to do it, man. I, I'm very surprised that I liked this movie as much as I did. But, but yeah, the impossible was done. They had a villain headline a movie. Um, much like you said, Brian, I mean, it was Joaquin Phoenix's performance that really just drives this thing home. It just, what a great portrayal of the character and just what an interesting movie. And, yeah, I can't wait till this thing's available for home release. Like I've only seen it the the one time, and I, I'm excited to kind of delve into this movie. And oh, it's out! It's out now. It's on digital, man. Oh, it is out on digital yeah. now. Oh yeah, it's been out on digital for like little over a week. Oh shit! All right. Well, yeah, I need to get on that. I yeah, I I just had to give it to it. I mean, the, the Joker. You know, it's almost it almost feels bad to the character to call him the villain of the year. That's how, you know, kind of affected by the movie I was. It's like, I don't want to add into that. <laughs> that helps like create the character by giving him this award and everything, you know? So, but yeah, I have to, have to give it to the Joker. It's a great fucking pick, man. I can't argue with that one. Um, 
my winner, my winner, and this, this was a battle. It was a battle between the Joker and this one. And I've got to give it up to the, I just thought it was an amazing performance, an amazing portrayal, something new I'd never seen. Um, a lot of it has to go, I have to give a lot of kudos to Jordan Peele, but Lupita Nyong'o as Red in Us. Um, a great pick. God damn, what a, what a fucking frightening performance and just, just an amazing movie. Uh, this is a movie that I saw twice in the theaters. Um, I've seen it at home and I, it just continues to amaze me. I, and her performance in this is just incredible. I, I, if you haven't seen us, what are you waiting on? This is such a great fucking movie, but I gotta give it to Lupita Nyongo as Red in, uh, in the movie Us. I just thought it was just, just, a an incredible performance and, and, um, the way she uses her voice in that movie, just so good, just so good. I loved it. So, um, yeah, the the tethers, just creepy fucking villains throughout that movie. So I loved it. I loved us. Yeah, um, that's a great pick. It's one of those movies that really gives you a lot to chew on afterwards. Like you really, it really sticks with you, and you kind of think yeah. about it. it. They do a great job giving you like stuff to kind of get like really wrap your head around what kind of happened there it was hard it was hard picking between the joker and and that character that was that was one of this is one of the toughest ones that i had to choose from yeah i get it i gave it to the joker because i just felt like i was like man i was just so anti this movie and them even doing this and sure. just to, yeah it felt like i had to it was almost an apology like hey you did it <laughs> yeah let's move on to the best announcement of the year the announcement of the year Just so you guys know, I just have one fucking announcement. So gonna make me it, too. Gonna make it real easy. So Rebecca, go over your announcements, and then you can just jump into your best announcement. All right, cool. Um, so some of these uh, are a little silly, but they were best to me. Um, the announcement of a Vanilla Ice biopic called "To the Extreme." Pretty excited about that. <laughs> I hope that really happens. <laughs> <laughs> Worst tuppy ever. Whatever. It's a, it's an honorable mention. <laughs> Fuck no, that is not, no, that is a great fucking announcement. I fucking Thank love you. it. Thank you. I fucking, last year I watched his, what was it? Last year I watched his fucking, what was that movie that he did? Like Cold as Ice or whatever the fuck it was yeah, called? Yeah, yeah, cool so. as Ice. Cool right? as Ice. Yeah. That movie's ridiculous, man. But I fucking, it's, it's a fun watch. I had the poster to that movie in my living room for two years. <laughs> so I hear you. That's hilarious. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see. So that, that that's an honorable mention. Um, the announcement that Lee Winnell would write and direct Invisible Man, which is happening, which is amazing. Um, the announcement um, uh, that uh, Brian Singer would no longer be involved with Red Sonia. That was pretty amazing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love that pick. <laughs> 
That's that fucking was, great. Was, uh, that was that was pretty close to number one. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah, that's really good. <laughs> um, uh, the casting. Uh, I, I'm gonna put the entire casting of the Eternals movie in the announcements of the year because I every time they announce somebody, I would just get more and more excited. Oh my god! Have you um, seen Have you seen the pictures? Have you seen the pictures of the transformation of uh, Kumail Nanjiani? Yes, yeah. that's wild. Jesus Christ. No. What I love about those pictures is how honest he is by saying that he acknowledges that there's no way he could have done it without the financial means that he has to hire trainers and go to gyms and have professional, you know, have professional people help him do this. Um, And the studio did a lot of, you know, gave him financial support as well. But I mean, um I really appreciate his honesty, like not just yeah. saying, oh, just by myself. No, he acknowledges it takes money to do stuff like that. Uh, Rob McElhenney uh, from It's Always in Sunny in Philadelphia, when he uh, when he like put on all that muscle and got shredded for that season, mm-hmm. he said the same thing. Yeah, like, yeah. He- I, I always I, I think that that's that that's just amazing and it's just being honest and you know being transparent um but my my announcement of the year absolutely is the obi-wan series coming to disney plus um i this i wanted an obi-wan movie then i heard we heard the rumors about a series and i got excited about that and then the confirmation that that was happening just yeah, super, super excited. I mean, my, my announcement last year was the Picard series. Um, and ju- I guess just to keep it fair, this year it's Star Wars. So I just absolutely cannot wait for that. I'm so glad that it's being done. You and McGregor's going to come back. I just, yeah, that's absolutely my announcement of the year. What do you think the chances are that we get Qui-Gon Jinn in that series as a Force ghost? Hi. Um, oh, go, go ahead, Jake. No, I just, I, I'm sorry. I just high, high chances. I think. I think it's 100. percent I'm, I'm with you. I think there's a high chance we get um one, uh, at least one appearance. I'm saying 100. percent We're gonna get it. Yeah. What if? What if it was? Uh, oh man, I would love the series. Like we find out that the OB stands for OBGYN, and he's a fucking gynecologist on Tatooine. <laughs> I just want, I just want to see you and McGregor just fucking being a gynecologist on Tatooine. Wouldn't that be amazing? OBGYN Kenobi. Oh man, I think we found something for your other elbow. It's, uh, seriously, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Well, yeah, fuck you with the dad jokes. That was funny as shit. This fucking OBGYN. That's not a oh, dad joke. Funny. Thank you. I, that's all I wanted. Um, <laughs> you know, Jedi, they're not supposed to fall in love and all this shit. And like, what's like, what's the job that's going to make you not fucking want to like, you know, have sex or give a fuck about any of that? Good You're point. looking at vaginas all goddamn day. Yeah, and I know you fucking dorks. I know he fucking fell in love in the Clone Wars. Fuck off. It's a fucking joke. I was trying to take it to a place, and then you got to get all Star Wars knowledge on me. Go fuck yourselves. Um, welcome to the Tuppies, 7th Annual. Uh, but yeah, now, oh, yeah, OBGYN Kenobi. That's the series I want to see. I want to see you and McGregor looking at pussies all day. <laughs> I think that will have to be on the old Hulu instead of Disney Plus. Probably. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh man, what, dude, he's got to see a ton of fucking different alien pussy coming in there. Then, 
You know what I mean? Think about that. I should call it vaginas when I'm talking about this. I shouldn't. Yeah, I shouldn't. Pussies when you're like, like you were talking about sex, like you're trying to be sexy. I guess kind of crude. And talking about sex, I should yeah, probably talking about the medical. I'm talking about the medical. I should probably be calling it <laughs> vaginas in this instance. That will sound classier. Vaginas. I agree. The Tupperwares are no place for the term pussy. Oh, totally not. Oh my. Yeah. <laughs> ooh, oh, that just. Yeah. That. Oh, I shouldn't do that. Why am I doing that? Why am I doing that? Yeah, Brian. Ooh, you're so fucking edgy using the word pussy. Get over yourself. Call it a vagina when you're talking about an OBGYN. Christ. Anyway. (laughs) I like the inner monologue we got there. Well, I mean, seriously, I was getting offended with myself. Like, (laughs) I felt it. Yeah, I was. It was like one of those moments where I was like, okay, you're doing this, but you're you're just, you're now you're just saying pussy just to say it to be, to be like crass, to be rude. And to be crude. And I was like, you should, why are you doing that? You got, Brian, let's backpedal, motherfucker. Let's backpedal. Yeah. It's the top. This tuppies. is an Obi-Wan TV show. This is an Obi-Wan TV show. <laughs> it, yeah, it's show some class. It's a medical procedure. You know, he's making sure that there's nothing yeasty going on down there. There's nothing, you know what I mean? And so it's oh, a, va- yeah. it's a vagina. I, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Rebecca, no, jump in, jump in, jump into this conversation. No, Let us I'm know what you're thinking. Talk about my experience with OBGYNs. Thank you very much. No, I'm just like, like my whole, like my whole, my this whole breakdown of like me. I, I'm seriously, I had, I had a come to Jesus moment there, where it was just like Brian, you're just, you're just using the word pussy just to, just to, to like, ooh, I'm fucking Howard Stern, the shock jock pussy. You know what I mean? And it was like, <laughs> no, no, yeah, let's pump the brakes a little bit there. All right. Okay. Andrew Dice Clay, let's pump the fucking brakes and let's just start using the word vagina. Let's be respectful. Yeah. Here. I mean, that's, that's the technical term for it. So, you yeah, know, that's, that's fine. Right. Exactly. They have a vertical smile. I'm not going to, you know. <laughs> <laughs> One step forward, two steps back. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And we had made so much progress. I know. <laughs> I know it's terrible. <laughs> mean. Mm. Just when I thought he was making progress. I know. Jake, uh, what do you got? Oh, announcement of the year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to give this one to the announcement of like the slew of Marvel shows coming to Disney Plus during D23. Um, this was just a fun experience, this announcement. Um, we were actually recording PCL when all these show announcements were happening and just the excitement I was having following along with the panel on Twitter while we were recording live was just oh, yeah. probably the most like big nerd event announcement excitement I had all year. We're getting a She-Hulk you know, series. Yeah, we expected something. Like we all expected something, but I don't think we expected like five <laughs> show titles and premises to be dropped. And there was even more than yeah. that. I mean – it was a ridiculous amount of info, and I don't, I wasn't quite prepared for it to just all happen like that. And, and yeah, just the idea that they're gonna, you know, they've advertised it before, but you really feel it now that they're gonna tie these television shows into the MCU 
And just like, I don't know if that's going to be a good thing or a bad thing, but it's definitely something I'm very interested to see how it plays out. And uh, mm. I'm just very excited for it, whether it turns out good or bad. I'm excited to see how all that works. Dude, we're getting a fucking, dude, we're getting a fucking Mark Spector Moon Knight series. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Yeah, that, that's just wild. You know what pisses I, me off? You know what pisses me off is like, we got this covered when they fucking report shit. Sometimes they, you know, every time they report shit, it's bullshit. But I think I like read something where they were saying like, you know, James McAvoy being eyed for that. And it's like, fuck you for even saying that. And maybe they didn't. Or maybe I'm just making this up. But like, I think I read somewhere like James McAvoy being eyed for, you know, Mark Spector. And it's like, dude, can you imagine a better casting as Mark Spector than a guy that's got like, you know, like this, what is it? This dissociative, what do they call that? Identity disorder? Like, you know. Oh, was, yeah, 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 yeah. It's almost a little bit on the, too on the nose at that point. Yeah, but man, it's like, that's like, honestly, Jake, when they first announced this, I was like, that's, that was my pick. Like, that's oh, the. I, yeah. <laughs> if they made, if they said that we threw a ton of money at McAvoy and he's going to do it, I would Tupperware that. And here's the thing. It's like, people will be like, oh, he'll, he played Professor Wax. Oh, fuck you, dude. Like, yeah, I get it. <laughs> so, and, and Ryan Reynolds played Green Lantern. Shut the fuck up. You can have McAvoy come back and it, the Fox universe is dead, dude. You can have McAvoy come back and play fucking Moon Knight. And they already said that these guys can be showing up in the movies. I can't think of a guy better uh, to be cast as fucking Mark Spector than uh, James McAvoy. I can't. I can't think of anybody better. Yeah, and boy, if they cast McAvoy, you'd know 100% Moon Knight was making it to the movies. Oh, uh, no shit, right? <laughs> Holy shit. Can you, imagine, can you imagine McAvoy joining up with this, with this, with this great group? This crop of actors that we have playing in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I would love to see McAvoy involved with these guys somehow. Yeah, I'm very excited for Moon Knight. Moon Knight is also one of the most hilariously memed characters in the current Marvel <laughs> Universe. Uh, how do you, are, so, are they going to make more, him more material for that was great. Dude, his costume, are they going to make it comic accurate? I think they will. I, I, Marvel Marvel seems to get it when it comes to. I mean, it may not be a hundred percent accurate. Sure, but I, I yeah. think it's very much gonna. You're gonna know it's Moon Knight when you see it on an image for the first time. I, I think it's gonna be pretty damn close. Oh man, Obi Wan Kenobi looking at vaginas all day for job for his work. That's funny. <laughs> that's a series I want to see. <laughs> 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 oh, Rebecca, stop it! <laughs> that's that's the that's the oh my! I've had my fill of Brian. That's no, 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 we're not there yet. No, we're not there. Yeah, yet. just wait for the Tupperware for best slang for vagina coming later. That we can tell oh you about. man, what a category! Oh, that's a fun one. <laughs> the old Sarlacc pit. This year, the old, the old Sarlacc pit. <laughs> Brian oh, has Jesus. 19 honorable mentions. <laughs> 19 honorable mentions. <laughs> oh god, wait until we get to the runners up. Oh, oh. uh, my my best announcement. Great, Jake. That was a fantastic announcement, dude. I can't argue with that one at all. Yeah, Mine. So uh, mine's a two parter. Uh, the first one is uh, James Gunn uh, being uh, being announced as the director on the Suicide Squad for uh, Warner Brothers. And uh, the second part is uh, James Gunn being rehired by Marvel Studios 
to direct Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 one year after firing him. So, yeah. Oh, fantastic. I, I blocked this out of my mind that this even happened, I think. <laughs> it happened, dude. This it's happened. a horrible nightmare where James Gunn was fired from Guardians. It happened. It really happened. Oh, God. I'm telling you, everybody, if you haven't listened to the Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum podcast with uh, James Gunn, listen to it, and then also listen to the one with Sean Gunn. And... Listen to the one with Bruce Campbell. It's really fucking good. Yeah, listen to that. Well, one how too. recent is the James Gunn episode? Oh, that's a couple years old. Okay, so I, it's I before imagine. the firing. I think so. Yeah, yeah. The Sean Gunn's after the firing. Sean Gunn does talk about it. Talks about the yeah, firing. I'm sure he does. It's kind of a uh, hard topic to avoid after it happened. He talks about how hard it is physically for him to do Rocket Raccoon. So yeah, oh, it's it's good. Sean Gunn, I've like got so much more god it's so weird it's like he talks to these people on this show and like some of them like i'm not a fan of and then all of a sudden he talks to him and it's like oh my god i've got a newfound respect for dane cook what is going on <laughs> it's true it's true i used to love dane cook and then i saw dane cook perform live and i'm like oh god his stand-up is just not good anymore and then, you know, and, and then, you know, I loved him in Mr. Brooks. I loved him in American Gods. But then it was just like, I don't know if I like this guy, Dane, Dane Cook, the guy. And, the, you know, like in his stand-up act, he's talking about dating porn stars. And I was like, this guy's just so into himself. And then I listened to him on Inside of You. And it's like, yeah, that's what Michael Rosenbaum does. He gets inside of you. And not in like the fucking, you know, OBGYN kind of way. He... He he gets inside of these people and it, like you like start to learn things about these people and you're just like the you know like wow they're they're just like me in that respect so yeah I I don't know and then I start now he's kind of like Dane Cook again it's weird <laughs> <laughs> the ebb and flow of liking Dane Cook I know dude it's like <laughs> it's it's weird it's like there should be a graph of like the different years and like you know where I am with my love of Dane Cook. <laughs> You know, I mean, the Dade cook a meter. Yeah, like oh, two thousand, he was hot, you know, and then like you know, and then like two thousand six. Oh man, it's like that's the highest it's ever been. And then uh, waiting comes out, and I like yeah, it's still it's it's a steady it's steady. And then two thousand ten comes around, it's just like plummets, you know. Do <laughs> <laughs> the graph. Yeah. All right, let's move on into uh, the best. Let's do this one. Let's do this. Let's let's jump into best. Do you guys need a break? Or are you ready to go into would, another one? I would love a quick break. Break? Yes. Let's break. do a break. Let's do a break. We'll be right back. back it is time to go over uh the uh best tv show of the year best television show of the year 
All right, Rebecca, go over your honorable mentions and your first runner up. All right. Um, <laughs> Is it going to be a long one, too? I'm going to run through the honorable mentions because there's a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. I saw a lot of good TV this year, Same. and I just want to give shout outs to certain ones, particularly. Um, runners up, Losa Spookies on HBO. Uh, really great bilingual horror comedy TV show that if you're not watching it, you should be. Fred Armisen. Um, Fred Armisen, people. Fred Armisen is is yeah. the big name involved in that one. Yes. Yeah. Um, Shrill on Hulu. Oh, Bryant. Great choice. Great choice. Love, love that show. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Um, this was so hard to pick. Honorable mentions and runners up. Umbrella Academy. The fact that it's in the runners up does not mean I did not love this show. I loved it, but there's a couple more that I love just a little bit more. But the Umbrella Academy was brilliant. Uh, Russian Doll on Netflix. What a surprise. That's not the type of of storytelling I usually enjoy. Um, that sort of repetitive, um, like a Groundhog's Day type thing. But this show really surprised me. Um, another show that really surprised me, BH90210, um, mm. The Return. I'm so pissed it's not coming back. Same. Um, that was another show that I thought it was going to be one thing. It ended up being another thing, and I ended up absolutely loving it. Uh, I Am the Night, uh, Patty Jenkins, Chris Pine, incredible show. Um, short tracks on CBS All Access. Um, this season they had a whole bunch of little short, uh, short episodes, like 15 minutes or less. And, um, they all related to characters that we know from Discovery and from the original series. Um, I thought they were exceptionally good this year. H. John Benjamin is in one about Tribbles. If you watch nothing else, watch that one. It is hilarious. It really goes into the lore of like tribbles and how come they can procreate so fast. It's quite funny. Um, <laughs> uh, Good Girl season two, uh, another incredible show, sophomore season, which sometimes shows struggle, not good girls. It was so good. Lorena on Hulu. That was more of a documentary, but TV show. Um, Double Next Door on Netflix, another docuseries. Unbelievable, which was on Netflix, an incredibly hard show to watch about a girl who is attacked. She's raped and she has to recount her. She has to tell her story. And we watch how she's bullied into recanting the story and how two police officers, two detectives, excuse me, never gave up on they they really struggled to find the guy who did this to her and to prove that she was telling the truth all along. Um, the Righteous Gemstones. Oh, great uh, pick. Yeah. Great show. Why Women Kill, also on CBS All Access. That is a great, great sort of hyper-reality show. And also The Boys on Amazon. Um, again, it just because it's not in the runners-up doesn't mean I didn't love it. I thought it was really great. And... Uh, those are all my runners up. Uh, those are all my honorable mentions, and I have three runners up and a winner. So my first runner up is going to be the Act on Hulu. Um, so the Act is a series about the real life case of a mother who she um, 
played by Patricia Arquette, her daughter played by Joey King. She basically used her daughter um, to get government services and to fool everybody into that her daughter was sick. So the mom's name is Dee Dee Blanchard. The daughter's name is Gypsy Rose. Uh, it's a real case. And yeah. this was a dramatization of um, their relationship and how eventually Gypsy Rose ended up uh, killing her mother and running away um, and the ensuing court case afterwards. Um, incredibly well acted, incredibly well told. And I thought it was some of the best acting I saw this year. So that's that's my first uh, runner up. Yeah. What do they call that? Munchausen by proxy? Yes, that's exactly yeah. what it is. Munchausen yeah, by I watched the documentary about that. I haven't watched the, the Hulu series. The documentary is excellent. Like yeah. the documentary, um, I also recommend that you watch it. But um, uh, I, I thought get, watching the documentary really got me interested in this show. Um, and I really – after watching Patricia Arquette in Escape from Dannemora, God, like, yeah. I – I was so excited to see her in this. She's, oh my God, what a resurgence she's had. Oh, totally. Totally. Like, she. I think it has to do a lot with the, the Linkladder film, uh, Boyhood. I think that helped. And then, and then of, of, of course, like Escape from Denimora and then, uh, and then this series, of course. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's, she's talented as shit. Oh my 100%. God. 100%. Yeah. What's her brother doing? Wrestling now? Christ. Get out of yeah, here. I know, right. <laughs> Who's her brother? David Arquette. Oh yeah, yeah, God. <laughs> Good question. No one knows. Is she is Courtney Cox still with him? Oh, I, I don't, don't know. Is, she, I, is I, Courtney I, Cox still allowing him to put his penis inside of her? I'm I'm googling it. Please, I, I this is why we need a Jamie. <laughs> I, know. I need the nervous instantly. It's, it's hard. Yeah, to like seriously, if he is still fucking. Mindlessly going to town on Courtney Cox's vagina. There's something wrong in 2020. <laughs> Fine, come on, Jake. You gotta find. Sorry, this. I'm laughing. It's hard to Google and laugh at the same time. They split in 2010. They have kids. Thank kids. God. Oh kids. God. Thank oh, one kid. Remember when she was dating the uh, Counting Crows guy? Oh, jeez. <laughs> Remember that? No, I did not know that was a thing. Oh yeah, she dated the the Counting Crows guy, the the white guy with the dreadlocks. This was before Arquette. This is before. Yeah, this is before Arquette. This is like Jesus late nineties. Right? Who the fuck is she? She was in that descent, like she, Russell Brand or she, something. She was in, <laughs> she was in that uh, Long December uh, video back when they were dating. Oh. It's a Long December, yeah, and there's it, reason it. to believe maybe <laughs> this year will be better than the last. <laughs> oh man, I can sadly sing the whole thing too. Yeah, me I too. Um, I can, don't <laughs> get me started on Mr. Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even get me started on Mr. Jones. Me and Mr. Jones go way back. <laughs> man, Courtney Cox is tasting men though. Woof. Oh man, yeah, right. <laughs> Remember when she was uh, uh, she was dancing on stage with Bruce Springsteen? That's the, not so bad. That's an upgrade. That was awesome. She was on stage dancing. What song was that? Was it Dancing in the Dark? I think so. Wasn't that like her first thing that she ever did? It was one of her first things, yeah. Yeah, it might have been her first thing. 
Rebecca, you might be right. I think it was her first thing. Yeah, she was dancing on stage with Bruce Springsteen. The boss. <laughs> that's, how you, that's how you get it big. Yeah. Next thing you know, you're on Friends. Oh, my gosh. Bruce Springsteen. That, yeah, you're on Friends. Oh, what did she do before Friends? What are you? Uh, uh, <laughs> remember when Jennifer Aniston was in Leprechaun? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Man. Oh, man. I almost bought all those movies. They had all of them for 10 bucks on iTunes last week. Matt LeBlanc, I got a question for you, Rebecca. Matt LeBlanc, has he aged well? I think so. Better than, um, oh, better than Matthew Chandler. Perry. Matthew Perry. Yeah, Matt LeBlanc aged better than Matthew Perry. Well, oh, okay. But, yeah, I don't know. He's no Clooney. Well, who is? No. Jesus I mean, Christ, Clooney. If, the, you're, if you're setting the bar at Clooney. Fine wine. I mean, how is anybody supposed to approach that? What's crazy is George Clooney ages like fine wine, and I saw him in a fucking wine commercial the other day. I was like, the how fucking meta is that shit? <laughs> Jesus Christ, it's almost like they're trying to spell it out like the the man ages like fine wine and he's in a goddamn wine commercial. Clooney. It's loony how good looking Clooney is. <laughs> I can't wrap my brain around it. <laughs> I can't, Rebecca. Jesus, look at this guy. I know. Listen, Clooney is just you. I mean, there are certain there are certain people that you put them on a certain level. Like if if you're if that's your standard, it's yeah. like saying, has anyone aged as well as like I don't know Linda Carter? Like Linda Carter is still gorgeous. Linda Carter is still amazing looking. So how do you compete oh, with who's that? Uh, who's the lady from uh, who's uh, Doctor Quinn? Dr. Quinn lady. Oh, Dr. Quinn Seymour? medicine woman, yeah. Jane Seymour. Jesus Christ. She, I, she has, she looks the same. I think she still looks I would amazing. feed her Centrum Silvers and break her hips. <laughs> I swear to Jesus. Oh, Jane oh Seymour. God. I used to be. I would look. I would. I would fucking look at her vagina like Obi Wan Kenobi and say, "Feed me, Seymour." Here we go. Feed oh me, Seymour. Stop, please stop. <laughs> uh, became a little shop of horrors remake all of a sudden. I'm just. I'm just saying, if you're at the OBGYN office and your OBGYN is saying these things, you need to find a new doctor. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Feed me, Seymour. Oh, oh new doctor. <laughs> <laughs> See, but oh, the OBGYN, he could do the Jedi mind trick on you and you forget all yeah. of that. He's also the only one in the galaxy, too. You got yeah. to go many parsecs away for a better gynecologist. Jeez. Oh, that's fine. I'll, I'll I'll make the trip in twelve point six or less. <laughs> no, yeah, who's uh, Robert Redford? He's held up too. Oh, Rob. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's. I mean, his. I think he's aged very naturally. Like he's he's pretty wrinkled at at this point. Like, but I think he still looks pretty handsome. Yeah, he's handsome as shit, man. He was I, fucking I, in a, yeah, uh, the, the the. He was in Endgame, and he's you know yeah. he was in Civil not Civil War uh, Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier, yeah. Yeah. God damn. Who looks like garbage is fucking Jack Nicholson. Oh. God, every time he you see like great. TMZ no. pictures of him, it look he looks like he's on fucking death's door. 
Uh, he, he retired from acting. He though. retired. Yeah, he retired. Yeah, he was but, got, I mean, you see like pictures of like partying and like at the yeah, beach he all the time. Look good. Yeah, he was. Uh, he's gotten to that. I, I think like he's gotten to that age where it's hard for him to remember his lines. He's gotten so mm-hmm. old that it's hard. To That's remember why the lines. he he retired. He said because he yeah. couldn't remember his lines. Yep. Yeah, Sad. go out gracefully, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think uh, Gene Hackman did the same thing. Gene, ha- yeah, his last movie was uh, Welcome to Mooseport. Well, thank you, yeah. Gene Hackman, for going out <laughs> on the Ray Romano uh, Welcome to Mooseport film. <laughs> yeah. Winner of many a tuppy, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, multiple tuppy winner. <laughs> yeah, if we could go back in time. Oh, man, if I could go back in time, it would all- win all the tuppies. Yeah. It's true. The shortest episode of the Tupperware. She's gonna give it to Mooseport. Yeah, I don't know. What are we, we're doing a show, um, Jake. No. Yeah, <laughs> Jake. Best TV show of the year. Honorable mentions. Let me get back on my notes here. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't have any honorable mentions. I just have two runner-ups and a winner. All right, let's give me your first runner-up. My first runner-up is Watchmen. I actually just finally got to watch the final two episodes of this last week, and yeah, I absolutely loved this. This was just just a Tupperware for me, um, you know. And I hope that they don't make another season. I'm fine with this just being the end of it. And um, yeah, this is you know Lindelof doing kind of a quasi sequel slash reimagining of Alan Moore's famous Watchmen graphic novel, and I, I just thought a lot of you know. Modern topics were addressed in this show. Just fantastic acting, fantastic cast. And, you know, I, on paper with the creative team, I knew this was going to be a good show. And even with that, it just destroyed my expectations. Like this, this was just amazing. Um, I guess I'd be remiss not to mention the, uh, amazing Trent Reznor music as well. What's his partner's name? Atticus Ross. Atticus Ross. I always want to say Atticus Finch, like the stupid book character because of that name. But yeah, Atticus Ross, um, you, you know, just another fantastic scoring job by those guys. Did you guys see the article that was out this week or last week about Trent Reznor talking about how terrible it was to do the score for Bird Box? I did see that, yeah. <laughs> that yeah. gave me quite a laugh. He had, a, he had an actual quote, too. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was actually him saying it was like basically called the job like utter shit or something like that. Oh my god, have you seen the trailer for um and I, I there's two trailers that I've been waiting on seeing in the theater. I didn't want to watch them like on my TV or on my phone. Um the first trailer is the actual trailer that came out for Tenet, which I still haven't seen in the theater, unfortunately. Um I saw that one. I'm still waiting to see it. I won't watch it. Until I see it in the theater. Okay. Um, and then the second was um, uh, a sign. What was it? Um, a Quiet Place 2. A two. Quiet Place 2. I would not watch that on my phone or on my TV. I would, I wanted to see it in the theater. Uh, I will tell you that I went and saw The Grudge, uh, the John Cho film uh, executive produced by Sam Raimi. Best part of that movie – I'll talk about it next week. But the best part of that movie was I actually got to see – a Quiet Place 2, the trailer. Oh, that looks incredible. It looks so good. Yeah, I forget what I saw that before, but I saw <clears> it before something recently. In the theater, I, I don't know what it's like seeing it on your phone or what it's like seeing it on TV. In the theater, it was just incredible. And there were people in my theater just saying, oh, my God, that looks so good. I could hear them, the chattering, the chattering. People were saying it looks – and I, I agree. It looks so fucking amazing. Can't wait to see that sequel. 
Yeah, that's going to be a fun one to see opening night with the full crowd, right? That was one of the bizarre things about that movie. Because even when I saw the first one, there was quite a few people in the theater. And uh, yeah. it's, it, it's weird, <laughs> a movie with so little dialogue and sound, like watching it with a mass of people. So it's kind of an awkward experience. I tried I like to it. see it with as few people as possible. <laughs> and I, yeah. I enjoyed it that way, that first one. So yeah, I think it, I think it works both ways. I mean, I I do love seeing a good horror movie when I'm the only one in the theater as well. Uh, I've got a bunch of honorable mentions here for best TV show of the year, so I'm just going to try to go through these as quickly as possible. Uh, first one is Mrs. Fletcher uh, on HBO, the uh, show starring Katherine Hahn. I loved this show. I thought it was so good. And it doesn't look like it's getting a second season. It looks like it never was supposed to get a second season, but I don't know. I, I want it to come back for a second season. It is such an incredible show. Um, <laughs> I mean, you've got a woman here who's been raising a son. She's been divorced, and now she's got this empty nest syndrome now that her son's gone off to college, and she starts to explore her sexuality, starts to, think, you know, maybe maybe get involved with a younger man, maybe get involved with women. It is an incredible show. It explores sexuality in such an amazing way. Uh, Righteous Gemstones. I loved this fucking show. It's all Danny McBride. Danny McBride stars in it. He writes it. He's, oh God. Righteous Gemstones on HBO. Watch it if you haven't. Uh, Wayne on YouTube. Loved this show. I thought it was fantastic. We've had Sean Simmons on our show. He's the creator of the show. Uh, Rhett Reese and Paul Warnick were involved in this one. The Deadpool writers loved Wayne. Uh, Deadly Class. This is, uh, from Sci-Fi. Uh, they canceled it. It only went one season. This is based on the Rick Remender comic book. And it's basically like in Harry Potter, you've got wizarding parents that send their kids to Hogwarts. In Deadly Class, you've got parents of like gangs like the Yakuza, the mob. You've got parents of assassins. They're sending their kids to this school where they learn how to be deadly assassins. It starred Benedict Wong. Uh, from the Doctor Strange movies, and he's like the head of the school. And this show was brutal. It was awesome. It was fucking amazing. And it got canceled by Sci-Fi. So fuck you, Sci-Fi. Um, the OA Part Two. This is uh, Britt Marling and uh, Zal Batmanglij. They created this show called The OA, and I loved the first season. We had to wait nearly two years for the second season. Second season was just as bizarre and just as amazing. And, of course, Netflix cancels it. Hashtag save the OA. Um, Tacoma FD. Yeah, I'm going to give some love to the Broken Lizard comedy troupe. This is on True TV. These are the guys behind Super Troopers, Club Dread. Uh, this is a comedy where they play firefighters in uh, – Firemen in the wettest city in America, Tacoma, uh, Washington. I've actually been to Tacoma, Washington. I went to a Tacoma Tigers baseball game when I was a kid. Tacoma Tigers. Yeah. What are they famous for? Tacoma. It's a Tacoma. I don't know. I, I just mm-hmm. went. I, I just went to a Tacoma Tigers game when I was a kid. Yeah. Did they win? I don't even fucking. I was flirting with some girl. She was a couple. <laughs> she was a couple years older than me. I was I was fourteen, and I, I I met this blonde girl. She was sixteen, and I told her I was sixteen. <laughs> I don't remember the game. I was just flirting with a girl. <laughs> yeah, but I love this show. It was a great show, and you can watch it on True TV, uh, the app. Uh, and I would highly recommend watching the uncensored episodes on the True TV app. 
Uh, Dark Side of the Ring. This is a, uh, Viceland, uh, Viceland docuseries. It was a, uh, documentary series about professional wrestling. It's produced by Viceland and you can get it on the Viceland app. And I think it went, yeah, six episodes. You've got a Randy Savage and Miss Elizabeth, Miss Elizabeth episode, uh, Bruiser Brody episode, uh, an episode about the Montreal screw job. Uh, an episode about the Von Erich family, uh, the mysterious death of gorgeous Gino Hernandez, and then they finished it off with the fabulous Moolah episode. Uh, loved this fucking series. I hope it comes back. Hope you get a season two on that. Perpetual Grace Limited on Epics. This one stars Jimmy Simpson and Ben Kingsley. Loved this show. It's on Epics. Get an Epic subscription. It's awesome. These are some great fucking shows. The Umbrella Academy on Netflix. This is based on the comic book series by Gerard Way. Loved this series. Godfather of Harlem on Epics. This is about the true story of Bumpy Johnson, uh, who in the 1960s returned from 10 years in prison to find the neighborhood he once ruled in shambles. This one starred and also has uh, Malcolm X in this one. It's based on the true story. They do have some stuff that's fiction in this one, but you got Vincent D'Onofrio playing another crime boss. This is just an amazing fucking show. Godfather of Harlem. Russian Doll. Rebecca, you mentioned this one. Natasha Leone is in this series, and this is kind of like that Groundhog's Day thing where she repeatedly dies and relives the same night, and she's going through this time loop. I loved Russian Doll. Amazing fucking show. Watch it. The Boys on Amazon Prime is another one that I think everybody should watch. This is based on the uh, comic book by Garth Ennis. Uh, Dead to Me. This is the Netflix series that stars Christina Applegate and Linda Cardellini. Um, Loved this fucking show. Loved this fucking show. Trust me, guys. Watch this one. I'm not going to give anything away. Watch Dead to Me on Netflix. Amazing fucking show. Uh, Too Old to Die Young. Not everybody's going to like this one. I'm going to give it some love. It's from Nicholas Winden Refn. He did uh, Drive with, uh, uh, what's his name, Ryan Gosling. Um, this one stars Miles Teller. It's very slow. It's very weird. I fucking loved it. Euphoria on HBO. Uh, this is created by Sam Levinson, who did last year's movie Assassination Nation. This follows uh, high school students. And their experience of sex, drugs, friendship, love, and trauma. And I loved it. Zendaya's in this, and she's amazing in it. Uh, Mindhunter, season two. Oh, my God. Serial Killers, Charles Manson. Fuck, this is an amazing show. Watch Mindhunter on Netflix. If you love shit like Silence of the Lambs, where they're exploring serial killers, this is what you need to be watching. This is dealing with real serial killers and like the actors that are playing these serial killers are just doing an incredible job bh90210 fuck yeah rebecca hell yeah this is definitely an honorable mention i loved bh90210 and it should come back for a second season it got canceled fuck you fox on Becoming a God in Central Florida this is on Showtime this stars Kirsten Dunst 
It's uh, it's a period piece, 1992. Oh, my God. Yeah, and it takes place in Central Florida, and it's about a minimum wage water park employee played by Kirsten Dunst, and she cons her way up the, uh, she cons her way up the ranks of the cultish multi-billion dollar pyramid scheme that drove her family to ruin. It's on Showtime. This is a great fucking show. Stranger Things, season three. I fucking loved it. Yeah, there are some of us that love Stranger Things Season 3, and I'm one of them. Uh, Fleabag Season 2. I literally just watched both seasons of Fleabag uh, in the, within the past two weeks. And I watched Fleabag Season 2. Uh, very short episodes. Six episodes a season. 25 minutes apiece. And the first season ends with this bombshell reveal. And the second season is just as amazing. Uh, my runner up, oh my God, I've already mentioned this one. I totally blew this one. My runner up is actually, I, I, I already mentioned this one. I, I don't know why I put it in as an honorable mention. It's Euphoria, and I apologize. My fuck up. Euphoria is my runner up. This is created by Sam Levinson, and I fucking love this show. So that's my actual runner up. I mentioned it in my honorable mentions, and I feel like a fucking moron. But it's actually my runner-up. I loved Euphoria, uh, Euphoria on HBO. Yeah, is Levinson going to come back and do a second season, or what's he got planned next? I don't know. I don't know if Euphoria's getting a second season or not. Yeah, it had so much hype behind it. And, yeah. I mean, I know ratings were good. I, I would be surprised if it if it wouldn't, unless it's just something that creators and writers never had intended to do in the first place. You know what HBO show I just dropped off of is that fucking His Dark Materials I got to episode four and they're talking about polar bears and having to go fucking hang out with the polar bear and find out. I was just, yeah, I'm done. I'm done. Yeah, I watched the second episode and haven't watched it since and yeah. I'm probably not going back. I'm done with his dark materials. Yeah. Yep. His dumb materials. I'm, yeah, I'm, his dumb materials. <laughs> 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 Jake with uh, Jake with the assist, and then yeah, that was that was good teamwork there, man. It was good. It was good. We got there. It was we like the did. telephone game. It was. I liked that. That was fun. That was fun. That's that's the highlight for me this episode. That little moment we just shared. <laughs> All right, we're gonna we're gonna let you wonder what the rest of our picks are and say good night then. That's it. <laughs> All right, Rebecca, go to your. Uh, let's see here, Rebecca. Let's go to your next runner up. Next runner-up is going to be When They See Us, directed by Ava DuVernay, um, based on the true story of five teens from Harlem who were falsely accused of a brutal attack in Central Park. Um, and it would take years and years before these boys and then became adults were exonerated and were even somewhat compensated by the city. Um, this this was a very hard show to watch. Um, it was incredibly painful. It was incredibly real. It was just you know, because at the end of the day, there was a victim. Somebody was attacked. Somebody was beaten, and some uh, somebody was was sexually assaulted. And so she, this is a victim who needs justice. But then you've got these five teenager, five teenage boys 
all black and Hispanic, and they are automatically scooped up and accused. There is evidence that is fudge. There's evidence that is just completely made up. They keep these boys in interrogation for hours on end. Don't let them see their parents. Don't give them anything to drink or eat um, until these boys just confess so that they can go home. And at the end of the day, most of these boys end up taking deals um, so they could just get out of prison earlier and not have to spend the full time. Um, and it would be ages before there was any justice for these five kids. And um, of course, now they're 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 grown men. Um, the performances by all of the actors, the young men who played them in this, as teenagers and then the actors who played them as adults were absolutely incredible. Um Ava DuVernay just did an incredible job showing this story um, to the point that the story was so real, so hard to tell that she actually had a therapist on set at all times so that these actors could go and talk about what they were feeling and these these emotions they were drawing on. And, and this show is a yes, it's hard to watch, but. It is one of the most important shows that came out this year and talking about racial profiling and talking about making assumptions about people based on the color of their skin. And it was so powerful and so well done. I had to at least put it up higher um, when they see us. Four episodes on Netflix. That's my next runner up. I'm going to add that as one of my runners up as well. Not, uh, oh, no, excuse nice. me, uh, honorable mentions. I apologize. Oh, that's, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. That's one that I, I left off and I'm going to add that as well to a, to an honorable mention. So fantastic fucking show. It does come up somewhere else in, in categories just so if you want to know. Cool. Uh, um, Jake, next runner up. Yeah. My next runner up is the final season of Game of Thrones. I mean, I mean, I know some people won't agree with that, but I, was not a big fan of the second to last season. And to me, the final season was a bit of a return to form and that at least shocking and unexpected things were happening on my TV again. I wasn't able to predict what was going to happen two episodes ahead of time. Like it felt like the last season was. And I, I thought a lot of the performances were, were standout performances in this final season. Um, yeah, I, I loved the final season of Game of Thrones and it is my first runner up. Uh, my next runner up, uh, is going to be The Mandalorian on Disney Plus. Uh, really loved this show. I thought it was fantastic. And I think it is, uh, true Star Wars. Like, uh, and, and, and here's the thing. And I said this on our last episode. It's like, it's like, you know, we, one of the things that I think John Favreau gets is that like the old stuff that we like, like when we were first watching Star Wars, when we were watching A New Hope, when we we're watching, you know, all the old Star Wars, you know, you got you got Lucas and he's pulling from the stuff that he loved when he was a kid. He's pulling from like, you know, the old Buck Rogers. He's pulling from uh, the Akira Kurosawa films. He's, you know, he's mm-hmm. pulling from. Uh, Sergio Leone's Once Upon a Time in the West, Spaghetti Westerns. He's, he's pulling from all the things that he loved when he was a kid. And like here you've got John Favreau doing the, the exact same thing. He's pulling from, you know, Lone Wolf and Cub. He's pulling from, uh, you know, uh, Seventh Son. He's pulling from a lot of the old, you know, the, the old Westerns and things like that. And, um, that's what I love about The Mandalorian. This, this feels true to Star Wars. And, um, I've just, I've loved the series, uh, all eight episodes. I think they're, 
I think I, you know, I really have no gripes with it, to be quite honest with you. Um, <laughs> I, I think the length on the episodes are just fine. I don't need more. I, I, whatever length they want to make them, as long as they're giving me just amazing stories with amazing characters, uh, I, and with, and with great directors behind them, Bryce Dallas Howard, Deborah Chow, Taika Waititi, John Favreau himself, uh, Rick Fumiyawa. Like these are some people that really get it. And I think Disney has done a great job in hiring people uh, in in this series to get the job done and to give us some great Star Wars. It doesn't feel like it was something that was just kind of slapped together. Um, I love it. The Mandalorian is is my runner up. Great pick. All righty, let's move into our winner category for best TV show, Rebecca. Um, so I just had one quick runner up, if you don't mind, I'm oh, just going to yeah. tag it on real quick to yours. Mine was also the Mandalorian. Okay. Um, I can't really add too much to what you just said. Um, I love it. I, I love the show. What a surprise, uh, show that came out at the end of the year, but that's my last runner up. Um, and then my number one show of the year is going to be Wayne on, uh, YouTube premium. When this show came out, and it came out very early this year. I wrote it down in my list for the Tuppies. And I said to myself, and I think I even said it when we talked about it on the show, this is the show to beat. This was the show to beat for me for show of the year. And I called it really early on. Um, and I don't regret saying that because although I did watch a lot of great TV this year, as we've just talked about, um, Wayne to me never lost its spot as my number one, um, show this year just because of how surprising this story was. Uh, this is a kid that, yes, um, you could just say he's the basic, uh, you know, bad boy who's trying, you know, with a heart of gold, but he's so much more than that. His motivations for doing what he does doesn't always appear, but then when they do, you say, oh my God, I cannot believe it's that that deep. I cannot believe that long he's been feeling this way. Um, they gave me episodes like when we delved into Dell's mother, the whole episode about her mother. There was so much heart in that episode. It remains my favorite of the season. And just all the adventures that Wayne and Dell go on and her twin brothers and her father and uh, the music and the hyper-violence and the action, I just – it couldn't be beat for me this year. And I'm so, so angry that YouTube did not pick it up for season two. And I really hope that there is a network out there that's going to pick it up because I need more Wayne and Dell in my life. So that's that's my number one show this year. Awesome. Yeah, it's a great fucking show. I can't argue that. It's a great fucking show. Love that show. Uh, Jake, what do you got for uh, best TV show? Yeah, my tuppy for best TV show is going to go to The Mandalorian. Um, yeah, I mean, let's talk more about this, I guess. Um, you know, there was a lot of pressure, I think, in delivering on that first live-action Star Wars show. And you're exactly right, Brian. Like, Favreau just really seems to get it. Um, I also want to give a shout-out to Dave Filoni. I think you could definitely really feel his input and love for the Star Wars universe in this show as well. Um, I feel like Favreau definitely leaned upon him for a lot of his like Star Wars knowledge and, and help and kind of creating this world. And 
just what a fantastic show. I mean, I was so excited for it. It delivered on all counts possible. It's kind of like, you know, I'm one of those people that, you know, wasn't super over heels enamored with this episode nine movie. And this was kind of, it was great that this existed during that because it was able to like let that love of Star Wars still like flow through me. You know, I didn't have to just completely kick it to the side of the road and be yes. for a moment. It's, you know? it's, it's the saving grace of Star Wars right now. Like, and I said this and I, I'm so sorry I'm interrupting you. I want no, you to go fine. back. I, I feel like. You know, you've got John Favreau and he's like, he's, he's going back to the well. Like what made Star Wars great? And like, you know, pulling from like those old spaghetti westerns, pulling from like the old samurai films and like incorporating it into the Mandalorian. And I felt like all JJ did, and you can argue with me all day and I'll tell you, you're wrong to your fucking face. All JJ did was pull from more Star Wars. It was all fan service. He pulled from all Star Wars. There was nothing new, nothing original. And at the end of the day for me, it was a solid taste it. And that's where it's going to stay. I enjoyed, there's enough Star Wars in episode nine for me to enjoy that movie. I don't downright hate it. There's enough for me to enjoy that movie, but it doesn't do anything new for Star Wars. And it's not the epic ending that I felt like 42 years with this franchise deserved. And that's all I'm going to say on the fucking matter. Go ahead, Jake. I'm sorry. I've turned yeah, the, I've, I've turned the, kinda, I've turned the award show into something else. And I apologize. Well, I mean, I have spoilers. I'm not really going to be giving too many awards, if any, to Star Wars episode nine. So I guess there's no better place to just kind of briefly touch on it in 2019 than right here, you know, with the Mandalorian. And I'm right there with you. I've seen it two more times since we've done our episode on it. And I've kind of soured on it, soured on it a bit more every time I've seen it. And I, I'm pretty much right there still. It's like a solid taste it now for me too. I mean, yeah. even at the high taste it, it was still my least favorite of all nine movies. And it's definitely cemented its place as that. And I completely agree. It's very unimaginative in like what they decided to do at the end there. And it's just a lot of, you know, hobbled pieces of things we love and know from other movies, you know, yeah. especially return of the Jedi, just thrown together in a blender with like all the emotion. But thank God for the Mandalorian. Yeah. And the Mandalorian is like, just like the hero of the show, the Mando, he kind of just swoops in and, and saves the day, you know, cue the, uh, fucking spaghetti Western music. Cause Gosh, that's, I think that's one thing we haven't mentioned yet is what a score in that show. Oh, well. God, that's uh, uh, Gorenson. Uh, um, what's his first name? I, I'm blanking because I've been drinking. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm blanking on it, too. I've got it on my Spotify, the the entire the entire score. And it, it's just so great. Like, it's one of those things where it's it's it's, it's the guy. He's, he did the uh, he, he did the soundtrack for uh, Black Panther. Uh, Ludwig Gorenson. Thank you. Oh, there you go. There you go. Yeah, I mean, this is definitely the defining work of his career at this point. Sure. I mean, he yeah. just knocked it out of the park here. And um, wow, I, I can't wait to hear what they do more with the score in the next season. The title theme just practically gets my fist pumping in the air when it comes on. <laughs> yeah. um, cold opens are such a rare thing in TV these days, too. And I, I love that Mando kind of has that classic old, like, 80s, 90s TV show cold open before you get that, you know, title theme. And yeah, this this show is just near perfect. It's dude, like 98 I would 98% perfect. We go to C2E2, dude. Let's fucking instead of tattoos, let's get signets. There you go. Let's there get go. let's get fucking mudhorn signets, right? <laughs> I'm down. I'm down. 
Let's do this. At least shit. you can take the armor off. <laughs> it's very true, dude. <laughs> we'll have fucking Eric Marable make our mudhorn signets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fucking awesome. I'm so like I'm glad but worried how how fast they're they're getting the second season out, you know? I, I I'd like to have faith in Favreau and Filoni that they they kind of already like knew where this thing was going in the first place. But but it's hard saying, man. I mean, they probably didn't know how popular Baby Yoda was going to be, and that might factor into, like, their creative writing decisions and what's going to happen in the next episodes. And, you know, things change in your head when you get the reception of your product. Dude, I'm excited and nervous. I think Disney Plus knew that they needed to keep this thing going. I, I think Disney Plus knew that they needed to get it pushed out there sooner rather than later. I, I Because they don't have a lot of new content coming out on the rag. You know what I mean? No, like, yeah, you're right about all that. I'm like seeing 2021 is going to be the big year for original programming. I don't know about you, but all I'm seeing on Reddit is posts about people canceling their Disney plus after the Mandalorian ended. Oh yeah. I've seen many a meme joking about doing just that. And I know real life people that I, my half brother did the exact thing. He watched yeah. the last episode and canceled during the, the credits rolling. I've went back to Disney Plus one time after The Mandalorian ended, and I watched The Rocketeer on New Year's Eve. And that's it. <laughs> oh, really? I thought you watched the uh, William Defoe. Oh, I did. You're right. I did. I watched Togo, and I reviewed that last week. You're right. I watched Togo. You're right. Okay, yeah. I, I, I'll i admit, I, I put it on here and there and just kind of watch various things that I'm familiar with and put them on in the background. But, until until yeah. they get fucking family matters, I'm not watching anything. No, no argument for me, though. I Kind of my first criticism was that it reminded me very much of DC Universe, that once you yeah. got past the very limited original content, it was kind of a stabilized vault that you were just eventually going to get tired of. I'm telling you, like, Netflix is coming out with new shit all the time. You know what I mean? Like, seriously, like, seriously, like, Disney Plus, if it was a sexual partner, it would be like, hey, we're doing missionary every goddamn night. Netflix is like fucking, you can throw Netflix's legs over your shoulders, you can 69, you got <laughs> yeah, a sex yeah. swing, you're fucking. Disney Plus is like high school, the musical, the series, once again tonight, honey. No shit, dude, with fucking, dude, you're doing, you're doing reverse cowgirl with fucking Netflix. Like, dude, there's so much shit going on with Netflix, man. You never get bored in the sack. You know yeah, what I mean? I mean? Even even Hulu and Amazon Prime like to get freaky every now and again. Dude, Disney I guarantee Pluses. you. I think Netflix would even be down for a fucking uh, chili dog. Like, and that's disgusting. <laughs> but I think Google it, people. Go Netflix to the Urban Dick. Netflix is a crowd pleaser. They'll Netflix, is, they'll do anything. They'll, yeah, if you want to know what a chili dog is, go to Urban Dictionary, everybody. Check that out. <laughs> do you guys know what a chili dog is? Just just curious. Yes. Rebecca? <laughs> no, I'm not really that interested to know what it is. Either. Thank you. Hilarious. <laughs> I won't tell you. Thanks. Urban Dictionary, people. Um, my winner for Best TV Show of the Year is, uh, and this is surprising, it was surprising to me, is uh, a show on Apple Plus TV. Apple TV Plus. I don't know. Yeah, it's Apple TV Plus. For All Mankind, this is the Joel Kinnaman show 
where uh, the United States does not get to the moon first. Russia gets to the fucking moon first. The space race never ends. And this was just an incredible season. I could not wait to watch these episodes. I did let it lapse. Like I watched the first like few episodes, like I watched the first three and then I waited a few weeks to come back to it. But once I started back on like episode six, every week, like Friday would come around. I'm watching for all mankind. Um, women get into the space program. Women are on the moon. They find water on the moon. This, it's the Ronald D. Moore show. This guy's, uh, from Battlestar Galactica. And basically, as these seasons progress, it's going to show you, like, it's going to catch up to where we are now, and it's going to show you where we would be had the space race never ended. It's it's just an alternate fringe kind of, like, alternate universe. And this show just blew me the fuck away. The writing is amazing. They use real astronauts in this story, but they use them differently. Uh, they add an element of drama with some of these astronauts involving their family. Um, they have um, a, a female astronaut who's a lesbian. They have a male uh, guy who works for NASA who's uh, a homosexual. And so, like, th- but they they end up they end up um, getting married to one another to because they're being investigated at this time because like that's something you know you can't be gay in like the 1960s 1970s so in order to fucking keep their jobs they get married with one to to one another and um you know and it kind of affects you know their relationships and, and things like that on the outside of like who they would rather be with and it, it, it covers everything. It's not just about the space race and all that shit, which is amazing, and the special effects are incredible. This show is fucking awesome. Honestly, there's a couple shows on Apple TV Plus that I probably would have thrown in, but they haven't finished the seasons yet. Like, I'm still loving Servant. Servant is fucking incredible. Um, you know, so, like... Yeah, uh, I gotta give it to For All Mankind. This show is just an amazing watch. I absolutely love this fucking show. Can't wait for season two. Apple, I, I don't know. Apple's just, they're doing something great over there. Um, I haven't watched the morning show yet. But, um, truth be told, I'm still watching that Octavia Spencer show and, and goddamn, yeah, the servant with, uh, what's his name? Rupert Grint and, uh, uh, fucking, uh, Toby Kebble. God, it's so good. But for all mankind, I need, I need, I need to get on that. For all mankind's a great pick though. I love uh, Ron Moore as a television writer. It's and this so is good. Something I definitely need to get back to the season's over now. You it's think? over. Yeah. Like the season ended like two weeks ago and the finale is just amazing. It's like, you, there's a fucking space station on the moon and the Russians are there. It dude, it's fucking incredible. Like, Please, Jake, do yourself a favor and watch this. It's my favorite show of the year. That says something. Like, over Mandalorian. It's like, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I love the premise. And like I said, I, I love, I mean, he did such great work on Battlestar Galactica that I, I'm willing to give anything he does a chance. So yeah. I will definitely get back to For All Mankind. I'm kind of waiting for there to be a bigger bank of stuff I want to watch on Apple TV before I plunk down for a month of it. Yeah, I'm... I'm paying the monthly right now because I got to see how Servant ends. I'm digging Servant, and you know I'm still I'm still loving uh, Truth Be Told with Octavia Spencer and Aaron Paul. It's 
It's not as good as Servant, though. Goddamn Servant. Servant, like, there's episodes of After Servant. I'm just like, what the fuck? And I, I know Paul Hart's still digging this fucking show. And I know it's probably driving him bonkers, some of these episodes, like, when they end. Like, like where's... I pr- pretty much, after these episodes of Servant, I, I've given up trying to guess what's going to happen. I'm just going to let these episodes come to me. There's no way you can guess what's going to happen in this show. It is just bonkers. It is bonkers jake it's, yeah, I want to it's nuts the trailer was so good and i know you really haven't had much of a taste for anything m night's done in the last five but years. he's not he's not the he's not the he's not the showrunner on this one he's like in a producer like the uh, uh tony Bascallop. he's the guy he's the creator on this one i give all the credit to him i give all the credit to tony Bascallop. this is his show yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. M Knight's just kind of funding the money, so yeah. it's not like he's writing and directing this thing. Yeah, just yeah, like I, just I like just like Wayward Pines. Wayward, he was involved with Wayward Pines, but that was all Duffer Brothers. Yeah, even that was like some kind of adaptation, right? Sure. I, I mean, yeah. Source material that right. they were using. Yeah. 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 All right. Let's move on into our director of the year. <laughs> The best director of the year. So when I'm on stage, I want quiet on the set. NWA, take two. Rebecca, give me your honorable mentions and your first runner-up. All right. Honorable mentions. Um, Nisha Ganatra for Late Night. Uh, one of the funniest movies I saw this year with Mindy Kaling and Emma Thompson. Um, Lulu Wong for The Farewell. That was an incredibly emotionally just gorgeous film about the immigrant story, about having family back home and trying to reconnect um, with some amazing performances. Um, Lorena, uh, Scafaria for Hustlers. That was a movie that surprised me. I didn't think I was going to like it as much as I did. That was a fucking great movie. It it was a great movie. Yes. I I didn't think I would like it as much as I did like it. Like I saw it and I was like, this is a really good movie. Like I absolutely loved it. Fantastic Um, fucking movie. Absolutely. Um, Marielle Heller for Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. I thought she did a great job with Tom Hanks as Fred Rogers. Um, Greta Gerwig for Little Women. I just saw Little Women this weekend. And let me tell you something. I've seen every adaptation of that film. Hers stands head and shoulders above because of how she some tweaks that she made at the end of the movie, which I will not spoil, but I, I absolutely love, love, love what she did yeah. with that I movie. Don't, I don't know what tweaks she made. I never, cause I saw it. I, I, I saw it. I went and saw it, but I don't mm. know. Cause I never seen the other versions. So I don't know. I, we'll talk off air. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you off. Mike. No, um, no, no, no. I'm going to watch the other version. I'm going to watch at least the, the, the Claire Danes one, the, the Winona Ryder one. I think that's probably mm, – I think that's probably one of the better ones. I w- I'm going to watch yeah. that one. Yeah, I'll watch that one. Yeah, uh, Winona Ryder, Claire Danes, Christian Bale is in that one. Yeah, that's – um Susan Sarandon's in that one. Oh, yeah. cool. Yeah, I'm definitely going to watch that one. I'm going to find yeah. it somewhere. It's also a good one. Um, Casey um, 
oh gosh, I can't read my own handwriting. Uh, Casey Limones for Harriet. And uh, that's all my runners up. Excuse me. That's all my honorable mentions. Um, My first runner up is going to be Olivia Wilde for Booksmart. I adored that film. One of the funniest best coming of age stories I have ever seen and I've seen a lot in my time but my god what she what Olivia Wilde did with those characters and that story and the way it just so organically unfolded nothing felt forced nothing felt shoved down my throat nothing felt out of place the whole thing just felt like I was watching two real life best friends have this incredibly revealing experience about themselves and um wasn't billy lord billy lord was so fucking funny in that movie oh she was hilarious Mm -hmm. she i I thought yeah she she was excellent in that movie yeah so yeah that's my uh first runner-up olivia wilde for book smart there you go jake yeah, I have um, three runners-up and a winner, and my first runner-up is actually also Olivia Wilde for Booksmart. Nice. So, yeah, just what an incredible directorial debut. I mean, you watch this movie, and it's almost hard to believe that it's the first movie she's directed. I mean, she feels like a seasoned comedy movie directing pro just from watching this movie. So, I, I'm excited to see, you know, what's coming down the pipeline from her. I hope she plans on directing more comedy movies or just more any movies in general so Mm. yeah this was an easy one to give i've got some honorable mentions my first honorable mention is lulu wong from the farewell rebecca i seriously just watched this movie like two weeks ago and i am watching it and i am crying like a goddamn baby i'm crying i'm crying i'm crying i'm i'm texting my mom Mom, mom, you gotta watch this movie. You gotta watch. I want my mom to watch it. I mean, you know what I mean? And because I think, I think it's like, you know, it, it, it made me, well, it made me think of my mom and, you know, and like we always haven't gotten along, but it it made me think of her. I wanted her to watch this. And then it also made me think of my great grandmother, my great grandmother leaving my great grandmother's house. And like, I remember my great grandma, like every time we leave the house, she would wave outside and so like this movie um it, uh, I know I know it, it made me miss my grandmother even more <sighs> this movie oh, really affected me it made me miss my grandma so much I don't think I can even watch this movie by the <laughs> um, sounds of it. Oh God, Jake! I think I think if you watch this movie, someone has to hold your hand. Like it's wow. really emotional. But yeah, like, it really it touches <sighs> you in a very personal, deep place of family, and especially if, especially if you have that relationship with a grandparent, like like Aquafina does in the movie, like I had with my grandma like Brian you obviously have with your great grandmother it touches that spot and if you you know what everybody if you still have your grandma just call her tell her you love her uh, I lost my I lost my last living grandparent last year yeah yeah make sure you do that this this uh 
I was uh, I was a wreck after this movie. I was bawling. I was emotionally drained after this mm-hmm. movie. And I, like, I, I, didn't saw, I saw it in the theater, and I walked <sighs> out of the theater, and everybody walked out looking like me, like mm-hmm. red face, tears, <laughs> like everybody walked Jake, out. Jake, I, I would watch this one. And, and honestly, it's like, uh, it's good to cry. It's good to cry. Oh, it's, yeah. it's a good oh, yeah, thing. Definitely. I definitely want to watch it at home. <laughs> Jeez, I didn't expect to fucking start tearing up like a goddamn fucking pussy on this episode, but it happened. <laughs> I didn't expect. I'm sorry. I, like that was not planned. Up like a vagina. God damn! No shit. I was like a dripping wet pussy in front of you and McGregor. Christ. That was ridiculous. I apologize, guys. I didn't make. I didn't. Make, you think you get uncomfortable when I start yelling at people on this podcast? Now I'm starting to ball like a little bitch. Jesus Christ. Um, my next honorable mention is Quentin Tarantino for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. This was an incredible fucking movie. I absolutely loved it. And, um, yeah, gotta give it up to Quentin Tarantino. Dexter Fletcher for Rocket Man. I love this fucking movie. I know this is kind of a divisive film with some people, but I fucking loved Rocket Man. It made me feel things. And I, I loved it. I felt like, um, at, by the end of the movie, I felt way more connected to Elton John. Todd Phillips for Joker. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, what else can I say? Like, I don't always agree with everything he says in the fucking press, but I'm not going to fucking take away from the fucking movie that he made. It was an incredible fucking movie, and I'm going to give it up to Todd Phillips for Joker. It was a fucking great film. Uh, Olivia Wilde for Booksmart. And, uh, yeah, you guys have talked about this. I think Olivia Wilde in her directorial debut did a fantastic job here. I want to see her do more shit. I loved it. Uh, Noah Baumbach for Marriage Story. Loved Marriage Story. Thought it was fantastic. I thought great performances all around from Adam Driver. And he, even Scarlett Johansson did really good in this fucking movie. I thought she was really fucking good. Uh, Mira Menon. She did uh, episode seven of uh, For All Mankind. Uh, I gave the fucking uh, Tuppy for Best Television Show of the Year for All Mankind. She did episode seven, Hi Bob. And I fucking loved this episode. It was such an incredible episode. I didn't cry like a bitch when I walked the, watched the farewell, but it was, <laughs> Jesus Christ, I was crying like a little pussy there, Jake. I was, t- I was taken back when it happened at first, because I, I didn't even, know. I didn't, it I just, like, oh, it, shit. Dude, really I was crying. <laughs> I, well, I'm, I'm having this like, there's this moment at the end of the movie and she, the old lady's waving goodbye to her and, I, I'm thinking of my grandma, like, like every time we'd leave my great grandma's house, she would stand out in the yard and she would wave to us as we drove off. And it's like, you only get so many of those. One of, one of these days, she's not going to be outside the wave you buy. And like, one of these days, she's not going to wake up early in the morning and make you like homemade fried chicken, like in a skillet, you know? She's not. Oh, I get it. Yeah, I mean, and time is just so precious and so fragile. You just never know. Like, like you're saying, like it's worth picking up that phone and making a call because yeah, I everybody, mean, dude, like everybody's gonna leave us. Like every, you know, like it makes you think about, like you know, like I'm just, uh, you know, like I'm lucky to have both of my parents, and like it's like it just scares me. Like this shit just fucking scares me. Like. I hate getting older, Jake. I fucking hate this shit. Every, I fucking, my birthday was yesterday. I'm 40 fucking two right now. And it's like, I still feel like I'm in my twenties. 
and yet I'm like in my I'm half dead at this point. Like there's no way I'm going to fucking like I talked last week. I'm there's no way I'm going to reach a hundred. I'm not going to hit like Michael Douglas year, the Kirk Douglas years. <laughs> there's no way. Like I'm half dead at this point. Like there's no way. It's just, dude. Life is just fucking. It's fleeting. It's fucking fleeting. Yeah, yeah. It's it's hard, man. It's still been just a couple of years since I lost both my mom and my grandma in yeah. the same year, and it's just like. You can never, you never imagine what the reality is like without those people in your life. It's mm-hmm. just, why would you think of that kind of thing? And right. so when you get put into it, it's just so stark and just, you know, it's, it's a hard thing to deal with, man. It's like we <sighs> all need parents, no matter how old we get, you know? God damn it. Fuck you, Farewell. God damn it. Fuck that movie. <laughs> Fuck you for making me feel shit. God damn it. Let my fucking heart be black and cold. God damn it. Oh, it made me feel stuff. Um, uh, Mira Menon for, uh, episode seven of For All Mankind. Hi, Bob. Uh, Harry Bradbeer for, uh, season two of Fleabag. He, uh, directed all six episodes of season two of, uh, Fleabag. And it was, uh, just an incredible season. Uh, my first runner up here is going to be Ava DuVernay for, uh, When They See Us. Rebecca, you talked about this, this fucking show. Um, the episode where the one boy who was, I would consider special needs, not, not, yeah, yeah, he, the, uh, there was an, uh, there's an episode where, oh God, I don't know. I don't even know if I want to get into it, but there, things happen to this guy, this kid. And like, he can't, like you want to stand up for him and ex. but you can't you're just watching the story unfold and you're watching all these horrific things happen to like this young boy in prison and there's episodes where i'm just i'm you know i'm pulling a farewell and i'm fucking crying like a little bitch at the end of these episodes and this is another one of those shows that just makes you feel things and just to see just to see people who are too young and being manipulated and you know, the police department with their own agenda and, you know, solving this case and, 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 but, but not solving it, just trying to wrap it up and just blame some black kids and Latino kids for something that they didn't do. It's, it's a, it's a powerful fucking, it's a powerful fucking series. And Ava DuVernay just, just destroyed this next Netflix series. She just did such a great job throughout the whole series. Um, she's just a fantastic creator. So yeah, Ava DuVernay, Ava, Ava DuVernay is my runner up for director of the year. One of my uh, runners up. Um, Rebecca, who, who's your next runner up? Uh, my next runner up is Ava DuVernay for <laughs> when they see us. Um, I think the only thing I'll, I'll tack on to what you just said is that, you know, she's going to be directing, um, uh, is it, is it New Gods for, for DC? DC, yeah. The one that, uh, Tom King is like co-writing with her. Right. Um, I, I just, after seeing what she's already done, her, 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 her body of work, seeing this, which was so, what an undertaking. 
I just can't wait for her next project, what, whatever it is. Like, she is a creator. She is a director that when I hear her name attached, I perk up. My ears perk up. My eyes get a little wider. And I, oh, what, what, what is this? Ava's attached? Oh my gosh. What, what's happening? Like, I have to know what's going on because I can't wait to see what she brings to it. And I'm all about more female directors and I'm all about more women of color directors and she fits the bill right there. And um, yeah, I, I can't wait for more from her. So yeah, she's my, my next runner up. Have you named a, a guy director at all? I have not. You sexist. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm fucking with you. That I'm, was, um, I'm fucking with you. I'm fucking I'm, Rebecca. Don't, don't even, I'm fucking with you. I know you are. <laughs> I know you are. And I will not say anything else. But that was a choice. That was a choice? That was a choice I made. Oh, look at you. I don't know. You can, you, you don't have to like it. You don't have to agree with it, but yeah. it's a choice I made. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Because look, there are women who are directing good movies. What a shock. No, I get I, I think you guys feel that way. I'm no, just, yeah. I get it. Yeah. It was a choice. I'm not, and, and you don't have to agree with it. No, but you shouldn't have came out and said that it was a choice. You should have just been like, this is the, this is it. These are the four or five best directors. Yeah. These are the four or five best directors. If I exclude men is now what it sounds like. Yeah, exactly. You should have just been like this. You shouldn't have been like, it's a choice. Like I, I chose, I chose to highlight the best female directors. That's what I chose to do. Yeah. But but, I I, I don't think my list would be terribly different to be honest with you. If I included men. Yeah, but. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I gotta be me and I gotta be like, you shouldn't, like, if you, you should have just been like, this is, I don't know. What do you think, Jake? I, I, yeah, I'm gonna stick to my guns and she That's should. That's fine. You can stick to your guns. No, you That's shouldn't fine. have revealed that. You should have just yeah, been like, I don't mind what yeah. you did, but you kind of spoiled the magic trick a little bit. You did, yeah, a little bit. Okay. It should have just been like, like, I didn't, like, like, um, like, at the end, like, you should have been like, I I looked at my list and there were no penises on it. At the end of the day, like no, <laughs> there were no, there were no, there there was no male genitalia. I like you didn't know. Like this was like something like you didn't plan. Like you didn't plan this, and then you looked at it and there was no penises, and you were just like, oh my god, it's all it's all women, it's all women on my list. But instead, you said that you made this choice to do it, and it's it's. I don't know what Jake. I mean, because I, I am I. Cr- yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. It takes a little. It takes away from a little of the magic here. I would. I don't know. I I don't mind that she did it, but I I wouldn't have uh, spoiled it ahead of time and let yeah. us know that. Yeah. The case I would have let it be a surprise. Let the illusion be the re- our reality. Okay. Oh no! Don't even no, because there's a, there's what do this you want thing. Me to say? You there, said your opinion. I said mine. I know. I'm just saying. Like there's there. I had like this. I had I like if you would have just told me that it was just. See now, I feel like we're arguing and we're not arguing. No, we're not arguing. I'm I'm making a point. Yeah. That. Okay. I'm making a point mm-hmm. that when the Golden Globe uh, director nominations were made. 
Mm-hmm. There were zero women on that list. And when people called out the guy who's in charge of making that list, his answer was, and I am paraphrasing, his answer was, well, then maybe women should make good movies. It's just, I, I just, I feel well, like no, that. No, 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 no. Let me finish. Fair that enough. I'll let you finish. Answer. That was his answer. So. I, I know the Golden Globes don't care what I think, and nobody who has any influence over that is going to probably listen to me say anything about it. But what I'm saying is these are all amazing movies that I saw this year that were directed by women. Sure. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but like the, the category is like – what I'm saying is like the category is – I don't want the Tupperwares to be about like exclusion either for like what – when anybody's done, like it should all be inclusion for what everyone's done. I mean, there was like, right, but, but you guys have mentioned some really great male directors that did a lot of really good stuff. And I know that you guys didn't sit down and say, you know, I'm only going to pick men or I'm only going to pick women. And I'm, I'm just saying that that was a choice I decided to make before before this that's all i'm I'm that's fine i just i i don't know i I don't want the tupperwares to turn into something like like where it's like we're trying to make like this like this statement or something like that it's just like i I want it to be inclusion for everybody for like men women everybody like what you loved it is i don't know i it's i don't i think we're making a mountain out of a molehill at this point i think men will be okay with what rebecca did yeah we'll survive i i'm i don't know Mm. I don't know, but yeah, it's, 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 I'll just shut up. I'm going to dig a hole. I'm going to dig a goddamn hole with this one. Um, Jake, are we on your runner up? Yeah, I've got two more runner ups and a winner. My next runner up is Jordan Peele for uh, us. I, yeah, what a sophomore movie. Just incredible. I actually, I think I'm in the minority, but I actually prefer us to get out. It's just much more of like a visceral horror movie and something that I can return to and watch more over and over again. Not that get out isn't fantastic, but you know, it's not really fun time thoughts that you want to think about like every other week watching it on your TV. So, you know, where us, it just has a lot more of that, just like classic horror element to it, but yet still such a think piece at the end of the movie that I I was just, I really liked it. It's such a different directorial job that he didn't get out as well too. He did not rely on the same tricks on the next movie and just lots of really, you know, unique ways to film these actors and it seems like he really just has a natural guiding actors and just getting the best out of them. And you really need that when it comes to horror. I mean, if you don't sell it, you're just not going to buy into it in the first place. And yeah, just fantastic. Jordan Peele for us. That's a fucking tough question to figure out. Like trying to think of like, yeah. what do you like more us or get out? Yeah, Get Out's like the more important movie. Like it definitely has more to say that's more relevant with like today's times. But I, I don't know that that's necessarily what I personally judge a movie to be better by. You know, it's sometimes for me, it's just it, us is just one of those movies that I'll return to like every year and watch at least once. Yeah. Yeah. Us is fantastic. Yeah. It's a great fucking pick. Um, My uh, my next runner-up is going to be Bong Joon-ho for Parasite. Um, have either of you seen Parasite? No. 
No, I missed it in the theater. This is just an incredible movie. You guys, I'm telling you, like, you have to watch this one. Like, there is, there is nothing in cinemas like this this year. This is just an amazing fucking movie. And I'm not going to get into it too much because I don't want to spoil anything. But, um, yeah, like, we're talking about the director of Okja, you know, uh, Snowpiercer, um, and, this is his masterpiece. This is Bong Joon-ho's masterpiece. Parasite is just an incredible piece of cinema. Um, I was so happy that I got to watch this movie. And um, this, yeah, this is one I could watch over and over and over again. Like, things just ramp up. An incredible family dynamic that you've never seen in any other movie before. Like, you guys got to watch Parasite. It is just an incredible film. So Bong Joon-ho just, for Parasite. Yeah. I just looked it up. It comes out January 14th on digital. So just oh, in a nice. couple of weeks here. Please do yourself a favor. Watch this one. You will be blown the fuck away. I promise you. You will be blown the fuck away. Uh, Rebecca, who's your winner? My winner is going to be Alma Harrell for Honey Boy. Um, Honey Boy was another movie this year that just emotionally wrenching to watch. Um, and watching Shia LaBeouf watch his, his work that he wrote come alive on the screen. Um, watching the performances she got out of the actors, how she told the story. I just, easily um probably uh, r- right up there with the farewell as far as like one of the most emotional movies i saw this year and honey boy was just seeing raw pain and emotion on the screen and um yeah i really enjoyed her work here i like how she i like how she really did some good close-ups on like her choices on like close-ups and really showing people's feelings and faces and emotions as they were going through terrible things happening to them. Uh, I just absolutely love. So yeah, she is my winner for director of the year, Alma Harrell for honey boy. All right. Uh, Jake, your winner. Oh, I have one more runner up and a winner. I'm sorry. Oh Christ. Look at you. I had three runner-ups and a winner for this one. Well, just uh, being willy-nilly with your runners-up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if I, you know, I didn't try to force anything. If I didn't have it, I didn't put it. I'm fucking with you. Go ahead, man. All right. My my final runner-up is uh, Ryan Johnson for Knives Out. Um, you know, you can just tell this movie was a labor of love for him. Um and it looks like he may have another like franchise on his hands for everything I've been reading this week. The, the studio wants him to make more movies. Uh, this movie has officially outgrossed uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood at this point and is nearing 300 million. So they're they're wanting him to do more. And I, I think Ryan Johnson does want to do more Knives Out movies. So I, I'm really glad that he kind of, you know, found this giant franchise potentially. And I, I'm excited that we're very likely going to see another version of this movie in some form or another. And so, yeah, it's just nice to see uh, Ryan Johnson do something that seems pretty universally loved by everyone that sees it. So I think he kind of needed that after uh, what, you know, might be the most divisive Star Wars movie ever made doing before Knives Out. So, yeah, giving it up to Ryan Johnson. And then my winner pick for director this year is going to be Taika Waititi. Um this was a really easy pick for me. Um, absolutely love Jojo Rabbit. 
And I mean, he also directed what would arguably be one of the best like season one finales of any TV show I've ever seen with the Mandalorian finale. I mean, you know, was able to mix fan service in things we wanted to see with just lots of oohs and ahs and shocks of things we never expected to see at all in a live action Star Wars TV show. You know, I, I won't make spoilers for anyone that hasn't seen the Mandalorian yet, but yeah, just Taika Waititi just had an incredible fucking year had to give it to him for a director he had it he did have a great year yeah fuck i'm gonna throw taika watiti into my honorable mentions for those two yeah, things I, I don't blame you yeah 100 percent deserved um my winner <laughs> and this was a tough one and it came down to this week and i'll explain why is my winner is ryan johnson for knives out nice i went um Jake, they, they, okay, so Ryan Johnson, you follow him on Twitter and he's got this whole thing about like, uh, you know, I've got my director's commentary. I've got my director's commentary for Knives Out. And so you, you, you click on this link and it takes you to, um, it takes you to a website and you can download director's commentary and it gives you instructions that Put, uh, make sure you're listening to this on your headphones and go to the movie. And once you see the full Lionsgate logo, hit play. And so I was like, you know what? I haven't, you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm going to fucking watch. I'm going to watch this with the director's commentary. So this week, this week, I went to the theater and I did this. I saw the Lionsgate logo. I hit play. And then I, and here it is. Hi, I'm Ryan Johnson. And he's talking. I'm watching the movie. And like, I'm in there, I'm in the theater with all these people. And what's wild about this whole experience, I've never done this in the theater. I've watched director's commentary at home on many a film. Oh, but, yeah. But I've never done this in the theater, Jake. This is my first time ever doing this in the theater. I've got like my, I've got like my, I've got my earbuds in. And I'm listening to the director's comedy in the th- director's commentary in the theater. And the people watching the movie are getting a completely different experience than I am. I- I'm telling you, like, you aren't really getting the actual movie experience while you're watching this. Like, I've seen the movie, but I'm getting a completely different experience while listening to Ryan Johnson talk about it and his time on the set and like him talking about like, you know, the, uh, about the movie he's talking about how it was you know the, this is his first film that he's ever filmed in digital but the guy that the cinematographer the, the people behind it they they tried to at po in post they made it look like film so when you watch the movie it looks like it's been filmed on film and it's but it's not this is his first digital film he talks about, um, you know, the people that were in charge of props on it. And like this house, they found it in Massachusetts and that house that you see in Knives Out, they found it in Massachusetts and then they use this actual house with, with, so it's not just like you get the outside shot of this house and all the interiors are not this house. No, it's the same house, but all the props and things that are brought into this house are done by one person. And like, it's amazing all the things that he will point out in this movie and and, and all the props that they'll point out. Like the, um, that, uh, you know, that whole prop with the knives, um, where 
they're all in that circle. You know what I mean? And we've seen it in the, the marketing and everything yeah. that it, what they did is they found this industrial sized barbecue grill grate and they started to take knives and place them on there and then Ryan Johnson talked about how he wanted to take it home after production and <laughs> finds out that a lot of them were rentals. A lot of the knives were rentals. And so of course he couldn't take them. He couldn't take it home. He wanted, he, he wanted to take it home. Um, he talks about the actors and things like that. Um, Michael Shannon, he talks about Michael Shannon in this and how Michael Shannon had like so many improv moments within knives out like there's the there, there's the scene where uh chris evans is eating those butter cookies and my, michael shannon says uh he chris evans is telling all the characters to eat shit you can eat shit you can eat shit you can eat shit <laughs> well th- you'll love this like th- like an improv moment is when Michael Shannon is, he says, you can hear him. He goes, I will not eat one iota of shit. And that was, <laughs> that was an improv moment. And then when they come back, um, Michael Shannon's like yelling at Chris Evans character and he's like, here, eat some more cookies. And you can, you can see Chris Evans face and Chris Evans face in that moment when he's saying that he is laughing. He's breaking character. And the reason he's breaking character and laughing is because they shoot these scenes all day. Chris Evans at this point has eaten hundreds of butter cookies (laughs) and so by the time they get to that scene and he's doing that improv moment of here eat some more cookies if you're watching chris evans face you can see him break character and laughing at michael shannon and it is one of the funniest things i've seen uh chris evans with the dogs the dogs that come onto the property at the thromby home uh when he is like waving the dogs away and trying to kick them away those beautiful german shepherds you got ryan johnson telling you like this was the most unbelievable scene in the movie because chris evans loves dogs mm-hmm. <laughs> and i was this is i was just loving it um yeah he tells us he tells a story about going to a convention and watching sam raimi like he gets into stuff that's not even in the movie like every once in a while he'll break from the movie and just tell like a personal story he talks about going to convention and listening to sam raimi tell like a funny anecdote um he also get back to the movie uh Harlan Thromby uh played by Christopher Plummer at the beginning of the movie uh, you see this painting of him in the home throughout the film and he has like this kind of just like blank face on he's not smiling he's just looking at you staring and then he if and then at the end of the movie that same painting is shown and Ryan Johnson lets you know that the characters He's kind of got a smirk. He's kind of got a smile. That painting of of Christopher Plummer kind of has a smile, a smirk at the end of the movie. There's so much that he lets you in on in this movie when you watch that, when you watch it with the director's commentary. And so I loved it so much, that director's commentary, that I 
I said to myself, Brian, you got to go back and watch this again without the director's commentary. And so I went back two days later and watched Knives Out again for a third time. And I'm watching it with the knowledge that Ryan Johnson gave me, but I'm also appreciating the movie for being the movie. And like in my review, my original review of the film, I said like, oh, I wish we would have got more Lakeith Stanfield. Uh, Lakeith Stanfield. I don't feel like they gave him enough in this movie. Ryan Johnson in his director's commentary explains what that character's doing and like how important that character is, how subtle the things that he's doing are and I appreciated him even more watching it upon <laughs> my second viewing. Um, there's so many things he lets you in on. I just... The fact that Ryan Johnson came out with his director's commentary and the fact that I got to enjoy and appreciate this movie in this, in this different way. I, he's, he's my director of the year. This guy is so talented, so amazing. And I absolutely loved it. And like, I loved this experience. Knives Out, just an incredible fucking film. So I gotta give it to Ryan Johnson. And if you haven't seen Knives Out with the director's commentary, it's a free experience. All you gotta do is pay for the ticket. And thank God, thank you, Fandango. I bought enough tickets that they gave me $5 off. I actually got to watch my third viewing of Knives Out for 69 cents. So, oh, that's cool. Yeah, that is awesome. I wonder if that'll be the same director's commentary they include on the home release. I hope it is. I hope it is. I, I, I really hope it is because if not, Jake, you can still download the Ryan Johnson director's commentary off that website and watch it the way that I did. Yeah, just do it at home. Yeah, and he's got it pinned to the top of his Twitter too, and he's very easy to find on Twitter. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just such a simple idea that you wonder why no one's thought of this up until now. Like, mm-hmm. such a great way to entice people to see a movie a second and possibly third time just by releasing these audio tracks that you could download and listen to. He I, I got, wouldn't be surprised if more people do this. He got such a kick out of, uh, Lakeith Stanfield's character, um, when they pull over, uh, Ana de Armas. And I love her perform, I appreciate her performance so much more after listening to Ryan Johnson talk about her. God damn it. And he's so right. She is so incredible in that movie. Um, but she gets pulled over and Lakeith Stanfield says, get out. And he was in the movie Get Out. And, like, I never put those two things together. And I was just like, thank you, Ryan Johnson, for making this movie. Thank you for being you. Thank you for, like, your appreciation to detail on all this stuff. Like, there's there's a... There's a security guard that's in the movie that's showing them, like, a VHS tape of, like, what happened on the Thromby, you know, property that night where the murder takes place. And he wanted to hire a friend of his that is an actor, and this guy died. And so instead, like, when they do the security guard scene, like, they cut to... They cut to a scene where you see a picture of the actor that he wanted to put in the place of the actor that we actually got in the movie. And, like, all these little things that he's telling you. And it's just, like, it makes the movie that much more special when you watch it. And I I fucking loved it. I, I fucking loved it. I thought it was great. And, Rebecca, I apologize for what I was saying earlier. You have every right to do – you can do whatever the fuck you want to on this show. If you want to fucking – if you want to get on this show and take a fucking literal shit, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> If you want, no, you don't have, sir, no, you don't have 
have to apologize. No, I, no, I'm no. Upset or anything, and you, you were, you stated your opinion, and you have every right to have that opinion. Yeah, but I can be wrong, right? Uh, yes. How many? I, I've been wrong, wrong on a lot too. of shit. I've been wrong on a lot of shit. And for me to say, like, you can't use this show as a platform for what you were saying. No, if that's fucking important to you, that you want to make this statement, then you fucking do it. And I'm sorry. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. I apologize. And I mean that. So Thank you. I, I know you do. And I, I appreciate that. So, all right. Um... Let's, uh, speaking of shit, I'm gonna go take one. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) It's about time for my OBGYN visit. (laughs) 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 Oh my gosh. (laughs) 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 Hey, Rebecca, you know what the best part of the next category is? What's that? It's best female actor of the year, so you get to you get to name off all ladies. Oh, I, 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 I just to be weird about it. Shit! <laughs> 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 I just snotted. <laughs> 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 All right, let's take a quick break. Yes. Take a quick break. We're going to come right back. We'll be right back. All right. Hey, we are back. And uh, have you guys seen the new Oreo flavor? Mm, what is it? Tiramisu. Oh, mm, really? That sounds good. Oh, man. I, I, I can't do these new Oreo flavors. I want to, but I can't. I'm trying to stay away from all the sugars and stuff like that. But man, the, this tiramisu is tempting me. Uh, <laughs> when, crack. Oh, they have a God. new Twix now too. They have a cookies and cream Twix. At cookies and cream Twix. Fuck. Mm. You know, you know what's really good is the white chocolate Kit Kats. Oh, I love white chocolate. All of that stuff. White chocolate Twix, Kit Kat, Reese's. Oh, it's so good. Ah, uh, it's so, oh God. Reese's peanut butter cups and a white chocolate. <laughs> oh, so good. God damn it. You, those are no, good. Hold on. Have you had the Reese's peanut butter cups but with dark chocolate? Oh, yeah. those are delicious, too. Oh. Yeah. I'm a big Another dark level. chocolate fan, yeah. The, you know they have peanut M&Ms now in dark chocolate they that are do. fucking delicious. Oh, man, so good. Uh, the have you uh, see, I see I'm staying away from all the candies and stuff. I've <laughs> made some lifestyle changes and I've been trying to eat healthier and stuff like that. I could tell you about my fucking post-workout shake, and it would probably make you shake because it probably sounds disgusting. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you, yeah, I'll I'm, t- good on, I'm good on kale. Oh, I'm eating kale. <laughs> I had kale today. What the what the hell? I had kale. I tell you, I, I ate kale today. My my post-workout shake is uh, um, I take uh, I take a raw beet. I take banana, kale, and avocado, and then strawberry whey protein with all my BCAs, my uh, branch chain amino acids, and then uh, it's strawberry flavored. 
blend it up with water and I just down that shit, dude. And it's fucking, it's good. It's tasty, man. You get used to that shit. Mm, yeah. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> I, I love it, man. I love it. It's, it's my little reward after I, after I go to the gym. That's what I mean. That's what I'm drinking. It's the old, uh, oh God, it's fucking good shit. But, uh, oh man, there's so many things that tempt me. So many things that tempt me. I miss, uh, I miss fucking, you know what I miss is the fucking, uh, Nutella. Anything Nutella. Oh, and, God. oh yeah, you were all about that. Oh God. oh, God. And now they've got, now they've got like the, uh, M&Ms with like the hazelnut bullshit in them. Oh yeah, I haven't tried those yet. I've seen those though. Yeah. I, the, I, I do, the only things that I, the only sweets that I, uh, that I eat right now are, I do the Halo Top ice cream. Um, oh, I love Halo Top. So do I. I, I. So good. I actually had a little bit of Halo Top today. But then if I, if I, uh, but I, then I do peanut butter. Peanut butter's not terrible for you. Like, yeah, like the peanut butter that I'm having is, yeah, it's got a lot of fat in it, whatever. But like, you know. Do you uh, organic peanut butter? No, fuck that shit. Oh my god! Like, <laughs> I do. I I have to have something like with it. Like it's like you know, like the organic shit has like two gra- like two grams of sugar in it or whatever. I have to have something that has a little bit of added sugar in it because the other stuff just has no flavor. I do peanut butter and company. They got one called white chocolatey, and they put like a little bit of vanilla in it. And, uh, oh, God. oh, yeah, peanut butter company makes good fucking shit. They do. They have a dark chocolate peanut butter that's fantastic as well. Mm. I'm telling you. Like, you guys, yeah. like, you want to eat health? Have some kind of sweets. Yeah. Like, you gotta, like, dude, I gotta fucking have, like, a little bit of sweets in my life, you know? But it's like, oh, fuck. You know, you can't, you can't, you gotta have a cheat day every once in a while. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do it. I do it. I did it. I did it yesterday on my birthday. My sister took me out to dinner. We went and I had, I, I ate a, I ate a hamburger. I ate a fucking hamburger. It had two eggs on it. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. Yeah. And I had French fries. I don't eat like that. I don't eat like that. And so I go to, I, the, so like when I went to the gym today, I checked my weight and listen to this shit. I fucking lost a pound. I fucking lost a pound. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. That's that's not inspiring. You're like, well, shit. Why don't I just fucking have double egg hamburgers tomorrow? No, <laughs> I can't. I can't do it every day, though. I can't do it every day, though. So, like, you know, like today I ate all healthy and shit, you know. But I, but on the flip side, I was also working out for an hour, and then I fucking did 45 minutes on the treadmill. So, fuck. Anyway. What are we, what are we doing? Oh, best female actor of the year. Female actor of the year. All right, uh, Rebecca, what do you have for honorable mentions and your first runner-up? Okay, I'm going to run through these honorable mentions. Uh, a lot of really great stuff I saw this year. Um, Saoirse Ronan in Little Women. I loved her as Joe. I thought she was great. Um, both Constance Wu and Jennifer Lopez in Hustlers. I was so surprised at J-Lo's performance in Hustlers. She was so good. Like, it, she was 
really, really good. I had to mention her for, for, uh, female actor of the year. Um, Jillian Bell for Brittany runs a marathon. AD Bryant for shrill. Uh, uh, let's see what else here. Patricia Arquette and Joey King, both for the act. Um, India Isley for I am the night. Uh, Brie Larson for Captain Marvel and Unicorn Store. Uh, Beanie Feldstein for Booksmart. Mindy, Mindy Kaling and Emma Thompson both for Late Night. Uh, Shujen Zhao for The Farewell. She played the grandmother. She's actually a huge star in China. She's like a really big, um, soap opera actor in China and it was a huge get for the film to get her because she's in incredibly high demand and, um, the director and Aquafina both basically had to call her and beg her to be in this movie. And she did. She took a pay cut as far as I had read. And um, so she's probably maybe not known to most American audiences, but she is a huge star in China. And she made me um, cry. <laughs> she did make – she made me cry too. Yeah. Believe me, I know. <laughs> um, Samara Weaving and Ready or Not – Cynthia Erivo in Harriet, uh, Thomason McKenzie in Jojo Rabbit. She played the young Jewish girl who is hiding in Jojo's house. I thought she was absolutely incredible. Um, Ana de Armas for Knives Out. I thought she was phenomenal in this movie. She really blew me away with her performance. Um, Ali Wong for Always Be My Maybe and uh, Natasha Leone for uh, Russian Doll. And my first runner up is going to be, those are all my honorable mentions. My first runner up is Aquafina in The Farewell. Um, I've, uh, Aquafina, like I, I've enjoyed her performances. I've always thought, oh, she's so funny. I love her comedic timing. And then seeing her, her announced for this film, I thought, oh, is that going to be a good fit? And, uh, wow. Wow. She can do drama and emotion so well and she had her moments where she was funny and uh you know to kind of liven up the or, or or lighten up the movie a little bit in parts but um she really surprised me with what she could do with a really meaty dramatic part in this movie uh she and i i hope she gets more roles like that i'd love to see her take on more meaty roles like that besides any comedy stuff she does so, yeah, I had to put her as one of my runners-up, uh, Aquafina for fa- Farewell. There you go. Uh, Jake, what do you got? <clears throat> yeah, I've got three, runner up, three runners-up and a winner. Um, my first runner-up is uh, Ana de Armas from Knives Out. Um, she was the female lead, played Marta. I just, yeah, she did such a great job and, you know, definitely stood out among a lot of people that aren't easy to stand out amongst, you know. It was such a big group of well-known actors and I, I thought she just did such a fantastic job in that movie like she's definitely got a big future ahead of her i think what's your next runner-up uh my next runner-up is uh lupita nuanga from us um and also maz Kanata in episode nine <laughs> I did not have that written down. It just I, I had to say it. I said that out loud. <laughs> but yeah, she did such a great job as Maz Kanata, you know, handing Chewie that medal. <laughs> 
<laughs> some of the best mocap work I've seen in film in years. <laughs> but yeah, seriously, I, she was so great in us. Yeah. Um, yeah. Such an actor's role, you know, getting to play like two completely different sides of the coin. And I mean, she did it so believably. I sometimes I wouldn't even think of them as the same actor. Like it, it was just wild. It's such a tour de force of a performance. It, she was fantastic in that movie. Oh God, Jesus! How do I recover from that? Um, <laughs> yeah, let's see. Here. I'm going to go over my honorable mentions. Uh, Beanie Feldstein as uh, Molly in Booksmart. Love that movie. Uh, she was incredible. Uh, I thought she was the standout in that movie. And then I would also say Billy Lord is a huge standout. I'm going to fuck it. I'm going to give Billy Lord an honorable mention too. She was great in Booksmart. I'm going to give her one too. I loved her at Booksmart. She, uh, without Billy Lord, that movie's not as good as it was. Uh, Aquafina in the, the farewell. Uh, Rebecca, you, you raved about her. I also am gonna rave about her. I thought she was fantastic. Uh, Lupita Nyongo in Us. Uh, and there's Masconada, I suppose. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, I know, I lied. I said I wasn't gonna give anything to episode nine. <sighs> And Christina Applegate as Jen Harding in Dead to Me. Guys, if you haven't watched Dead to Me, watch it. It's on Netflix. It's fucking amazing. It's on Netflix. Everybody has Netflix. Watch it. Uh, Natasha Lyonne as uh, Nadia Volkovov in uh, Russian Doll. Loved that fucking show. It's one of those shows where like people are like, oh, you got to watch the first three episodes. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's one of those shows. Oh, it gets better. Paul Hart told me that story, and you know what? He was right. After three episodes, I was sucked in. I loved Russian Doll. One of the best fucking shows of 2019. Maya Erskine as Alice in Plus One. Uh, this is the movie where Ben and Alice agree to be each other's plus one at every wedding that they're invited to. It's a fantastic rom-com with adult humor, and it also stars Jack Quaid, the son of, uh, Ray, uh, not, uh Dennis Quaid. Dennis. Dennis Quaid and, uh, Meg Ryan. And, uh, he was also in this series, uh, The Boys. And uh, I loved Maya Erskine. I loved her in Pen15. I loved her in Hulu's Casual. And I loved her in Plus One. Saw this one in the theater. It's amazing. And I believe you can watch Plus One on Hulu right now. Watch it. It's fucking great. Uh, Catherine Hahn as Eve Fletcher in Mrs. Fletcher. Uh, I loved this show. It's on HBO. It's completed. Watch it. And it is amazing. Uh, Shuzan Zhao as Nainai in The Farewell. Rebecca, this is one of your choices. Loved her. She is fantastic in The Farewell. Uh, Hunter Schaefer as Jules Vaughn on HBO's Euphoria. And yes, she personally identifies herself as a woman. And the only reason that I'm saying this is because I'm sure people are looking it up to call me out on it. And that's a fucking shame if you're doing that. Uh, yes, this is a transgender act. I hate the fact that I even have to bring this up. I, I think Hunter yeah. Schaefer. She's incredible. I'm not She's I, great in that. I'm not gonna. It, it shouldn't be. I should. I shouldn't have to sit here and be like, "Yeah, it's a transgender actor," and she did. This is. 
she's an actor. I shouldn't have to bring it up. It's I'm, I, it's not like I'm giving some award for like oh the the, the transgender actor that that did a great job in this show. That trans, being transgender is not what defines Hunter Schaefer. This role is what defines Hunter Schaefer as an actor so far in what I've seen. And it's an incredible performance and I appreciate it and I loved this performance. Um, so I'm going to give it to Hunter Schaefer as Jules Vaughn on, uh, HBO's Euphoria. Um, my runner up is going to be Kirsten Dunst as Crystal Stubbs mm. on Becoming a God in Central Florida. I fucking love this show. On Becoming a God in Central Florida is just an amazing show. I, I, I brought it up as one of my favorite TV shows of this year. Um, Kirsten Dunst, she blew me away in Fargo season two. She continues to impress me, uh, in this Showtime series. Can't wait for fucking season two of uh, On Becoming a God in Central Florida. If you're not watching this, you should be. I know not everybody has a Showtime subscription, but find a way to watch this. Get like a, if you have Hulu, you can sometimes add Showtime for like cheap for like, you know, like they'll give you like six months for like five bucks a month or some shit. Do it. You, you, you will not, <laughs> you will not be disappointed with this. And listen, Halo is going to come out on fucking Showtime. And I know a lot of you fucking video game dorks are going to be fucking all about this Halo shit. You know, uh, who do they get? They got that fucking American Gods guy. They got uh, Lee Schreiber's brother. Uh, oh, Pablo pa- Schreiber. Pablo Schreiber. He's going to be fucking in this show. You know you're going to be watching Halo. So you know what? When Halo... You know, when you get your fucking Showtime subscription and you're watching Halo, you might as well, you know, after it's over, what else is there to watch? Fucking... Uh, on becoming a god in Central Florida, that's what else is to watch. Watch this shit, cause it's a, a fucking amazing series. And Kirsten Dunst, Kirsten Dunst is just fucking killing it in this show. I, like, I, like, she did, uh, interview with the vampire, and then I was like, okay, that's it. Like, yeah, you can say, uh, small soldiers, sure. She was in that, I, I had fun with it too. Yeah, you can say Sam Raimi's Spider-Man movies, yeah, sure. But he, like she's fucking putting on a clinic and on becoming a central god in central uh, on becoming a god in central Florida. So watch this fucking show, uh, Rebecca. Who's your next runner up? My next runner up is going to be Florence Pugh, uh, specifically for the two movies I saw her in this year, Little Women. She played Amy March, um, and that is a character that I feel like traditionally has just been presented very one dimensionally. In the movies, um, in the movie adaptations, I felt like she brought, she breathed new life into the character of Amy. Um, and I loved watching her on screen. And, um, not that this other movie was like an incredible film, but like the movie Fighting with My Family, she I loved was in it. that movie. It is, I love that fucking movie. I thought it was, I, listen, uh, do, am I a wrestling fan? No. Do I know anything about wrestling? No. But I watched this movie. Did you watch because it? it looked like fun yeah. and I was blown away by how good she was <clears throat> in the main role. I even texted Jake afterwards being like, holy cow, I, I like watched a wrestling movie and I liked it. Like it, it was incredible. Like it made me believe in her journey 
to get this uh the belt thing she was going for. Oh, the, oh, the belt I thing. I nothing about wrestling. <laughs> the world champion belt thing. The, the, the world, yeah, that thing. The um, intercontinental belt thing. Exactly. The, <laughs> the people's thing. choice belt thing. I know. Everybody who loves wrestling is yelling at me right now in their phones. But, um, I absolutely loved her this year. Um, I sort of Midsummer? Started. Did you watch Midsummer? I have not seen Midsummer yet, but I know that she is, I know people love her in that. So. That's a fucked up movie. I know it is. That's why I've kind of avoided it. It's a fucked up movie. <laughs> that is a fucked up movie. But, um, so like just, yeah, just, uh, I loved her in the two things that I saw her in this year and I can't wait to see her in more to the point that I just, I had to put her as one of my runner ups. So Florence Pugh, I think she's great and I can't wait to see what she does next. Rebecca, you, I reviewed Little Women last week on the show, episode 314. You better listen to that fucking I, I thing. I haven't listened to it yet. I just finished Rise of Skywalker review. Um, so yeah, that's next. I can't believe you watched it. I can't wait to hear what you thought about you it. You bet your fucking ass I went to fucking, <laughs> I went, I went on December 27th and I went, I saw uh, Little Women and I reviewed it on the show. You better fucking listen to that episode. I will. I will. I will say that I think Timothy Chalamet may be the best portrayal of Laurie I have ever seen. That character, that character, I, can, that character can kiss my ass. I, that character, the character. Uh-huh. You not didn't a, like Laurie? Not a fan of the character. <gasps> he's an asshole. He's a, and he's too into himself. He's <laughs> he's too into himself. He's too into himself. He knows he knows that he fucking makes these vaginas moist. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> he does. He does. He's toying with these he's toying with these women. He knows what he's doing. He I I love the fact that I love the fact that Joe is just like not all about him in these movies. It drives him crazy and I love it. But then and then and then and then she kind of is and then it's like god damn it. God damn it, Joe. <laughs> oh my god. It, having a conversation about little women with Brian on PCL was never a thing that I thought would ever happen. No, I want you to I want you to watch I want you to listen to I want I you I want I you to listen to my it. review. I want you to listen to my review and then like in a future episode if you want to talk about this shit we'll talk about little women. Sounds great. I'll break okay. down the whole goddamn thing with you. We'll fuck okay, it. We'll, we'll <laughs> we will rap, okay? We'll rap on little women. Um let's see here. Jake is, yes. it, is it you? Are, are you yeah. doing another runner-up here? I have another runner-up. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give my next runner-up to uh, Regina King for her uh, role in Watchmen. Um, yeah, I mean, she just knocked it out of the park. I, I I hope that she's almost a regular with Damon Lindelof at this point. I mean, they work so well together on The Leftovers. They work even better together on Watchmen. Um, it seems like they, they have a little bit of a relationship now as far as working together. So I hope she moves along to future projects that Lindelof plans on directing because she was just such a standout actor in this series and, you know, just such a strong female portrayal from her. I mean, just, you know, a character willing to be violent when she deemed violence was needed, but, you know, also showing compassion in other, in other aspects. So she was really good in that show, dude. 
Yeah, and I, I thought I mean, she was great in the first episode, and then mm. by the end, it's even just more incredible what's going on with her. Oh, God. The, the, Watchmen was going to make the tuppies for me, and then the last three episodes happened, and I'm one of those fucking... I'm one of those people, Jake. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't I don't fault you. I get, yeah. I get it. Uh, Watchmen's her performance, her performance is incredible, though. Like, I can't fault Regina King. It had nothing to do with her. I can't fault. She was incredible. Gene Smart was incredible in, in Watchmen. So yeah, it's just like it's such a the, the original is such a Bible for you. It is. It, it's, it's really hard when people mm-hmm. have, you know, different creative visions and interpretations of things. And I love and I Lindelof that. and I still love Lindelof. It's not like it's not like after this. I don't like I, I dude, he fucking he, he was he was swinging for the fences in this shit. And like I, I respect that. I respect that. But like I had problems with like the portrayals of certain characters, beloved characters in the and 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 things that happened to him in the last three episodes that are just kind of like unforgivable for me, but I think the performances overall were amazing and Regina King is oh god, she's incredible in in the series. So yeah, that's a great choice. Yeah, I had to give it to her and then after that I just have my winner. Uh Rebecca, who's your winner? I actually have one more runner-up and then a winner, so I'll be really brief. Um, My next runner-up is going to be Clara Bravo for Wayne. Um, She played Dell in that series. Um, Boy, I just loved her portrayal of Dell. You know, this girl who, when we first meet her, she's selling Girl Scout cookies that are not hers. She's stolen them from (laughs) some Girl Scout, and she's trying to sell them. Um you know, she runs away with Wayne to have this adventure. Um, but she, and, and you can tell that like, she's had a rough childhood. <clears throat> Things are not good at home. Her father is, a, is an asshole. Her brothers are jerks. She lost her mom at a young age and her mom wasn't, maybe her mom wasn't the best example of how to be a good person, but, but her mom loved her and tried to be a good person for her daughter. And she's lost that, and it would it would be so easy for this show to turn Dell into like, you know, Wayne's love interest and nothing else. But the show doesn't do that, and you know, full props to Sean Simmons, uh, who we've talked to a, a, as the creator of the show, for not doing that and making Dell her own person, who's on her own personal journey, trying to figure out who she is. And um, I absolutely loved her as as Dell and. I want her to get more roles. I want to see what else she can do. I want to see her play more characters. The she she where, has been cast mm-hmm. in something else. I had I, I read a thing that she was cast in something, and, I've, and yeah. I don't remember what it was, unfortunately. But um, I absolutely loved her. Um, that That's my last runner-up. But then my winner, I am going to – and this was also a game-day decision. I'm giving it to Caitlin Deaver for Booksmart. Um, and also for unbelievable, uh, she was in two things that I talked about this, this episode alone. Um, I, I love Beanie Feldstein. This is nothing against like, oh, I didn't think Beanie was great. I thought Beanie Feldstein was amazing. I love her. I can't believe in- you're not, I can't believe you're picking her over Beanie. I know, I know. I'm, I'm, yeah, I- this is, sh- this is, yeah. Okay, go ahead. So I, I'm the shocked. Only, and the only reason <laughs> why, is just because I felt like 
because of what her character goes through in Booksmart and the that she's very slowly awakening to who she really is and to who she's really attracted to and to who she really wants to be. And not that Beanie Felton doesn't do that too. Like she awakens to who she is as well. But she, I don't know, something about Caitlin Deaver's character just stood out to me a little bit more. And then after I, after that, I seeing her in Unbelievable um, and the role that she played and how she played it, she did some amazing work this year, some incredible acting on all parts of the spectrum. And um, she's my number one pick. I, I Believe me when I tell you that I sat here and wrestled between her and Beanie Feldstein for number one. I really did. I wrestled with it. But at the end, she edged out just a little bit. Who is your number two? Who is behind, who is behind her? Uh, Clara Bravo for Wayne. Should have been fucking Beanie Feldstein if you had that big struggle for one. I know, I know, but I wanted to. Don't get me wrong; it's it, you know how it goes. You you know, I wish I could give a tuppy to everybody, like, but except men in the fucking directors category. That's a, yeah, exactly. that's a that was a thing. They've gotten enough rewards. <laughs> <laughs> Twenty minutes. Are, are, hold on. Are you are you guys both okay that I haven't given you an award for twenty minutes? Are you 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 all right? Oh, just, oh, just, just checking on, on, oh, on your fragility. Oh, oh, oh Rebecca. Ooh. I can, I'd be okay with a specific award directed. Ooh. For I, I I can't wait till we get to like to the best male actor of the year. And Rebecca's just silent. Is. <laughs> <laughs> I have no winners in this category. It's just, it's just nothing. It's just, it's just nothing. <laughs> They're all losers. It's like a Charlie Chaplin film. It's silent. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you're sticking it to us tonight, Rebecca. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, Sorry, man. Man. Last twenty minutes have been so hard after years of oppression, but the, you know. I know you, you got us. You got It'll us. It'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my penis is just my penis is giving me the thumbs up right now. It's like it's all right, dude. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna make it through this, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Can't nobody take my pride. Can't nobody hold me down. Oh no, I got to keep on moving. Okay. Um, <laughs> I have a, uh, I have a runner up and then I'll, uh, uh, Jake, did you go over your winner? I just have a winner left. Who's yes. your, who's your fucking winner, dude? My fucking winner is Amelia Clark. For Game of Thrones, um, I just loved her performance in the final season. Oh, uh, I thought she really brought it. She was not my favorite actor in the previous seasons of the series. I mean, I I didn't think she was bad by any means, but she was never one of the standout actors until the final season for me. And I just thought whether or not you liked the creative and story decisions. I thought it was very much like a case of like Mark Hamill and last Jedi, where even if you disagree, you still give it your all. And man, she really just gave it her all. Like for when Daenerys turned bad, she 
didn't balk when it came to her facial expressions. And I, it wasn't just an instant turn either. I thought you could really see the build and her emotions and actions. And a lot of that worked for me because of her performance and what she brought to the character. The hardest part of this episode for me is anytime you give any props to Game of Thrones season eight. That's a, yeah. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. I, I, you know, I'm not here to placate the crowds or yeah. placate you. I'm here to give my personal awards. Wow. Things that I Tupperware and God, that's where I'm at. She, now you're banging this Rebecca drum. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bad influence. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I wrote down this winner long before Rebecca decided to hate all men. So. <laughs> oh, hashtag not all men. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Hashtag not all men. <laughs> 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 oh boy, men rights activists are going to come out now. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> I can't believe the way those two men allowed that woman to talk to them on the show. One star. Oh god. <laughs> no, it's, I hope it, we get that review. Here's the thing. It's like at, at first, like yeah, I instantly jumped on it. Like, and it wasn't because of like it, it was. I instantly jumped on it, and then I thought to myself, like, no, like, why should I fucking, like, jump on Rebecca about doing this? I'm just as bad as anybody else who's fucking jumped on any woman about what she wants to stand up for. It's like, I'm not backing off. I'm not being a bitch. I'm just getting to the point where it's like, if that's what if that's the statement Rebecca wants to make, then I'm gonna back her. So yeah, yeah, I was never disappointed or upset with the premise. I was a little bit disappointed with the presentation. That that yeah, that kind of hit me. Like I wanted the illusion. You know what I mean? I got it. I, I I understand what you're saying. Yeah, I get it. That was part of it. Was the illusion? Like I just wanted to like if it was like if you would have just fucking bullshitted me and Jake that you didn't like consciously do this. And it was just like, this is just how it worked out. This is like, I would have been like, okay, I'm going to take her word for it. But then, but then even though you fucking, even though you fucking like showed us how the magic trick worked, like you went against the magic guild, whatever dorky bullshit those magicians (laughs) are all about that you, they can't reveal like their secrets and shit. And you did that. You revealed those dorky fucking magic secrets, even though you've done that. (laughs) Even though you've done that, I still love you, and I think you're awesome. Oh, I still love you too. Yeah, so it's all good, and I feel like I feel hashtag dorky fucking magic. No, and I felt like <laughs> I feel like I, I no, I feel like for a while there, I was kind of like putting you in like a, I was trying to like I was like aggressive, you know, like. I'm a man, you know, testosterone and uh, <laughs> penis shit, you know, and like, I, I, like, I, I don't want to do that. Like, you do it. You, you know what, Rebecca, you do, you, I, I honestly, I hope she, Rebecca made some men uncomfortable. I hope she did. I hope she made you uncomfortable. Good. Yeah. <laughs> go out, well, go out, go out and watch those movies if you haven't watched them. Mm-hmm. If you haven't seen any of those movies that I mentioned that were directed by women, go watch them. Yeah, unsubscribe. But I, but I will bet ninety-five percent of the people who listen to the show at least will have seen one of those movies that were directed by women. If you saw Captain Marvel, you saw a woman that was 
you saw a movie that was directed by a woman and a man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, like if you've watched The Mandalorian, you've watched episodes directed by women. So just go out there and expand your horizons. Don't just chalk it up to, well, maybe they should just make good movies. We are making good movies. Yeah, but next year, don't pull this shit. Okay, Rebecca? I won't. I'm- <laughs> <laughs> That was a joke. You can do whatever you want. I don't give a fuck. That was a joke. Okay. <laughs> um, are we on me? Did you give your one? Yes. Yeah, it's yours. Oh, it's me. I, I'm. I've got one more runner-up that I wanted to mention, and it's uh, Zendaya as Rue Bennett in Euphoria. Um, I've raved about this show. Sam Levinson just killed it in this fucking show. I loved it, and Zendaya was amazing. She played uh, a drug addict in this one and just just amazing so gotta give it up for Zendaya my winner though is uh, this is a game time decision and it was something that I just recently watched it's Phoebe Waller-Bridge as Fleabag in Fleabag season 2 yes I love her I've only watched season 1 but oh my god I love her I fucking killed season 2 this week and she is just so fucking good and like yeah, her guys. I'm Phoebe Waller Bridge as Fleabag. Like, oh, so is that a name? Is it name Fleabag? Is it name Fleabag? Hold on. All right, <laughs> this is. Uh, I didn't know this, but I looked it up. There's an article from Bustle.com, and it goes on to say, "What I'm wondering is, does the lead character in Fleabag have a name, or is it in fact just Fleabag? You may not have noticed it yet." But go back and watch any episode of Fleabag, and you'll realize that the lead character is never addressed by a name. Only She's not named. Only by you, her, or something similar. So it's time to get to the bottom of this mystery. So basically, yeah, uh, it, it, when you when you hit pause on Amazon, you know how they show you like the different actors that are involved in the scene. When you hit pause and it's Phoebe Waller Bridge in a scene. She's listed as Fleabag. So this is an amazing fucking series. Uh, I, a lot of people are like, yeah, just wait till you get to season two. And it, for me, to be quite honest with you, I loved both seasons equally. Um, I thought season one left us on a hell of a, uh, of a, of a cliffhanger, a huge reveal at the end of season one. And then, uh, season two, uh, was just incredible. Part of me, part of me wants a season three so bad. I know she's saying she's not going to do it, but I don't think it's enough. I, I don't think season bag, I don't think flea bag season two is enough. I want more with her. I don't want it to end that way with her. I want fucking more. I want a flea bag season three. It's, it's not set. No, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm just going to say it's not that it's not a satisfying. It's not satisfying. This is not the Snickers season for me. It's not satisfying. I want more. I want more. This is not the end of this character that I want to see. I want to see more. I want to see more. There should be more. God damn it. Phoebe Waller-Bridge, get off your ass. Make season three of Fleabag. I want it. I fucking want it. She's so goddamn talented. She is, she is this generation's Carrie Fisher, in my opinion. She can do it all. She can act. She can, she can, she can, uh, she, she can act. She can write. She can do it all. She's incredible. Phoebe Waller Bridge. Uh, I'm going to give it to her in, uh, Fleabag season two. 
All right, let's move on into uh, Male Actor of the Year. Best Male Actor in a Film. This should be a should be a pretty quick one for you, Rebecca. Yeah, I've got like only three people. <laughs> <laughs> figured as much. Figured as much. <laughs> oh, you're so wrong. Um, I have uh, a bunch of runner, a bunch of honorable mentions. I will run through very quickly. Um, Hamish Patel for yesterday. Uh, if anyone hasn't seen yesterday, what an incredible film. Guy gets bumped on the head, wakes up, and in a world where the Beatles never existed. And he's a struggling musician, and he starts to release Beatles songs as his work. Um, and it sounds like, oh, it's a fun little movie, and it certainly is, but then it, it gets really dark, and not dark, but it gets really deep. And a lot of that has to do with how good the main character, Hamish Patel, is. Uh, I thought he was excellent. I, I want to see him in way more stuff. Um Kelvin Harrison Jr. for the movie Loose. He was incredible in that role. Um, what a good job at making you unsure if he was a good guy or a bad guy. Just so good. Um, Mark McKenna for Wayne um, as the main character. John and Jamie Champagne as the twins in Wayne. They were hilarious. They were so funny. With their hotcakes and all that. Like, they were just so... They, they were great. Um, Stephen uh, Keevan, who played the sergeant in Wayne, and his crazy twist and reveal of how he... These tattoos he has and where he learned all this weird stuff that he's into. Uh, that was great. Um, Eddie Murphy for Dolomite is my name. Um, this was the first thing I've seen Eddie Murphy in in a long time where I was like, Wow, he is really good in this. It was a great and movie. So good. Great, great movie and a great performance by Eddie Murphy. Like a return to form to me of like what I think of as like when Eddie Murphy was like really doing Did good, you, good uh, we talked about this last week. Did you watch the SNL? No, I didn't see it yet. Watch it. Have you seen it, Jake? Yeah, it was fantastic. Oh, All man, the characters. Awesome. I'm talking Gumby. I'm talking Buckwheat. I'm talking Velvet. Oh, I'm Mr. Robinson, I'm Velvet fucking Jones. Yeah, I don't think there was a bad sketch. I can't think of an SNL episode like that. I was dying, Jake. The fucking fucking family Christmas (laughs) pre-recorded sketch that they had. I was dying. Killing it on the on the pre-records on SNL. That's that's the one thing they have been doing well the last couple years. God damn it, I was dying. Yeah, go ahead, Rebecca. I'm sorry. Awesome. That's great. Um, Taika Waititi for Jojo Rabbit. Um, Also, the two boys who were in that movie, Archie Yates uh, and Roman Griffin Davis, who were in Jojo Rabbit. I thought both of those boys were incredible. Um, Robert Downey Jr. for Endgame. I, I, what a great performance. What a way to cap off that character arc. Um, Taryn Edgerton for Rocket Man. What? Thank you. Thank you. I love Rocket Man. Thank you. Rocket Man. I get it. Not everybody likes it. I don't care. I love it. Fuck them. Fuck them. Fuck them. It's a great movie. An incredible, incredible film. 
um, I feel like Rocket Man went places that um, the Freddie Mercury biopic was afraid to go. Thank you, thank you, Rebecca. They go there. They put. They built a house and stayed there. Like they were not afraid to show you two men having sex on screen. Yeah, they were not afraid to show you that. I agree because this is Elton John's life. How are you going to tell his story? If you do not share everything, and that's where the Freddie Mercury movie went wrong. But Rocket Man. Oh God, they got plenty of close-ups of those goddamn buck teeth, didn't they? God, those teeth were very. <laughs> God forbid. God forbid. What, what's what's more offensive, those buck teeth or seeing two men fuck each other? I would rather see two men fuck each other than those fucking goddamn buck teeth. Yeah. It would make more sense to show that in Bohemian Rhapsody too, given how the whole thing ends up. Yes. Like for the for the Rocket Man movie to have more balls when it's not even as necessary a part of the, the end game of the story is just ludicrous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. You're absolutely right. I loved Rocket Man. I loved all the m- musical numbers. I loved the dancing. I yeah. loved the singing. I loved the costume work. Uh, but Taryn Edgerton, what a standout. Handpicked by Elton John. That has to say a lot for the confidence he felt for this actor to play him in this movie. I absolutely loved it. Um, both Jimmy Fates and Jonathan Majors for the two main characters in The Last Black Man in San Francisco. I thought they were absolutely incredible in that movie such heart-wrenching deep emotional performances from these two men who are best friends and who love each other on a very deep level that goes beyond family um daniel craig in knives out i thought just great i mean this is like a breath of fresh air for daniel craig like he just took on this role and that crazy accent and and playing this character i i do hope they make more movies with him in it as that character i absolutely loved it um, Mark Ruffalo in Dark Waters. I thought he was incredible in that. Um, the three kids who were in Good Boys, Jacob Tremblay, Keith L. Williams, and Brady Noon, I thought they were incredible in their performances, playing these kids with their potty mouths and doing getting into crazy adventures. And also, a, a, a special shout-out to Thomas Hayden Church in, in, the, in The Peter Butter Falcon. He had a very small role in that movie, he played like a sort of a washed up wrestler um, who kind of uh, puts on the gear one more time to like give a special lesson um, to to the young man in the movie. And I don't know, Thomas Hayden Church, I haven't seen him personally. I haven't seen him in a ton of stuff lately. I just thought he gave he gave a lot of heart into that performance. Oh, I, to, you know what I loved him in? What? Sideways. What a great movie! Sideways and forever, but that yeah, he is good in that oh, movie. He's so he, good in that. He movie. was everywhere for a minute, like he was in everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, I, I I thought for such a small role, um, but for him being almost like the MacGuffin of the movie, the whole reason why they even go down to Florida, and then when they finally meet him, you know mm. that I I just that moment where he's like, hold on, let me let me get changed, and he becomes that that wrestling character again give him that that lesson that he drove all the way for i don't know something about that role just really he put a lot of his heart into that and i i saw it um, uh, if you give if you give the next tuppy to his 
it's, to Jake the Snake Roberts, I'll, I'll give you a hug forever. Oh, uh, uh, spoilers, no. But sorry. God damn it. Hug anyway, bro. You could have <laughs> just lied and got that I know, right? hug there. There's, a, there's no, no hugs given. Sorry. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> so my my first runner-up is, uh, continuing the theme, Zach Gotzigan from Peanut Butter Falcon. Um, this was the young actor who has Down Syndrome, who played uh, the character who is the Peanut Butter Falcon. And uh, he was absolutely incredible in this movie. Everything that he's this character has been through, you know, he... He lost his family. There's no one to take care of him. He's not able to live on his own. He ends up living in a senior uh, living assisted place. And he's surrounded by old people. He just wants to go. He's obsessed with wrestling. And he watches these tapes. And he's determined to get down to Florida and go to this wrestling school so he can become the wrestler that he always wants to be. And, um, you know, of course, he meets up with Shia LaBeouf and Dakota Johnson's in it. And, and they get down there. And, and there's all these incredible heartfelt moments in that film. And um, I, but I just, for me, Zach did such an amazing job playing the character of the same name, Zach. Uh, he's my first runner-up. Nice. Jake, what do you got, man? Uh, I got three runners-up and a winner here, so I'll start with my uh, my first runner-up. And my first runner-up is um, Leonardo DiCaprio as uh, Rick Dalton from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought he was so great in this movie. I, I'm surprised that when I, when I read people's reviews on this movie, it seems like more of the um, accolades are given to... Uh, the Brad Pitt character than the Leo character from what I've seen. But. I think they're both deserving, but I think Leonardo definitely edges him out in this. In yeah, my that's opinion. the way I feel about it, too. Yeah. I'm kind of surprised that the general consensus is that Brad Pitt was the, the better actor of the two, but I, I thought Leo was just so great as that just like, yeah. you know, right at the edge of his career, maybe won't have a career anymore type of actor who's like still trying to like relive and capture on those on those glory days well yeah it's 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 so true there's like this there's like this thing in hollywood where like you know the older actor now has to pass the torch on to the younger guy and now the older actor is now the villain and they're showing the younger actor defeating who used to be like the hero and like like that's such a real thing that happens in, in in movies i mean yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. And Leo, there's such like he does such a great job of making that both funny and pathetic at the same time. Right. Yeah. Like it never leans too far one way or the other, and I think he's definitely a lot responsible for that. You know. So yeah, yeah had to give it to him for most part of time in Hollywood. Give me your next runner up, and then and then we'll and then I'll give my I'll go into my honorable mentions. Uh, my next runner-up is actually um, someone Rebecca mentioned as an honorable mention. It is uh, Roman Griffin Davis from Jojo Rabbit. He was the the lead boy in Jojo Rabbit, and nice. I mean, just like I was talking about Leo, like th- it's such a hard job this kid had to do. Like he both kind of had to be a little shit a- and also like a character that you were compassionate towards by the end of the movie. And I thought Roman did just such a good job of like both being that that little little brat, but also you kind of relating to him on that younger kid level that is, just doesn't know any better and is just kind of learning his way through life. And you, you kind of learn the lessons along with the character. And mm-hmm. I just thought he did such an amazing performance. I mean, I'm I'm sure being a kid that age and 
getting to work with Taika Waititi was probably just such a thrill for him. And, you know, it's, it almost seems like it would be hard to keep focused at kid that age having Taika Waititi direct you. So, you know, much power to him for I, being able to, you know, it, it must take a lot of discipline on that set. That's got to be a pretty wild set. You know, for me, having acted in one movie... <laughs> I, I yeah, almost gave you an honorable mention. <laughs> Spoilers, um hold on. that was my Tupperware. My m- hold on. My movie has not come out yet. So I could oh my god. Oh, 2020. Okay. Yeah, okay. 2020. It comes out sometime in May, I believe. My movie has not come out yet. So there is a chance that I could show up as an honorable mention. When we record the Tupperwares next year, guys. Yeah, you could give yourself fucking mail after every year. It's true. <laughs> it would mean so much more coming from one of you, though. It would mean so much more coming from give one of you. Give it to yourself. You. Your fucking dick can give you the thumbs up about it. Oh, my so. God. It would mean so much. I am so terrified. to, see. Dude, th- like, they are going to, like, have this movie playing. It's going to premiere in Rockford, Illinois. And, like, they're going to have, like, I am terrified. Like, I don't know when the premiere is going to be. I'm going to get an email about it. But, like, I am terrified. Like, part of me is, like, don't show up to the premiere. Don't huh. do it. Like, I... But like, then there's a part of me that oh, like got to. Then there's a part of me that like wants to go and see it, and like to be in a theater. Like that's a once in a lifetime kind of thing to be in a theater and then like watching a movie, and then all of a sudden you're on the screen, right? What if, I mean, what if you show up at the premiere and they cut your scene out? They won't. Like it's a, it's a, <laughs> it's a pretty pivotal scene. So like, okay, okay, yeah. Like and my character, like like I was actually just like. It's, it blows my mind. It blows my fucking mind. So I, I don't know. Like, I'm scared <laughs> to death to see how it's gonna turn out. I have no idea. So, yeah. I don't know. I don't know why I brought that up. But yeah, I could, yeah, I'm, I could be, I could be, I could, I could get a toppy. I could get a fucking goddamn toppy! Long overdue. <laughs> Long overdue. Long overdue. <laughs> I'm just planting the seed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no judge, wink, wink. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? <laughs> um, yeah, my honorable mentions. I'm going to give my first honorable mention to uh, James McAvoy. Uh, James McAvoy for his performance in Glass as uh, Kevin Wendell Crumb, Barry S., Dennis, Miss Patricia, Hedwig, Jade, Orwell, The Beast, Heinrich, Samuel, Mary Reynolds, Ian, Norma, Mr. Pritchard, Luke, Goddard, Bernice, Polly, Raquel, Felita, Ansel, Jalen, Kat, and BT in glass. Wow, that's a lot of, lot of acting. Well, he, yeah, he, he's got that, what's that, what do they call it? Dissociative identity disorder. And, yeah, exactly. And yeah, so he yeah. plays 24 different characters and I just named off all 24. It wasn't a joke. I really appreciated his performance in Glass. I really enjoyed that movie. I thought it was fantastic and I thought James McAvoy was a standout. Um, next honorable mention. Taryn Egerton, of course, in Elton John as Elton John yes. in Rocket Man. I loved this movie, and 
And yeah, I know it has its detractors. There, there are, there, there are, there are people out there that don't like it. I happen to love it. I, I think the movie spoke to me and I, and, and, um, I got emotional in the film. I thought it was just an incredible film. Uh, Jared Harris as, uh, Valerie Legasov in, uh, HBO Chernobyl. Chernobyl was just one of those amazing shows of, uh, 2019 and Jared Harris was just absolutely incredible. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio as Rick Dalton in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. What an amazing fucking performance. Just an amazing performance. He, he, the, 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 the scene of him in his trailer when he's yelling at himself in the mirror. Um, I mean, like that right there sums it up. And that, that's not it. I mean, there's so much more in this movie, but Leonardo DiCaprio, hell of a fucking actor. Hell of a fucking actor. Joaquin Phoenix is Arthur Fleck in the joke in uh in Joker. Um Joaquin Phoenix just embodied the character, an amazing movie. Uh Giancarlo Esposito as Congressman Powell in Godfather of Harlem. This is the series on Epics. Giancarlo Esposito, uh of course he was in The Mandalorian this season. He's been in Breaking Bad. I mean, he's been he's been in a bunch of shit, but like he was so good as Congressman Powell. And Godfather of Harlem. This is a show that I think that everybody should watch. If if you dive into an epic subscription, um, Godfather of Harlem is one of those shows that you need to be watching. Uh, Forrest Whitaker is amazing. Uh, Vincent D'Onofrio is amazing. But I think Giancarlo Esposito as Congressman Powell is just, he, he, he fucking killed it. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. in Avengers Endgame. Got to give him... A, uh, tuppy for, uh, his performance as, uh, Tony Stark. Uh, Mark Ruffalo as Robert Billet in, uh, Dark Waters. Nice. Just nice. fucking, I loved that movie. Great um, movie. Yeah. I mean, I love the fact that you gave this guy a fucking hero award because he was. And it's, you're giving a hero award to a fucking lawyer. Like, oh my I God. I know. But <laughs> he fucking deserved it. It's, it's a fucking incredible film. And, uh, I'm so glad that I got a chance to see it. Adam Driver as Charlie in Marriage Story. I, I, I loved Marriage Story. I don't, I don't care. I thought it was great. I thought this is a breakout performance for Adam Driver. I think this guy is, uh, the sky is the limit for Adam Driver. Uh, he is up and coming, and Marriage Story proved that. Tom Hanks as Fred Rogers in A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Amazing performance. Fantastic job. I think, I think he did a great job as Fred Rogers in that movie. Oh, that movie was emotional, made me feel things, and uh, I loved it. Uh, Brett Gelman as Martin in Fleabag Season 2 and for his role as Murray in Stranger Things Season 3. I love Brett Gelman. There's not anything that Brett Gelman has ever done that I have not loved. I think this guy is brilliant. I think he can play. Uh, he's great in comedy. He's great in dark comedy. He's great in drama. Brett Gelman is just an amazing fucking actor. Uh, and my first runner-up is going to be Shia LaBeouf as the... Father James Lort in Honey Boy and also for his role as Tyler in the Peanut Butter Falcon. Um, Shia LaBeouf just had a fucking amazing year. It's a, it's a, it's a LaBeoufissance. We're ha- we're going through a LaBeoufissance. <laughs> yeah. It's nice that we're not making fun of him this year. He's, yeah. It's just, what an incredible year for this guy. Guys, if you haven't seen the Peanut Butter Falcon, watch this movie. Is it on Amazon? Is it on Amazon Prime now? Can you watch it on Amazon Prime? I don't know. 
Honey Boy. Um, maybe. Honey Boy. Honey Boy will be coming out soon. Like, you gotta, you gotta watch. Guys, gotta watch them. Watch these movies. Honey Boy is about Shia LaBeouf's, like, like, it, it's his story. It's, it's, it's him. It's him growing up. It's what he dealt with in his life. It's, it's, it's the fact that, you know what? PTSD isn't all just fucking going to war. PTSD can just be growing up as a child. Um, it can, you know, I mean, it's true. Uh, so I, I would watch, uh, I would watch Honey Boy. It's just an incredible film. Peanut Butter Falcon's fucking great too. It's a great fucking movie. Um, Rebecca, go on to your next runner up. Uh, my next runner up is going to be Joaquin Phoenix for Joker. I, um, this movie, I mean, uh, this movie didn't have to be a DC movie. It didn't have to be a movie about the Joker. This movie could have easily been about a man named Arthur Fleck who's been through the ringer and has as is descending into madness because of all kinds of factors around him that he can't get his medication. Um, he, um, has questions about his parentage. He's raised by probably a crazy mother. Um, and has all kinds of, uh, ha- has a disorder where he laughs with un- uncontrollably. Um, I thought his, I thought his physical transformation uh, of how much weight he lost and how thin and gaunt he became for the role, as well as his, um, well as his embrace of the madness, that whole scene after he kills those guys on the subway and he runs into that, that bathroom and he does that like weird little dance um, that uh, I'm sure you guys know, it it was completely improvised. Like he heard the music that they were going to play and he improvised this dance thing and it just sort of shows him reveling in the insanity reveling in the violence and you know i i've been a fan of his work for a long time and uh yeah i he is my yeah he's also a runner-up for this um i thought he did an amazing job in that movie nice jake who do you have as your next runner-up yeah, I have the exact same person, actually. Uh, <laughs> Green Phoenix for, for his role in The Joker. I can't imagine anyone else doing this role and, and having it be anywhere near as good. Yeah, like a lot of what Rebecca said from the, you know, physical work he did to, you know, lose weight and, and all that stuff to just, just the performance. There was just so much to it. And you can tell he just really, you know, really got into this character and I think he actually enjoyed playing it maybe more than anyone who's ever played the Joker. You know, it it seems like that's, I agree. Right. It seems like that's a role that, you know, people do great jobs in, but once they're away from it, they kind of talk about the (laughs) horrors and, you know, not enjoying the part, but it it seems like Phoenix on the other hand, kind of had completely the opposite experience where he just, maybe he learned stuff about himself through the role or just enjoyed dude and it's like it's almost like he wants to revisit the character possibly like that's unreal to me right yeah it it is unreal to me i mean we know that marvel tried to tap him for doctor strange and the reason he wouldn't do it is because he didn't want to commit to multiple movies and it's always been it's not a new thing we've always known he's kind of that guy who just wants to move from project to project well, if you ever want to know how weird he is, just watch his movie. It's a documentary called I'm Still Here. 
Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I had to give it up to him. I, I, you know, this movie just really took me by surprise. Like everything, everything on paper makes me think I was going to hate this movie, but it ended up being easily one of my favorite movies of the year. Uh, my next runner up is going to be, uh, Daniel Craig as Benoit Blanc in, uh, nice. Knives <laughs> Out. I, 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 God damn it. Like after watching this movie, um, you know, three times now, I have just, this performance is just incredible. I, I can't get over how amazing he was in this role. And, um, it, it's one of those things when you, it, it, I was watching the, when I was listening to it with the director's commentary, um, Ryan Johnson actually said like at the end of the movie in the credits, he did want to, there was a point in time where he wanted to put up, um, on the credits, like Benoit Blanc will return. And he wanted to do that. Like, I know that he wants to bring this character back. I, I, I seriously think that we could get a sequel, uh, and, and see this character show up in other stories. Like, and and Daniel Craig just did such a great job as this character. And I love the fact that, like, Ryan Johnson kind of, like, confirmed something that I said when we reviewed it. Like, when you first meet this character, you do kind of think he's an imbecile, like, in certain mm-hmm. points in the movie. And then Ryan Johnson ends up saying, like, but you find out he is a brilliant detective. And and. And I, that's exa- I, I, when Ryan Johnson said it, and like that was my interpretation of the character. I, I loved it because I was just like, that's exactly ha- how I felt about watching this character, and and I'm listening to like sometimes his internal monologue when he like verbalizes it, like when he says it out loud, he sounds like such a moron. But like when when but when you do get down to like how he does deduce things, he is brilliant. Like when you see it work out in the end of the movie, he is a brilliant detective. And, um, Daniel Craig, like just, just fucking nailed it in this movie. Like Ryan Johnson talks about his piercing blue eyes in certain scenes. And like, these are things like I'm noticing upon like second and third watch and like how he does lean into the camera and how he does use like his eyes to basically kind of like intimidate, you know, members of the Thromby family into, uh, you know, giving out information or uh, it's, I don't know. I love, I just fucking, I loved him in this role. I want to see him do more stuff like this. I thought like, you know, his role in, uh, uh, Logan Lucky, he was great in that. And I was thinking, you know, he can do comedy and he, he killed it here. His whole fucking donut hole speech in Knives Out had me rolling <laughs> in the theater. I love Daniel Craig as Benoit Blanc. And so he's my, um, runner up for um uh male actor of the of the year of 2019 i I have a question for you about knives out um being that you've seen it three times now like and obviously after the first time you know the twist Uh uh-huh does it does it take away anything from that aspect of the movie seeing it like knowing how it all works out? No, it actually kind of enhanced it to be quite honest with you, and especially, oh, okay. especially with like the director's commentary. Like it was one of those things that y- you find out that in the director's commentary, um, Ryan Johnson says like that was not the original ending. Like oh. the 
I'm not going to spoil anything, but he says like he had a different kind of like, like it, it was the same kind of like twist, but like trying to, I'm, I'm, I don't want to get into spoiler territory. Um, he basically explains that the ending, like one of the big twists in the movie, um, was he, he showed it to a couple of screenwriters and they said, well, we think you should do this. And he liked it. He liked what he liked their kind of revision on it. And he went with it. And, um, I think it was, I, I think it was just, so, it was, it was so cool for me to figure out like, like, that Ryan Johnson's like not against constructive const- uh, constructive criticism, and that he took it, and that and that it, that it made the movie better. And so, like honestly, I think like the more you watch this movie, the more brilliant these twists are. Like you realize, like you realize, like how brilliant it is for all these things to kind of come together. And everything that he does, where it be, whether it be a character walking through, like, uh, sneaking through a window and a, and, and placing their foot on a certain part of a window to where mm. that becomes an important thing in the movie, where, all these things are important. All this attention to detail that he put into this movie is just absolutely incredible. It's just an incredible achievement that he's done. And he talks about how, like, um, he didn't want to make this a parody of movies like Clue. And, and guys, you've got to watch this with the director's commentary. It will definitely enhance your experience with this. It'll also enhance your experience with Ryan Johnson. If you, if you had a bad taste in your mouth about him and what he did with Star Wars, you'll fall in love with this guy, um, with what he did with Knives Out and, um, the love that he has for not only like the cast, but like, you know, uh, murder mysteries and, um, just him as a person. It was just nice to get to kind of like know him, you know, it was just nice to get to know him. It's like, it's like, I, you know, I, like I, one of the reasons that we do this show is like, you know, I want to know, it's always great when we get to talk to creators and stuff like that. We got Rebecca mean, you got to talk to Sean Simmons. I'm trying to reach out now and talk to other people that are doing other things, um, I would love to get to talk to other, like, there's no way in fuck I'm ever going to be able to talk to Ryan Johnson, but no, how awesome would that be? Though? It would be incredible. It would be incredible. There's no way in fuck I'm ever going to be able to talk to Ryan Johnson. There, there, there's like, there's no, there's no fucking, I was talking about for all mankind where there, there's this universe where fucking Russia makes it to, you know, that, that would happen before I ever talked to Ryan Johnson. Okay. <laughs> That'll let that. I, I, Oh man, Ryan Johnson returned a tweet for me this year, and it was easily one of my proudest moments of 2019. <laughs> I remember you showed that to me, and I was just like, "Holy shit!" Ryan Johnson responded. He liked one of my tweets, but he fucking responded to you. Yeah, he responded to me, and it was about the both of us praising Lana Del Rey. So he, he yeah. became one of my favorite people ever this year. <laughs> yeah, but it's just like you know, like I felt like I I got to spend two hours with Ryan Johnson and I got to get into his head and about this movie. And, um, it's awesome. It's just, it's an incredible way to watch this movie. I highly recommend it guys. It's still in theaters. Fucking do this, fucking do this. And I promise you that once you do it, 
Um, I'm telling you, like maybe like the, the first 20 minutes might be rough. You might be just first 20 minutes for me. I was just like, oh my god, I just want to watch the fucking movie because this is a good fucking movie. And you you will you will want to fucking turn off the commentary. But if you can make it past that first 20 minutes and just keep on with it, it is an experience. And then you'll tell yourself, you'll convince yourself just to go back to the theater one more time and watch it without the commentary. And it's it's all worth it. It's so fucking good. So let's I'm sorry. I'm going to shut the fuck up and we'll get to our winners. Rebecca, who's your winner? Best male actor. Um, my winner is Shia LaBeouf. Uh, you talked about him earlier. He this he did have an incredible year, 2019. Peter Butter Falcon, which was such a beautifully shot film, beautifully acted, um, and him playing a character that. Gosh, I mean, he's no hero when we meet him, but by the end of the movie, he's kind of a hero and um the, the kid Zach who's traveling with him thinks the world of him he just he thinks he's this larger than life incredible person and it makes Shia's character want to be better too um and then of course him in Honey Boy of playing his father uh and the scenes that he had with the young actor who was playing basically Shia um the, those were incredible. Those were so well done. Um, and just watching this guy who thinks he's doing this amazing stuff and helping his kid be an actor. Um, and then, you know, ha- watching this kid realize that his dad is not capable of loving him the way he needs to be loved. It's heartbreaking. And then just watching Shia put all his pain on the screen like that for... Um, Honey Boy, just incredible. I I have to give him the tuppy this year. It's a great fucking choice. I love it. Jake? Yes, um, I'm going to give the tuppy for actor to Adam Driver this year. Um, My girlfriend Michelle made me watch Marriage Story last week. I just couldn't believe the performance he delivered in that. I'm going to go ahead and love Star Wars in here too, because honestly his, you know, power to him for still delivering that kind of performance within this movie um you know he was great he's just star wars is lucky to have him that's for fucking sure mm-hmm. and um yeah i mean the sky's the limit for this guy i i just can't wait to see what he does next i imagine it'll be more low-key films than like these big budget franchises but i don't think he's against that i wouldn't be surprised if we did see him again in another big budget licensed movie i feel like he He's the kind of guy that can do both at the same time. So it just makes him all the more versatile. He should just play Indiana Jones' son now. He should be. He should take over Shia LaBeouf's character <laughs> as Mutt. I would not be opposed to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, just, you know, I don't know what more to say. I, Marriage Story really was just a crazy movie. It was a crazy and, movie. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. He yeah, was, he was so squirmy. He was so good in that fucking movie, though. Yeah, just fantastic. I thought Scarlett Johansson was really fucking great in that movie as well. Um, 
I mean, I knew Adam Driver was a great actor, but ScarJo's kind of hit and miss. So I was, I mean, this is a whole other topic, but I was really surprised by her performance she, as well. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I thought she was really good. I thought she was good for her. I think it's the best performance she's had since fucking Lost in Translation. Yeah, and but I, even like within episode nine, like you can just see what a great actor he is. Like when he goes from one aspect of the character to another aspect of the character. Yeah. It's like almost two different performances within the same movie. Oh, and it's okay. just, I mean, whether you like the plot points or not, it's hard to argue the performance that's being put into the ideas. And it's yeah. just amazing. My winner for best male actor of the year. This is no joke. Adam Sandler is Howard Ratner in Uncut Gems. Mm. Nice. Yeah, I've heard lots of buzz about his performance Jesus in Jesus Christ, movie. he's fucking good. Jesus Christ. I, I, I gotta give it to Adam Sandler this fucking year. There's no way you're ever gonna get another performance out of this guy like this. This is... Uh, this is just... Uh, what an... I loved this movie. I, I gotta see this movie again. Before this movie leaves theater, I got, the theaters, I gotta see this again. I have to see uncut gems again like this week i'm debating like i've seen everything until thursday thursday i'm gonna go see 1917 Mm -hmm. i've seen everything until thursday so i'm debating i've got one more movie that i can see with my a-list and i'm like am i gonna see jumanji again or am i or am i gonna go see uncut gems and i think a part of me wants to go see uncut gems again because of this adam sandler performance adam sandler is just absolutely incredible as howard ratner in this um just 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 this guy who's just obsessed with gambling and and uh trying to get ahead and just gets him sinks sinks himself deeper and deeper into 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 debt with uh you know uh with with these um um, sh- what are they, what, sharks, what do they call these, you know what I mean? Gambling sharks or whatever the fuck you want to call Loan them. sharks. Loan sharks. Yeah, it's just, I mean, he's got, he's got, uh, he's got a family, he's got an ex-wife, but then he's, yeah, he's got a wife and they're, they're separated and he's got his own place, he's got a mistress and this is just, hey, Rebecca, have you seen this fucking movie yet? No, it's on my list. I definitely want to see this one. I'm telling you, you got to watch this fucking thing before it leaves there. It's A24, and it, just another, just an, another amazing A24 movie. And uh, Adam Sandler, this is this is a year that Adam Sandler is, I think, the best actor of 2019. I can't believe I'm fucking saying it. That's that's yeah. wild. That's, that's wild. wild. I read an article today that said this movie has the seventh most F-bombs in cinematic history. It does, <laughs> yeah. I read that as well. Yeah, it's it's up there. Kevin Garnett's great in it. I mean, uh, Lakeith Stanfield's in it, and he's fucking great in the fucking movie. It, it's a really good, it's a really good movie. It's a really good movie. I, I highly recommend this one. Yeah, it looks good. I want to see it. Um, let's take a break. We're going to come back. We've have, we have two more left. We have two more things left. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back with best comic book movie of the year and then best movie of the year. Awesome. Hi, I sound like Morgan Freeman. I bet most of you do some online shopping with Amazon. It's just so easy. I myself logged in today to buy adult diapers. No, I'm not embarrassed. I have zero shame. 
and I really don't give a fuck what you think. I'm at that age. You'll get here too one day. And don't think that you won't, you naive asshat. One day you too will be just like Jamie Lee Curtis and shitting your body weight and Dan and yogurt and the next thing you know you'll be on Amazon ordering adult diapers saying holy shit that freckled face fucker was right anyway the whole point of this is to tell you that popcultureleftovers.com has an Amazon shopping link what that means is when you click on the link from their website it helps the show it doesn't charge you extra at all you just shop like you regularly would and Amazon takes care of the rest. It's easy and convenient. Just like these diapers. I literally blew up this diaper while recording this ad. Hashtag truth. All right. Hey, we are back. All right. We're going to be jumping into... Hold on. I got, a, I got something real quick. My sister is going to be starting her own podcast. Oh, wow. What's really? the theme going to be? My sister is a, uh, she's, she's, uh, she's a, she's one of the most ins- inspirational people in my life. Um, she's the only person that can fucking like really get to me. Get, she knows me and, uh, she's a life coach. Um, and she's going to come out with a podcast and I'll have more, I'll have more. Uh, she's, she's, she knows that I do one. She's, she's wanting to do her own podcast and she's a life coach and she wants to change people's lives. She's gone through a lot in her life. She's got an inspirational story that she wants to st- share with people. And, uh, so, uh, when that podcast comes out, I'm definitely going to be promoting it. So, um, I will give you more details when, uh, when, uh, she puts out an episode. So that's exciting. Yeah. And yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, you know what else is inspirational? What's that? Chris Evans sweater in Knives Out. <gasps> Can we talk about the sweater? Can I talk oh about God. the fact that I fucking, my sister bought me the Chris Evans Knives Out <gasps> sweater for my birthday and I fucking love this thing. It is so That's hilarious. It's so, oh, co- oh God, goodness. it's so fucking cozy. Oh, I love it. Stop teasing me. It, oh my God. It's a great sweater. It's so, co- Rebecca, you gotta get one. I'm telling you, you gotta get one. You gotta get, get one. Sevens? I'm trying, but sweater, <laughs> I could probably get easier. <laughs> mine's, not, mine's not all tattered like his. You know, you notice how his was all kind of yeah, like had yeah. holes in like, it. Like worn in. I'm gonna wear it. I'm gonna wear the fuck out of it. It'll get tattered like his, but <laughs> yeah. He, he tweeted a picture. He got a, a doggy vest for his dog. Uh, Dodger, and it's the sweater. From oh, that's Dodger. great! Now, it, it that's hilarious. Cutest thing is pictures of Dodger uh, wearing the doggy sweater. It's adorable. Uh, it's a great fucking sweater, and I fucking love it. Uh, let's move on into uh, best comic book movie of the year. Pop culture leftovers. Best comic book movie of the year. Big man in a suit armor. Take that away. What are you? Genius, billionaire, playboy, philanthropist. <laughs> Why are you here? There must be a reason for you to be here. Yes. I'm here to fight for truth and justice in the American way. I'd like you to do me a favor. You to tell all your friends about me. What are you? I'm Batman. All right. Uh, let's see here. Rebecca, do you have any honorable mentions? I just have, uh, yeah, sorry, I do have one honorable mention and some runners up. All right, give me your honorable mention and your first runner up. 
Uh, honorable mention is Shazam. Um, you know, not uh, I. I didn't talk a lot about Shazam this episode, but um, I did enjoy that movie quite a lot. Um, I thought it was a, another step in the right direction for the DC universe. I thought Zachary Levi was great. I, I don't have the same connection to the source material as others do, so I think others didn't care for the movie as much if they know like the original Shazam, Captain Marvel stuff. Um, but for what it was, I had a blast. I thought it was a lot of fun. That's my honorable mention. And my first runner-up is going to be Spider-Man Far From Home. Um, I enjoyed that movie. Uh, in some ways, I enjoyed it more than Spider-Man Homecoming um, for different reasons, but I thought it was a good follow-up to a solo uh, Spider-Man movie. Um, I like that Zendaya's character, MJ, knows that he's Spider-Man. Um, I like that they're uh, she's like supporting him in that. And um, yeah, I, I like the little romance between Happy and and um, Aunt May, which, you know, probably more one-sided on Happy's part. But yeah, I thought it was an enjoyable movie. Tom Holland was great. Um, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal was amazing. So yeah, that's my, that's my runner-up. Jake, what do you got? I've got three runner-ups and a winner here, and my uh, first runner-up is Shazam. So, yeah, I mean, I also haven't really brought this movie up much this episode. But, yeah, I, I very much did enjoy it, and I agree. I thought it was a step in the right direction for the DC movies. Um, Zachary Levi was hilarious. This was, you know, the big of superhero movies, and I, I thought it was both charming and it's sometimes even a little bit scary, which I didn't expect coming from this movie. So I thought this was a, a very fun superhero movie. The director comes from a horror background. Yeah, I, I believe after that boardroom scene, that yeah, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's your Who's your next runner up? Oh, my next runner up is Captain Marvel. Um, yeah, this was a fantastic introduction to the character. Um, Loved seeing, you know, I thought Brie Larson was great as the main character. Loved seeing a lot of the other characters, you know, back and seeing Samuel L. Jackson with both eyes and seeing Coulson and, and just all this like, you know, 90s Marvel past was just really interesting. And I thought they did a really great job of that. Um, I thought the introduction to the scrolls into the MCU was very interesting and not what was expected. And yeah, it, it's nice to see a movie that just isn't going to follow a pattern that, that you expect it to go. And this movie kind of went off the beaten path of what, on paper, I thought it would be with the uh, characters and cast that we were going to have. Uh, yeah, I thought this was a great time. I've watched this movie about half a dozen times now and like it more every time I see it. Uh, my honorable mention is Captain Marvel. Uh, I loved this movie. It was a Tupperware for me. I thought it was fantastic. Love Ben Mendelsohn. Love Brie Larson. I've been a big fan of Brie Larson since I saw her in, uh, Room. And, uh, I was really excited that the cast her as Captain Marvel. I think she did a great fucking job. I think, like, like, I, I compare her performance <laughs> of Captain Marvel in this to, uh, like, uh, Harrison Ford in, uh, the Indiana Jones films. Just, I think she did just a great job. She kind of like gives like that Harrison Ford smirk, you know, <laughs> in a lot of scenes. And yeah. I love that. So I thought that I loved Captain Marvel. I loved her power set and I can't wait to see the sequel. Um, so yeah, honorable mention Captain Marvel. Uh, my runner up is going to be Shazam. I, 
God damn it. I fucking love this movie. This movie had me cracking up. I was fucking dying when they were fucking doing like his test trials for his powers and the part where they set that box on fire <laughs> unbeknownst to him. And, uh, he's in there and, you know, finding out that he's fireproof or whatever. I fucking was dying laughing. I thought that this movie was so funny. Zachary Levi, I was worried about him playing this role and I think that he fucking nailed it. He was not my first choice. He probably was one of my last choices for this role. And I think he did a great job. I really enjoyed seeing him in the role of uh, Captain Marvel Shazam. So I loved it. Um, Rebecca, who's your next runner up? My next runner up um, is going to be Captain Marvel. <laughs> I... Um... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I we I know we I I remember chaperoning this movie as well. I absolutely loved it. I thought Brie Larson was great. I, I talked about her earlier. I love the setup of the scrolls uh, as we know them, thinking that they're the they're the big bad in this movie, and then really flipping that around and and showing us that not in this movie they're not. Um, ben Mendelsohn I thought was great. It was great to hear his actual accent, um, which he almost never gets to use. So um, I thought that was great setting up hopefully a lot more roles for him to show up uh, as the scroll taking over somebody else. Oh, his, he, movie. he was the villain in spies in disguise. Oh, really? Yeah. He, <laughs> the, uh, the, <laughs> I reviewed, <laughs> I reviewed this one last week. Villain, uh, Will Smith turns into a pigeon, people. Wow. I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Rebecca. No, no, it's all good. Uh, yeah, just, uh, I, I've also watched Captain Marvel a bunch more times since it's come out and, Every time I watch it, I just, you know, I love it more. And I know I talked about this scene earlier, but, you know, when she's talking to High Command and she just, she just uh, gets, she gets those flashbacks of every time she gets knocked down, she stands up again. And, you know, the whole business about, you know, smile more and, and all that, all that crap that every woman has to go through. I, I just absolutely loved watching Brie just just take it on, like just getting out there and being this incredible hero. Her power set was great. All the stuff she did was great. And uh, man, can't wait for Captain Marvel too. The only can't thing I, the, that movie they could have left out for me was the uh, I'm just a girl. Yeah, no, I'd rather not thing. be. Yeah. Oh, not the best choice. No, in that no, I, no. I, I, I can't disagree. Terrible, terrible. They should like, like I'm telling. That was terrible. That was garbage. It's <laughs> it was garbage. It was garbage. Oh no, it was no doubt. It was no doubt. No, it was not the <laughs> band garbage, which is also yeah very famous in the nineties. But like, it didn't hit me like it would have hit me like if they would have had like an anthem for her, like they did with Wonder Woman. <laughs> Like that shit. Oh my god. Are you fucking kidding me? Like that fucking shit hits me. And then they, they did this fucking I'm just a girl bullshit. And I, that's the only part of that movie that really kind of like bugged me was that. And the plot narrative basically says she is not just a girl too. Yeah, I don't know. It just felt, very, <laughs> well, it felt very 90s. Like let's get this song in there. You know, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I agree with that complaint. Uh, Original score there would have been much more impactful, I think. Yeah, 
Yeah. All right, Jake, what do you got for runner-up? Real quick, it's crazy that all three of us had uh, Captain Marvel and Shazam basically right next to each other when the characters' names were also interchangeable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Very bizarre. Uh, my my next runner-up before my winner is going to be uh, Joker. Um, I don't even know what more to say about this movie at this point. It's kind of come up a bunch of times through the Tupperwares. So, yeah, th- this was just... At this point, an easy give for comic book movie. Um, mm-hmm. uh, very close to being comic book movie of the year, if not for, you know, this other thing. Yeah. Um, I'm also going to go with my runner-up as Joker. God damn, what a great fucking movie. Jake, what are you thinking, man? Should they do the sequel? Like, I, I read an article today. Like, Todd Phillips already has, like, an, an idea for a sequel. Like, uh, what do you think? I mean, I, I'm always knee-jerk anti-sequel at first. I mean, I, I can be – there's – times when i can be won over once i've like seen kind of what they're going to do with it or seen a trailer usually the trailer goes a long way and making me go okay maybe this can work but man on paper i kind of just want this thing to be one and done and i don't want them to fucking muddy the waters with potentially not as good of a second movie did you hear about the original ending for this kevin smith was talking about it there was a a new he like i know he's been on like where where he kills bruce yeah kevin smith did a a a podcast i I think it was the um uh smodcast episode him and scott Mosier uh were were talking and he's talking about like the original ending and like yeah the like that part where Joker is laughing at the end of the movie and, you know, telling, you know, like, uh, talking to that, uh, to that doctor at the hospital. I guess the original ending was like, he fucking, he was the one in the alley and he, he, and he, and not only did he kill the parents, but he also fucking killed Bruce. And so, like, there's no hope. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't think, I think that would have tarnished the movie a little bit, honestly. Kevin, I, I, Kevin loved it. Kevin loved it. If you listen oh, to the podcast, Kevin loved Ke- no, Kevin loved it. <laughs> Kevin loved it. He was like, Oh my God, that, that'd be so ballsy. That would be so ballsy if they fucking did that. Like, can you imagine <laughs> like, like the, the balls on that fucking movie, if they would have fucking done that, that's what Kevin said. Yeah, I agree that it's a ballsy move, but I think it, it takes the movie way too out of context at that point. I think one of the things that helps the movie work so well is it's close enough it's like Batman adjacent enough. And I think once you do that move, it completely, it like totally makes it an Elseworld story. I think, I know it already is. I think it, I, I think it ruins it. Personally, oh yeah, I, I agree. It does ruin the movie. I think it ruins it because like the Joker that they portrayed in the movie were like, first off, like he was only killing people that wronged him. Right? Yeah, yeah. Innocent kid killer Joker is kind of against everything we've been taught the well, previous two hours. The member, like the guy that fucking like worked, that was part of the clown troop and everything. Like the the little person, like he didn't kill him. He didn't do anything wrong to him. And like he already met the little boy. He already met young Bruce. And so like the fact like he would be in the alley, like the only person in the alley that I could see him killing would be Thomas Wayne. Like if it was the Joker, the Joker that they portrayed in that movie, I see that Joker only killing Thomas Wayne, Martha Wayne surviving and Bruce surviving. Like it like it just doesn't it doesn't like like I don't think that they wanted to portray him as like this cold killer without reason like yeah throw sympathy out the window at that point right 
Yeah. Like, and I'm not saying like he was a sane person, but like on the flip side, he had enough, you know, I don't know. I, I, he had enough of what he would consider his own personal moral code to not kill that little person that was like the only person in the clown troop that treated him with any type of respect. And so I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I hate that. So yeah, I, I fucking hate it too, dude. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, was that was your that was your runner up? Yeah, yeah, Joker. we're down to winners, so we're all going to say it at the same time. Yeah, my my runner up was Joker too. Um, Rebecca, who's your winner? Um, surprising nobody, Avengers Endgame. Jake, who's your my... Jake? Who's your winner? Uh, Avengers Endgame. Brian, who's your winner? Avengers Endgame. <laughs> yeah. I think you put the. I, I think you said it very well earlier in this episode, Brian. I, th- this may be a once in a lifetime type of event. I mean, yeah. it's very possible we'll never see like comic book movies all brought to this one point in this one spectacular movie ever again in our the, life. I tr- guarantee they're going to try. Yeah, they'll try. Uh, Marvel yeah. Studios is going to try to do it again. I just don't know if they're ever going to be able to do it to this capacity. We've. We've already seen this. Like we we've seen it now with Avengers Endgame, and I, like you, you always remember your first man. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's just such a thing to live up to. It was such an an emotional movie. Um, I mean, speaking of balls, I mean, just what a ballsy movie to do this type of movie after Infinity War. Like, eh, you know, this is a movie that you're trying to get eight-year-olds to see, and it's pretty fucking heavy in the first half an hour, 45 minutes for, mm-hmm. I think, that age bracket. So I appreciate that they kind of played towards an older crowd with the plot of this movie. And, yeah, just what a good fucking movie. And for me to give any movie such high praise that's fucking three hours long should tell you something because, man, and it never feels that way. I, there's never a dull moment in this movie. Right. Rebecca, uh, thoughts on Avengers Endgame? I mean, I mean, geez, what else what is there to say? Yeah. I know. We'll say about this movie. I mean, a culmination of twenty-two films to bring us to this moment, building up a Thanos slowly but surely, giving us personal connections to every single one of the characters in the film. I, I mean, bringing, giving the reins to the Russo brothers after you took a chance on them for Winter Soldier and uh, that being a great Marvel film you give them the reins to Civil War to Infinity War to Endgame Um, what a moment what a moment when we finally, finally after 20 plus films we get to hear Steve Rogers Captain America say Avengers Assemble I know right We we get to see him pick up and use Mjolnir. We get to see him with the shield. And and we get Cap's happy ending. He finally gets a happy ending after so many films of him being sad, Steve. He finally gets a happy ending. And God, it's just that movie just it ticked every box. And I get it. It it in a lot of ways it is fan service the movie. But I will say that I think Avengers Endgame does fan service. Eh, don't at me, people. A million times better than Rise of Skywalker. Thank, did. No, um, you're one hundred percent right. Like the fa- oh yeah, one hundred percent right. I, 
I know there are people who feel very differently, and if if you enjoyed The Rise of Skywalker, and if that was your Star Wars movie, more power to you. I'm happy that you loved it, but I just feel like Endgame did fan service the right way, and um, when Tony if Endgame become, did if Endgame did fan service like The Rise of Skywalker, fucking Iron Man wouldn't have died. Exactly. Or there would have been like a bunch of fake out deaths and then, oh, it's okay. They're all right. Exa- you know, it's a- yeah. Um, Who's the I- only motherfucker that died in fucking The Rise of Skywalker? Snap Wexley? Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. Kylo Ren. Yeah, Kylo Ren. <laughs> 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 I mean, just that that final moment of Tony's life where he puts on the gauntlet and he says, where where Thanos says, I am inevitable, and he says, and I am Iron Man. Oh, my God. I have never been in a theater that had so many people erupting, erupting and screaming in in joy and in sadness and in... That's not the experience. That's not the experience I had in The Rise of Skywalker. That's all I'm going to say. God damn it. Not mine either. People did not have that experience in my theater for Rise of Skywalker. And that's... I think people might be listening and like maybe bagging on us for using this as a platform to, to bag more on episode nine but mm-hmm. honestly i think these two movies are very comparable and it's hard to not like compare and contrast the two because they're both kind of build as these final chapters to these mega franchises and they both came out in the same mm-hmm. year so i you know i think we should be pardoned for comparing these two ah, things right yeah, now i can just see true. some listeners now rolling their eyes and going oh here comes the episode nine bashing yeah but i think it's very called for in, the, in this instance i mean I agree with Rebecca. In-game is fan service done right. It's, you know. And I don't hate The Rise of Skywalker. I fucking, I like it enough, but I don't feel like it was, you can't tell me The Rise of Skywalker. Motherfucker, you can't tell me Rise of Skywalker is as epic as Avengers Endgame, motherfucker. You can't fuck, and you can't tell me 42 fucking years of waiting for a fucking finale. And I can't yeah, that's, get... That's I, what you were waiting for. Fuck you, man. Fuck you, dude. If you're going to fucking tell me that it was more epic than Avengers Endgame, dude. And it should have been. 42-year wait. 40, it sure, sure should have been. It sure as fuck should have been. Don't fucking yeah. tell me that shit. Don't fucking come at me with that shit. Come on. I honestly don't feel like there's many people out there. Like I feel like for a fan that liked both Episode Nine and Endgame... I find it hard to believe that that fan wouldn't tell you Endgame was the better movie. Thank you. I don't think there's people out there that are like, if you think episode nine is the better movie, it's because you didn't like Endgame in the first place. And that I I get, you know, if you're a fan of both things, if you're a fan of both things going into it, you're definitely going to tell me Avengers Endgame was the more impactful, the more fucking like epic fucking ending to, uh, you know, uh, Fuck, and that was just eleven years, dude. I've been. I don't like, think that's even a hot take, even among people that yeah. liked the movie, dude. I, I don't hate. I don't hate the Rise of Skywalker. I felt like there was enough Star Wars in there that I could still enjoy it. At the end of the day, it's just I feel like I feel like it could have been way better. I feel like I feel like it. I don't think that you. Could, I honestly don't think that Avengers Endgame could be any better. I don't. Yeah. Hard, hard pressed. I mean, maybe it could be just a little bit leaner, 
but yeah, hard pressed to think of a better movie. There's there's people that would argue about maybe like Avengers Endgame when it comes to like the Hulk's arc in that movie, but I'm not one of those people. <laughs> so you know, I mean, no, I like I liked Hulk's arc too. Same. I, I thought it was a little bit of a a run around getting uh, Tony Stark to work on the time travel, and that could have been handled a little bit speedier. But sure, that's yeah. not even. I'm not even complaining at that point. I'm just like nitpicking, right? Yeah. Let's jump into our best movie of the year. Pop Culture Leftovers Movie of the Year. Becca, hit us with those honorable mentions and your first runner-up. Okay, I'm going to run through these honorable mentions. Honorable mentions, uh, Always Be My Maybe on Netflix with Ali Wong. Great, great romantic comedy that came out this year. Uh, Captain Marvel, Shazam, John Wick Chapter 3, Booksmart, Rocketman. A lot of these I've talked about this episode. Last Black Man in San Francisco, Late Night, Yesterday, uh, Loose, Peanut Butter Falcon, Good Boys, Ready or Not, Britney Runs a Marathon. I didn't talk about that one a lot, but uh, boy, what a great movie. Jillian Bell's in it. I love her. Um, love her. And I, I, I'm upset with myself. I haven't watched Loose yet. <gasps> you haven't seen Loose yet? I haven't seen Loose yet. You can oh, it, I was waiting I was waiting for it to come out on like it's on Redbox on demand, but it's not out on like Redbox where I can just go to fucking like, you know, Walgreens and fucking go to an actual physical box and, and rent it. I I think you would really enjoy that movie. I think so. I really too. do. I think I know. you would enjoy that film. I know. Uh, yeah, so, uh, Britney Runs a Marathon, that's a great movie. I think that's an Amazon movie, it's a, actually. It's on Amazon. Um, it's, a, it's on Amazon it's on Prime. Now. Yeah, you can watch it on, I, I, seriously, it. It, it's staring at me on Amazon Prime. I still haven't watched it. <laughs> so good. Um, Hustlers, uh, Downton Abbey, which I haven't talked a lot about this episode, but I love Downton Abbey. I loved the show. I watched all the seasons of it. The movie came out this year. It was everything I wanted. It was the, it was the great, it was a great cap to all the seasons that we watched, all the de- character development, um, that we watched over all the years. And they left it open to make another movie. So I really hope we have another Downton Abbey movie. Um, Joker, Dolomite is my name, Jojo Rabbit, Harriet, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, Frozen 2, Dark Waters, and Little Women. Those are my honorable mentions. I enjoyed all of those films, but runners up. Here we go. My first runner up, Knives Out. Uh, we talked about this movie a lot tonight. Knives Out was great. One of my most anticipated movies for 2019. Um, the cast was incredible. Ana de Armas killed it. Daniel Craig killed it. I still love Chris Evans and his sweater. It's great. Uh, go watch the movie. <laughs> there you go, Jake. That's go. hilarious. <laughs> I also looked up uh, Chris Evans' dog to see it in the sweater, too, while you were Isn't talking there. Isn't it adorable? Then, oh, oh, my God. <laughs> so I didn't expect it to look so close as, like, pet, bird, uh, pet clothing. Um, I've got some honorable mentions here before I get to my runner-up. Uh, I'm just going to – a lot of these we've already talked about a bunch already, so I'll just kind of rattle the what I got. 
Um, I've got Us Down as an honorable mention. Um, I didn't see much horror this movie, but this was definitely – or see much horror this year. This this was definitely one of the best ones I saw. Uh, I have Booksmart down because it was probably my favorite comedy of the year. Um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I also want to give an honorable mention. Um, I just love this movie. Fantastic. Uh, those last 20 minutes were just mind-blowing. And uh, my first runner-up is also Knives Out. I've been in sync a lot with Rebecca this episode, it seems like, here at yeah. random places. You guys, are um, on the, yeah. you guys are on the same menstrual cycle. Yeah, right? Oh, <laughs> uh, Rebecca. Rebe- Rebecca well, hold on. Rebecca, like, how did you take that joke? I took it just fine. I thought it was funny. <laughs> all right, all right. Just a second. Yeah, she laughed. She rolled with. I, it. I, I, I know. I did laugh. You never know. I never know. Like, it's experimental, so I'm throwing it out there. And if Rebecca didn't like it, then I would toss it. I would toss it aside. I'd be like, okay, can't do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it just had to give us the knives out. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm extremely jealous of Brian experiencing that director's commentary. I've almost a couple times just listened to the fucking thing. Like while I was playing video games and not even watching the movie, yeah, there's still a, a very good chance I may do that. So um, yeah, got to give it the knives out. Uh, Jake, just fuck it, dude. Go do it, do it, man. I mean, do yeah. I mean, I, I listen to I do that with commentary so much already. Yeah, where I put them on is like the audio thing. It's but it, but it's there's something about doing it in theater. And knowing that you are getting a completely different experience than the other people that are next to you. There's something very cool about that. I, there is something, and what was cool about it, Jake, is like I had to take a couple restroom breaks, but like I'd already seen the movie, so like I'm like literally taking a piss and like listening to Ryan Johnson talk about. (laughs) That is interesting. It's like you're not really having to take a break. Exactly. The audio you're listening to. Yeah, that's cool. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, I've got honorable mentions. Uh, first one is going to be Stan and Ollie. This did not get a wide release until 2019, so I'm going to throw it into the Tupperwares this year. Uh, yeah, it was released in like late December, but it was in limited markets. It got a wide release in 2019. This is based on the later years of the lives of, uh, Laurel and Hardy. Uh, this film stars Steve Coogan and John C. Riley. This was just an amazing fucking movie. Some brilliant performances by both of those actors. And it showed us the later years of the comedy duo of Laurel and Hardy and what they went through. An amazing fucking film. I highly recommend watching Stan and Ollie. Uh, my next one is going to be One Cut of the Dead. Uh, this is one of those movies. It's actually, I think it was like, it, it, like it was filmed in 2017, but it didn't get released until this year. And it's about a director and his film crew. They're shooting a low budget zombie movie in an abandoned World War II Japanese facility. And mm-hmm. then they get attacked by real zombies. So they're shooting a zombie movie, and then they get attacked by real zombies. And then this movie has so many twists and turns in it. I cannot recommend this one enough. I believe you can watch it on Shutter. So if you don't have Shutter, just do like the seven day or one month free trial. And I prom- watch one cut of the dead. This is fucking fantastic. This is an amazing movie. Jake, you would love this one. 
Jake, I'm telling you, you, you would love this movie, Jake. Yeah, what makes you think that? Just does it feel very like Raimi rific? It is, Jake. It it's it's very the, the humor. Con- the humor in this one, the the how innovative it is, the comedy in this one. Jake, I think you would really appreciate this one. I, I really think at the end of the day, I think it, Jake, if you would, if you were to like, I know I get on here and I talk about a lot of movies and I know a lot of them, some of them you, you watch, some of them you don't. But if I, if there was one movie that I've talked about this year that I would, I think that, that I know that you wouldn't watch without my influence, but I think that you would enjoy, I think it would be, one cut of the dead. And if you need my shutter login, I'll give it to you. I want you to watch this movie. All right. I'll definitely check it out. I'm writing it down right now. I'm not going to force you. You can get a hold no, of me. No, I, I get it. I I'm, get it. I, I think I, I, I don't think I have shutter, but I, I would be fine just doing the, uh, the free trial. I've never okay. done that. Cause I would, I would love to hear your thoughts on this movie. I think, I think you would, I think you would get on, I think you would get on PCL on good pop, bad pop. And you would talk about this movie and you would be like, Brian, Oh my God, I can't believe like, this is like, Jake, I'm not asking you to watch zombie land too. I think at the end of the day, if I, if I watch you, if I, I would ignore that, I know if I ask you to watch zombie land too, you're going to be like, fuck you, Brian. This is not that, dude. I think that you would love this. I think you would love One Cut of the Dead. And I think a lot of our listeners would love this movie. It is so fucking good. So if you have Shudder, get on Shudder and watch One Cut of the Dead. It is such an innovative and amazing movie. And I'm so glad that I got to see this one. Um, John Wick Chapter 3, Parabellum. Um, loved it. Absolutely loved it. Rocket Man. Honorable mention. Another honorable mention. Once upon a time in Hollywood. Um, Book smart. Uh, Joker. Dark waters. Uncut gems. And us. I mean, I'm not going to talk about these movies. We've talked about them till we're blue in the face this episode. My first runner up. Just like you guys is Knives Out. <laughs> so I loved this fucking movie. I will always love this movie. I can't wait to buy this movie when it comes out on Blu-ray. Blu-ray, I will buy a physical copy. I have to have a physical copy of this movie. Um, uh, so yeah, Knives Out for me. Rebecca, what's your next runner up? Uh, another movie we've talked a lot about tonight, Honey Boy. Um, I just, God, I, I love this movie so much. Uh, this is a movie that I, I will watch again. This is a movie that I think everybody should watch. And I'm really, this movie makes me really proud of Shia LaBeouf. Like, I, I wish I knew him personally so I could tell him I'm so proud of you for making this movie because it, it's like, it's obvious that he drew from a dark, deep place. With lots of emotions and lots of hurt feelings and lots of pain. And I, I wish, I wish somehow I could tell him that, that I'm so proud of him for doing that, uh, cause that's not easy to do. And then to put it out there for everybody to see, also not easy to do. Um, but I love this movie. I love everybody involved in it. The director, the actors, um, just everything about this movie. I absolutely love it. If you haven't seen it, 
please go watch it and please support that movie. Like, talk about it online about how good it is because I I think it's one of the best this year. AMC theaters here only played it for one fucking week, and I'm glad I got a chance. Oh, wow, glad wow. I got a chance to go see it because I fucking loved it. I thought it was a great movie. It it really affected me. Um, yeah, it really affected me. Um, Jake, runner up. Um, yeah, I've got, I've got two more runner-ups and a winner here. Yeah, give me your two runner-ups then. Uh, my next runner-up is Endgame. I mean, enough said, right? Yeah. So move on to the next one. Uh, my next runner-up for best movie of the year was Frozen 2. I mean, this was my most anticipated movie of the year once I saw the trailer and was very happy that I enjoyed it as much as I did. So, yeah, I had to give it to Frozen 2 for my runner-up movie of the year. Uh, my next runner-up is the movie I talked about it earlier, Parasite. Guys, you gotta watch. You gotta watch fucking Parasite. This is uh, I'm telling you, like this is just this is a movie not to be missed. I'm actually gonna go see this one again on Monday. I'm gonna go see it in the theater again on Monday. I gotta see it tomorrow. Nice. Tomorrow I'm gonna go see. <laughs> tomorrow I'm going to the theaters to watch. I haven't watched the last uh, three seasons of Doctor Who, so I didn't watch the Capaldi stuff. I didn't watch the uh, the Jodie Whittaker stuff. She's got like the new seasons coming out, so I'm gonna go see the the uh, Jodie Whittaker season twelve premiere, and then they got the second. Oh, I'm episode. going to that too. You're going to that too? Yeah, and then they're doing <laughs> yeah. the, 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 it's that a, too tomorrow. Yeah, it's a fathom event. I'm gonna go check that out tomorrow. I'm hoping that it'll like it'll like kickstart me to want to watch Doctor Who again because like I love Doctor Who but I just haven't watched in the last past you know three seasons or so but then the next day I'm going to see Parasite again in the theater this is an incredible movie and when it comes out like if it comes out on a streaming service or, or if you just have to get it on video on demand fucking yeah, fucking shell out the fucking four bucks or five bucks, you stingy piece of shit, and watch Parasite. Because I'm telling you, this is an this is an amazing movie. And once it's done, you're gonna be like, holy fuck, what did I just watch? That was an incredible piece of art. That was an incredible piece of cinema. What a great movie. Um, yeah. So that's my runner up is Parasite. Rebecca, what's your winner? I have one more runner-up and then a winner. Uh, runner-up is The Farewell. We've talked about that a lot. A very emotional movie. Um, I uh, yeah, I didn't think I would love it as much as I did, but uh, boy, did I love that movie. Um, my winner for the year um, is going to be Endgame. I I know that there is... You want to talk about cinema, there's probably movies that are better made or are deeper, have better or different plot points, have more emotional impact. And I enjoyed all those movies this year too. But for me as a, a lover of the characters and as invested as I was in this franchise, Endgame was my movie of the year. It was my most anticipated movie. Everything else was secondary and it delivered. It gave me everything I wanted. Um, so it's my number one. It gets the tuppy. Oh my god! Endgame is your is the perfect lover. It is. It kind of is. <laughs> my kind of lover. My kind of lover. My kind of lover. 
Carla. <laughs> I like how you pause and then. <laughs> yeah, that created all the humor. <laughs> it was dumb, 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 and then pause and sing it again. It was yes. brilliant. Trust me, I, I know what I'm doing here. This ain't, ain't it. This ain't no amateur hour. This ain't no amateur hour. I know what I'm fucking doing. I've been doing this for almost seven years now, Jake. It was a comedy endgame. It is. I mean, seriously. Yeah, that was uh, that was me putting you through fucking 11 years of Marvel to get you to that point where Tony snaps his fingers <laughs> and then you're all just fucking, where's this going? Where's this going? Oh, oh, that's it. I get it. I get it now. All right. <laughs> that guy's That guy died. For us. <laughs> Way to go. Way to go, guy. I know. Dude, you guys thought I was dying on stage there. I knew what I was doing. I knew what I was yeah. doing. Yeah. Oof, I about put duct tape on my mute No, button. man. I was like, give it a moment. <laughs> give it a moment. It was like, it was like watching like, uh, like a, a Russell Crowe movie and he's, and he's instructing like his soldier and he's like, he's like, hold, hold. <laughs> And they're pulling back on those bows, right? They're ready, they're really ready to let those arrows fly, and you're just looking at the tension on the fucking like bowstring, and you're just like, "Oh my god, what is he gonna? What is he gonna give him the order?" And I, you know what? Hey, I don't know where the fuck I'm going. This is stupid. Um, who who's gonna? Uh, Rebecca, your winner was Avengers Ed Game. Jake, who yeah. you got? Who you got? Who's your winner? My winner is Jojo Rabbit this year. Uh, this this was definitely my favorite movie of the year. Uh, it was just so emotional to me, and I, I just couldn't believe it. I mean, some of the, the trailers were just so fucking wacky that I just couldn't even believe this was a movie that was being made. And then for it to have so much heart underneath it, you know, besides the comedy and besides the other stuff going on, I I just absolutely love this movie. It, it's just a masterpiece of a movie to me, and. Finally, the movie that's going to get me to go back and kind of watch the Taika Waititi catalog at this point. I, I just have to see it. Jojo so Rabbit. It Jojo Rabbit. Jojo I Rabbit. Yeah, you better get on Hunt for the Wilder People and What We Do in the Shadows. Oh, my God. Those are fucking great fucking movies, man. They're so, they're so good. You'll love them. Yeah, I can't wait. I mean, Taika Waititi is just... Can't do... I had to give him director because, like, he... He literally made my number one TV show on my number one movie this year. So yeah. this is like, well. <laughs> yeah. Great fucking choices. Uh, my winner is Avengers Endgame. I mean, god damn. <laughs> like, it, it, like, it came down to Parasite and Avengers Endgame. But at the end of the day, like, I love, I love Parasite. But when I look back on fucking 2019 and like the, you know, the 11, the over a decade culmination of films and like, the impact that this movie had in theaters, like the impact that it had on me, the impact that it had on the audience, the the emotional impact that I felt in my audience. I talked about the woman wailing in my theater. Seriously, there's a woman wailing in my theater. That was a thing that happened. I will never forget that as long as I live. And I'm sure that this happened through theaters across America. We're fucking... You know, uh, men and women were just crying in their theaters as Iron Man is dying 
And it happened. And I saw it. I witnessed it. I was a part of that. And I, God damn it. I, I can't, I can't think in 10 years, in 10 fucking years, when I look back on 2019, when I look back on 2019 and I look back at the movies that came out that year, and I, I don't think there's going to be any other movie that's more impactful than Avengers Endgame for me. I, I think that, that 2019 is the year of Avengers Endgame. I'm going to look back on 2019 as Avengers Endgame. Just like I'm going to look back on 2018 as, a fu- as fucking Infinity War. Yeah. So it's, exactly. yeah, I, I, I can't, I, I, I can't. I just can't. For me, it's Avengers Endgame all the way. It's fucking... And I don't know if they're ever going to be able to top anything like this. I mean, I I have no idea what the future of Marvel holds. All I know is Seems that, impossible. All I know is that we're going to get a fucking New Mutants trailer on January 6th. Oh, my... New Mutants trailer January 6th! Yeah. Josh... Frontrunner. Josh Boone! Movie of the year. Josh Boone! Josh Boone's fucking New Mutants trailer January 6th. Movie's coming out April 3rd or whatever the fuck. Jesus Christ. But yeah, I'm excited. I am not. I do not. I know you are. You're, Jesus. This fucking New Mutants garbage. Looks like shit. The trailer looked like <laughs> shit. The movie's gonna be shit. Ah, God. I, I don't know. We'll see. But, you know what? Fuck. Why am I talking about this New Mutants crap? Avengers Endgame is my fucking movie of the year. My movie of 2019. Avengers Endgame. Yeah, awesome. great picks, guys. Yeah, great picks all around. Great picks all around. <laughs> <laughs> now let's eat and go to bed. You know, I <laughs> I just make a mockery of like of everything sometimes, don't I? Not everything. Not everything. Yeah. I mean, this was, this was, it's an award show. It's, it's an award show. Long and stuffy and boring. Uh, I, mean, I think we delivered. You know, the only thing that pisses me off tonight, the only thing that pisses me off is like, it's so goddamn late and I've drank so much alcohol to the point where like, <laughs> I cannot even watch Family matters and enjoy it. <laughs> oh, oh man! Oh man! You done That's fucked the... up. Oh my god! When that fucking when the music starts up. Telling you, you're making me want to watch Family Matters right now. <laughs> it's so good. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Yeah, flashback to 1998. We'll give the Tupperware for best TV show to Family Matters. <laughs> oh God, I wish we could do like a like a retrospective. Like we could like like yeah, like we could pretend like it's 19 fucking like 90, and we could like do it, an like episode it. and be like yeah, like my best my oh my fucking hero of the year is Steve Urkel and like <laughs> <laughs> my runner up TV show is Perfect Strangers, y'all. Oh my God, <laughs> hold on, can I throw this out there to you? And I was actually going to bring this up on an episode, but um, did you know that Family Matters is a spinoff yes. of Perfect Strangers? It totally is yes, a spinoff. Yes. And they like only address that I think in the pilot, and then it's never brought up again. Well, they they talk about they. Well, it's kind of like they they kind of bring it up like um, she's an elevator operator 
when Balky and Larry are working at like the Chicago newspaper mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and she's the elevator operator there. And then like, she loses her job as an elevator operator in like one of the early episodes of family matters. So it's it kind of ties in, but her na- she's still Harriet Winslow and she was Harriet Winslow in perfect strangers. Mm-hmm. And she started yeah. in like 30 some episodes, I think in perfect strangers. So yeah, yeah. They, Carl Carl Winslow is in a couple episodes too, I believe. Yeah, he is. I think he is. Yeah. They replaced the actress who played Harriet just at the very the, end. Just I think in the last half of the final season. Yeah, last half of the final season, a different actress plays her. Yeah. Um, but then it, that that show was so wild because like that was like when they completely eliminated Judy Winslow and never talked about her again, and then the grandmother like they would. She would disappear for like episodes at a time, and then Aunt Rachel like disappeared, and no one ever mentioned her. She disappeared, really but she weird. did come back. But she did a couple come times. back every once in a while. But, but like, her son, where she was, her son <laughs> still lived with the Winslows. Yeah. Exactly, which is like really super weird. Like, yeah. So there's like there's like little Richie lived with the Winslows, but like the mom was just like she was living in Detroit. Or something. Yeah, but they never like addressed why or how. Oh god, trust <laughs> me. Like future episodes of PCL, stick around. I'm gonna be getting I'm gonna be diving into family matters in future episodes. Like I'll give you weekly updates on family matters. Oh, <laughs> Two thousand twenty looking good. Twenty twenty is looking good. I don't oh, know. Man. I don't know. Oh my C two E two next month. I'll be hanging out with uh you two in person. Yeah. Yeah, yeah among among others. So, yeah, if you're going to be at C2E2, let us know. Send uh send me an email, uh Brian at popcultureleftovers.com. Let me know that you're going to be at C2E2 and uh we'll try to meet up with you. How's that sound? Yeah, it's That's awesome. Good. Always a great time. Love to have new people added to the mayhem. The mayhem. The mayhem of C2E2. And it is. Mm-hmm. It is Rebecca, are we going to be stacking fucking glasses and shit this year? Is that going to happen? I hope so. I hope so. Oh, my God. Last year, we were very good, and the tower did not come crashing down. The first year, the first first year, year when we were stacking glasses, like, it it came crashing. The first year, we got ahead of ourselves. The first year, we got very ambitious, Uh uh, and I think when we started chanting USA is when it got out of control. Right. Shit got fucking crazy, and then they just started breaking and shit. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> uh, all right. That's it. We did it. This is the 7th Annual Tupperware Awards Show, and I want to thank everybody for hanging in there and listening to this crap. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> we'll see you next week with episode 316 and I'll be talking to you about all the shit that I've seen I'll, I saw The Grudge I'll talk to you about The Grudge I'll talk to you about 1917 I'll probably talk to you about Like a Boss I'll probably talk to you about that new fucking uh, what's her name, Kristen Stewart and she's doing that underwater movie with T.J. Miller that guy that everybody hates right now he did something wrong. Oh, yeah. He did something wrong. He's in a movie again, though. But I'll be talking about that movie. 
We'll see you next week, just like all good leftovers say. (laughs) Just like all good leftovers say on the doggy bags. Thank you for your patronage. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. See ya! Later, everybody. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a t-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Push over pop culture. Leftovers. And the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Podcast that original and good. I've already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft. And we're the shaft of crap, even though we're the shit. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture carryover. Counterculture pushed over pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said Leftovers sure that the only talent Is the band that's singing this Pop culture leftovers Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Push over pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers.